want to go. I really don't. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Another one for the fire. Now you're not just playing with your life, you're playing with mine. Coming for you, Barbara. Yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 157 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the man with roads of knowledge, the general, a.k.a. Moods. And of course, I have my deadheads by my side. First up, we have the man who is handy with the steel, but can't comprehend movies like The Cremator, Cholo Demora, a.k.a. J.P., Next up, we have the boy who's addicted to shopping at Family Video, getting people coffee, and making a big-ass deal out of nothing, and will crumble constantly while under pressure, the Jew, a.k.a. Barbara. I'll do it. And last up, we have the man who is making his debut here on 22 Shots, because when there is no more room in hell, he will snore on this podcast. Back for the first time, Captain Patrick O'Flynn, a.k.a. Mike Merriman. What's going on, guys? Oh, I I really fucking uh, crumbled under pressure this this week, man. It was it didn't help very much that my boss was a cunt, but I mean, oh man, dude, that wasn't this. That wasn't that last job where you had to get the dude like yeah, twelve different. That coffees? was the last job, but like this job, like my boss was a cunt. So just she says she says that I have a short temper, which isn't true, but that's you know. not true. Dude, no, I don't think you even have a fuse, man. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna call her a fucking cunt or anything, but <laughs> but it's like Jesus. I honestly don't, don't think if you called your boss a cunt, you would have a job. I know. <laughs> Take it till you make it, bro. Probably not a good well, idea, but <laughs> Mike, what's up, buddy? What's up? It's glad. It's uh, you were glad ma- to be making my official. Debut that were and also yeah, that we're we probably recording this at one in the morning. On. <laughs> yeah. Again, man, you're back for the first time, right? It makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah, your, your, exactly. debut, your debut was unlike no other debut in history. You know, you, you got to yeah. admit that's pretty. That's pretty. You know, unique in itself. So, yeah, yeah my the first time on here uh, before this it got rave reviews, even though no one knew who, that it was actually me <laughs> until you. <laughs> I think you mentioned it eventually, but. Yeah. Because people were like, oh, dude, the snoring is so funny. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got a story to tell. I know, <laughs> everybody thought it was, and everybody thought it was me, of course. Yeah. So everybody thought I was being an annoying piece of shit more than what I already am. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, thanks, I'm, Mike Merriman. 
I'm afraid this. I'm afraid that this appearance isn't going to live up to that. So you know, <laughs> I'll try my best. So <laughs> yeah, so, man. So um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Jeremy in last episode, uh, it was funny. I I I think it was a controversial editing choice of yeah. Moods's because what's uh, the difference? Here. What is the difference of me sitting on the soundboard and pressing a sound effect or Moods saying gay, gay, Moods gay, Moods isn't going to do that every single episode. But I'm not going to do it every I've, I've only true. done it one episode, so how do you know? You've only done the soundboard one episode. No, I've done it two episodes, and the first time you told me to stop it, so I haven't done it since. Well, because so how you I just know? don't – the whole reason is you do not have comedic timing. That, that's, that's I just don't understand what the you difference is. You don't have comedic is. timing. What's well, the, diff- the difference? You don't have comedic timing. That's the, the, difference. the difference was with that is that it was only about 12 minutes of the show, which was the intro, and it was only after you spoke. <laughs> that was it. So, but it's, yeah. how is See, it not I think overkill? It, I think it, personally, I thought it was a bit much, but at the same time, it also was because I feared that it was never going to stop. If I knew that it was only 12 minutes before, beforehand i would have been like oh this is hilarious but i was like oh my god is this gonna go on forever <laughs> which is part of the joke yeah. but i think that's why so many people were like i think people were n- not even checking to see when it ended yeah you know what I mean? they were just like this mm-hmm. but um some people loved it some people thought it was fucking hilarious like watson thought it was really funny i think but, marka thought it was but really that funny. but that's the thing really i mean it's that that to, you know that goes to show people's attention spans too. It was like literally twelve minutes. It was the intro. Yeah. It was the, which was really short because generally our intros are really long, and it was like twelve minutes or something. It probably took you like three times the amount of time to actually do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. I, well, because I actually listened to the whole intro, and as it was going through, I was literally stamping shit and putting stuff in there and stuff. But yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to put that Scarface sample in there so bad, and it worked out great. <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah, yeah. but but. <laughs> I thought it was uh I was listening back cuz I always I try to listen to like the first couple minutes to see if you do anything. I wish I got got to hear everything you do because I know that you do all kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I listen to my own show. <laughs> Waste of time, bro. Yeah, especially when I have all these 1972 movies to watch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's what we do, man. We have the longest prep ever for shows. Yeah. It is what it is, man. So This um, was a long prep, I'll tell you that, because um we were supposed to record this last week, but Jeremy got a job. Mm-hmm. Um and then I actually had a death in the family, so um I really wasn't it was it was I could have recorded, but you know, I it just seemed right to not because since Jeremy wasn't here anyway. If he was here I probably would have just figured out a way to make it work. But, you know, so it just made sense to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I prepped these movies out pretty crazy. So I watched Night of the Living Dead twice, the original version and the colorized version, mm-hmm. uh, cause I had never seen that before. I watched Dawn of the Dead four times. Damn. Four times. Yeah. Why'd you watch Uh-oh. it four times? It's Eli Roth all over again. I, watched, I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I'd watch the best one four times as well. <laughs> I watched the theatrical cut the extended edition, the European cut, and uh, a commentary. And then I watched Day of the Dead twice. And then um, the rest of them once. So 
Well, I, I mean, wouldn't assume you would not want to watch Diary or Survival more than once. So, yeah, there's really no reason to. <laughs> Um, so, there's no yeah. point to watch her. I, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm exactly. surprised. Yeah. So you you got you actually got the Argento cut in. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So, that's, um, I I actually did. This is the first time that I've ever prepped for a show the way I did this time. Also, was I actually started with Land of the Dead? I watched the back trilogy first. I watched Land uh, Diary and then Survival, and then I went back to the start and watched the first three. And it was because I just wanted to end on a good note. <laughs> because I know the franchise pretty well, and I was, no. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. usually what happens in franchises. I mean, it happens to us over and over again where, you know, the further you go along, the worse they get. And that's kind of the case in this one, too. But I've never done that because I generally, my OCD doesn't allow me usually to watch things out of order. It's like watching the sequel before the original. If I've never seen an original film, I'll just watch that before the sequel kind of thing. Mm. But. Not in this case. I just wanted to do it a little bit different. But no, I did not watch all the cuts of Dawn of the Dead. I watched the theatrical, um, which, you know, the theatrical is technically, I mean, Romero's been on, cut. He's been on paper saying it's the, it's the version. It's his director's cut of the film, so, hmm. which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, see, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I've come... I've come away with different perspectives on the cuts after watching all three of them, mm-hmm. um, which I, I guess I'll talk about later. But one thing I did want to bring up, because since we didn't do that show uh, last week, we're doing it this week. This was a show, by the way, picked by Derek uh, D. Bouget, right. 42. That's right. Yeah. yeah a while ago. So um, we, we're finally getting to it, but we're almost caught up on every back Patreon thing. So that's pretty cool. But anyway, while I was in, you know, a situation not able to record and Jeremy was out working, Moods stayed busy because he's over there thinking he's some kind of big shot guesting on all these shows. What's <laughs> up with that? So you did No More Room in Hell or not. No, what was it? Fresh Cuts, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Mike's yeah. other show, Fresh Cuts, which I've been on before, uh, and you did in Exploding Heads, John. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Uh, you don't. Are they we, know, aren't, aren't you nowhere in a battle right now with those fucking mofo's? <laughs> well, it was How actually. Dare you go on the enemy show? It was interesting too because he had just kind of he was looking to do some kind of bonus episode and post in our chat. He's like, anybody want to join and stuff? And I was like when you want to do friday night i was like you know what i can actually do that it's just it was just a matter of time of good timing really and Mm -hmm. uh, so i had like one day to prep you know it was just one movie talking about the mist and i will i will say when that episode does drop definitely check it out because it's pretty good it's actually really good it was me watson christian and uh, dave from exploding head so um it was uh, like the podcasting all-stars minus me it was yeah. It was it was a really it was a fun episode. I had a lot of we had a lot of really good conversations, and you know, I mean, it, it felt like I was doing an episode of Twenty Two Shots because we just kept going off on tangents. Like I think there's like a, <laughs> there must be a fifteen minute conversation of Kevin Smith in there, and we're like, oh shit, let's get back to the point here, kind of yeah. thing. And I was like, yep, Twenty Two Shots of tangent and horror, of course. Well, but the, we we share the same audience for a reason, you know, a lot of the same audience. Like we're very similar shows. We we have similar conversations and stuff so mm-hmm. i was happy to hear that you went on because he asked you know us all three of us if if any of us wanted to come on and i, I planned didn't on ask it me what the fuck are you talking about yeah he did where in the in our sh- group chat oh that really fucking means a lot 
Thanks. What are you, what, what? Because I'm totally in that chat. So I totally you are. That. You are in that chat. <laughs> oh, the 72 chat. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you, Did you I leave left it? That. Yeah. Why? Oh, I didn't you even know that. Me off. Who oh, pissed you God. off? Jesus. Who pissed you okay, off? Okay, so I thought you asked everybody. I did? <laughs> yeah. You left. What? What? What are you talking about? Uh, when you left the show. What? When, when I... he left the show, we got in a fight, and I was pissed off, so I left the chat. What show did I leave? When you took the break. Oh right, yeah, you oh. did get a little fight. Maybe oh, I that. thought you were talking about leaving the show. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, I, I didn't like, even know that I you mi- left the I chat. I missed out on a complete argument here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even fucking know. I can't even remember here. what it was about, to be honest. <laughs> no, and I didn't even. I don't think well, anyone noticed. Well, that's your fault for leaving, because he he. It seemed like he was inviting all three of us, but okay. Um, I, I would have gone anyway. I don't do guests. I know. Well, yeah, you do. I did one. Yeah. Uh, and, and you did one more than moods until recently. <laughs> um, but I, I, w- I wanted to go too, but I ended up having to run back to work and stuff and got, I was late leaving work and didn't have time to watch the mist. I was really annoyed about it, but I ended up, you know, and I can't wait to listen to that show too, because I one I always wanted to hear Watson and moods on the same show. And two, I think that, you know, when we have Exploding Heads on our show, it's a blast. So I'm sure it was a blast for you guys, too. It's going to play really well. So really, really curious to hear that. I'm also going to listen to the Us episode because me and Mike were kind of going back and forth uh, on what we think it means and stuff like that. And then Moods mentioned that he brought up something that I was um, that I thought it meant. So uh, curious to see if we're on the same page with that. Um, yeah, but- that's, that's a really good review. I think it's been getting good feedback. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, we went so. a couple hours. It's it's yeah for it's one movie the, that... lo- the longest the longest episode of Fresh Cuts, but it's kind of warranted for a movie like us because there's I a agree. lot going on in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jordan sure. Peele's brilliant. Um, but so while you guys were all recording podcasts and stuff, I decided to hop on. We we almost we kind of forgot because we weren't doing a stream or anything. Joe Bob, we yeah. Joe Bob's weekly series debuted. Mm-hmm. on shutter yeah so i watched the whole thing i was, it was it? like four hours four and a, four and a half hours or something it was great wow. it was That's it good. was just as good as his other stuff um it was kind of funny because he did chud first yeah mm-hmm. and he kind of bad chud like the entire thing like he's like this movie's really not that good i don't know why people like it and <laughs> it's like it, it was kind of funny because it he did point out some really good points about like it's really not that good a movie, but I do like Chud. Yeah, the best part about um, Chud is the uh, John Goodman cameo. Yeah, he I, actually I, says that. Does he really? No, yeah, he, he says something like that. He's like, uh, <laughs> and the only you know he does the Academy Driving Academy Awards thing, yeah. and he's like, uh, Academy Award nominations for John Goodman as <laughs> cop number one. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious, man. Um, but funny. yeah, he, you know, dude, he, I just think that he's insane. With, I'm like, going to the, the show on Saturday. Dude, that's awesome. When Rednecks Saved Hollywood. Yeah, that's cool. I heard that's a good show. That's Saturday cool. Saturday night. Yeah, and buddy. I, I think that he is so good at like giving information that you wouldn't just find on the internet. Like mm-hmm. he actually, it feels like he has some kind of secret knowledge of, of like the history of things like, okay, 
you're really good at one remembering this or two like you know putting it all in a cohesive narrative especially when he starts talking about one thing and it's like a long tangent and then it circles back and catches up with what he was talking about earlier um and the second movie he did was castle freak and full moon you know full moon's castle freak i hadn't seen castle freak in probably nine years or something like that since Mm -hmm. like 2010 uh when i bought it on dvd and i had not like i totally forgot that castle freak is actually good like i thought it was like in my memory it was like a bad full moon movie castle freak is great yeah man it is pretty good Jeffrey Combs, Jeffrey right? Combs, yeah. Barbara yeah. Crampton. Yeah, it was way it. better than I remembered. Did Barbara um, Crampton come on? It's, you know, it's got the cast. Yeah, the cast yeah. Reanimator Barbara Crampton. <laughs> Barbara Crampton came mm. on, and then um, he also called Felissa Rose again about a dick question, which is pretty funny. <laughs> oh no! Um, <laughs> it, it was it was a good show, man. I can't wait to see what they do next Friday. Like I, I really enjoy, like it. It, dude, it flashed me back so hard, even more hardcore than um, the live streams because I was able to focus more while watching it, just me by myself in my room, you know what I mean? Like, the entire four-hour thing. Yeah, we didn't have moods talking the entire time. Yeah, and Mike snoring. <laughs> so, um, it, it was good. Shut it, the none fuck of you, up. None of you watched it. <laughs> I was fucking, working. Fucking Jeremy. Shut up, moods. Fucking talking. Did and you with Joe Pop. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean the classic. I think Joe Bob works so well because it's there's the authenticity factor that he's actually a fan of yeah. the material too. It's not just some hired gun to you know come up with a gimmick. I mean, of course, his character yeah. is somewhat a exaggeration on his own fandom, but still, it he comes off. But that's what as that's why legitimate. it works so well. That's what mm-hmm. that's why it works so well is because of that. But it, yeah, I mean, you can you can you can see through. Uh, any phony fan and shit, man. And, you know, fake ass fans who are doing it for a paycheck aren't going to come up with the uh, the little fun facts that he comes up with that no one knows about. Because they don't give a shit about that. You can tell his real exactly. fandom right there. I mean, when you're digging in the crates like that for that type of info, that's why people watch. That's why people like JP watch that shit, man. Because that's unique. That's unique. That's real fandom. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As a, as opposed to someone like. That was hired. That hasn't even actually watched the movies. That just well, reading I mean, off shit that someone else wrote. But. Exactly, like, cool dude. Exactly. <laughs> if you got some host reading off a off a prompt card or whatever, and you know, just kind of spitting everything you read off Wikipedia the night before, I mean, cover. it's pretty transparent, man. He, us as fans, we can see right through that. So, mm-hmm. Joe Bob is all like seriously amazes me with some of the shit he comes up with. But then again, you know, he gets these stories because he knows these people too. That's kind of the bonus of his job, right? Yeah, so. it's so awesome, man. Yeah. Did you watch Mike? No, I was actually out of town. Uh, I was. It was the start of the A season. Oh A's. yeah, you went to the game. That's right. But I plan on watching it before because you know it's this new series that he has. It's weekly, right? So this Friday will be a new one. I want to watch this one um, before, and I believe these are getting pretty archived, like right away. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I think that they already have the the next day. I think they had it on so you could watch it, um, which I do think it's in Canada too. Moods, I do, I do think episode eight and nine, eight and nine just won't be in Canada, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. got rights on those ones. Yeah, figure. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully intend on watching uh, Friday's episode before the new one comes out, though. 
Yeah, man, it, it was really. We need to get like a. We need to um, set up like a live chat, like not on video and stuff, but like text. Um, mm-hmm. to yeah, it's called the Discord. Anybody. Fucking yeah, the di- like, maybe we'll do it on the Discord. I guess. That movie just um, keeps forgetting the link in the fucking description. <laughs> it's in the Even fucking description. Yeah, since when? Since like two minutes after you fucking freaked out for the twentieth time, so I put it in there. Yeah, oh, you should boy. put it in there. How are people supposed to know where to go? It's, it's in the video. So, so somebody said, like, I've been getting a little bit, I've been getting multiple questions about, like, where the rating, like, have the ratings been updated on the website and stuff. So, um, just letting everybody know, I will get to that. Like, I'm going to try to start, you know, catching up on it this week. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was wondering the same thing actually. Yeah, I'm pretty far behind right now. So <laughs> like 50 episodes behind? No, like five or six probably. But it's so many movies. We did that one what we watched episode. Yeah, yeah that was like 30 in itself. So <laughs> yeah, you but you yeah you got you have to be a couple hundred behind now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. All right, yeah. so before we move along, um, let's get into a quick five questions with Mike. Oh, you did do a five questions. Yeah, and I'll do another. Would... Sh- I'll do another shameless plug, t- plug too. So I didn't get to it, but yeah. So I did the No More Room in Hell show, and I did the Exploding Head show, and I also just recently did a review for Bloody Bits with Derek. So I'll be on there too. Jeez, what movie did you guys do? <laughs> we did fucking Hunter. Have you seen oh, it? Oh yeah. That's I the haven't. one that has like the guy on the front cover. It's like a blue background. Yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm doing uh the Cannibal Club for Bloody the Bloody Bits. What is it? The Spring Special? Is that what it's called? Or I something? think so. Yeah, that, that sounds a lot better. What the fuck is Bloody Bits? It's Jason Lloyd's show. Jason Lloyd's. Oh, VOD, yeah, every... VOD reviews. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, I <laughs> usually right. I, I, I usually start off everybody with this question because I actually don't even know what the answer is to be honest, but. Um, first question, favorite horror film of all time? Fuck, that's a hard one. Um, oh, you're I one of those guys l- that actually doesn't have a bona fide number one? Yeah, so my, maybe that's why I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it'd be hard to nail down a number one, but... Oh, what a bitchy answer, bro. Yeah, come on, get off the fence, guy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Just commit. Dickhead. Just commit, damn it. Just pick- I mean... All things considered, I'll say I'll just go with the original Nightmare on Elm Street because of, at the age I was that I saw it and it really? stuck with me through the years. I'm in general, I'm a Nightmare on Elm Street apologist as far as the franchise goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously recognize some of them are stronger than the other, but where a lot of people like hate the series later into it, I I, I don't. I find fun in it, but it really all goes back to the original. I was pretty damn young when I saw it. Um, I actually think I saw some of Dream Warriors before I saw the original, and then going back like right after that to see the uh, original and just how the character of Freddy Krueger was at the beginning. I, I also think because uh, when Nightmare on Elm Street came out, the slasher genre itself, I wouldn't say it was stale at that point, but it definitely had a certain formula to it. And Seen it, was like right the, it was right at the yeah. end of the golden age of slashers. I, I would say 84 was the, was the breaking point for it, though, for sure. It, it was definitely where the slasher genre in general had a certain formula. Like, 
it felt like it did. And Nightmare on Elm Street came out, and it was kind of like, holy shit, this is somewhat different than what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kid, it just it, it was it scary. Had a way to higher me. concept. Yeah, it was very high concept. I think the concept it, was it, so high that even to this day, some people don't even consider it a slasher film. Yeah, I have heard that argument too. That mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a hybrid. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll accept that argument. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know go to bat to say how dare you you know like some people would but um that that's one of the early movies from my childhood that really set me on the course of being just a fan of the genre as a whole because so much of the you know the golden age of like the 70s and 80s i was really too young for um and even nightmare on elm street i was young but that was the one that kind of set me on the course and it just kind of stuck with me through the year. So mm-hmm. while it, while it's I like, it's still hard to say bona fide number one. That's the one I always go back to. Hey man, that's awesome. Well, you're like me. Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite franchise. Um, I try to defend it as much as I can with the exception of Freddy's dead, because it is a fucking heaping pile of shit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I and, mean, and that movie's really hard to defend. Cause it's just, it's so bad. And, like, mm. no matter how much I think about it and try to beat around the bush, like, there's good points. I like the beginning of the film, but that movie goes so comedic to the point where it's silly. It's not just, like, being a comedy. It's being, like, super silly, like the fucking Power Glove shit. And I just, I don't even try to defend it. I don't even try to defend it, you know. But, you know, as for the later sequels, I, li- I like them. And people are always like, part five, you know, it's super funny, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's okay. Learn to like it, man, the dream child. So, yeah, good answer, though. Um, question number two, Rob Zombie or Eli Roth or neither? <laughs> uh, I just, I love the conversation cause it's like, <laughs> uh, we all know the how the only answer is Rob Zombie. It's just, it's funny cause you know, people, th- these, the only names, right answer. these names spark hate conversations like motherfucker, man. Dude, the last Halloween when I was doing my live stream and I had to fucking said I was sick of talking about the Halloween remake. Jesus Christ, that fucking movie, bro. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's a trajectory for both of them, but I'll I'll fuck. I, I I'll go with Rob Zombie because I think I think his highs are higher for me than Eli Roth. You know, I, I'm one of I I'm one of the few people that I really like House of a Thousand Corpses. I know a lot of people don't. Um, and a lot of people think his pinnacle is Devil's Rejects, which I also like a lot. But I, I love House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought Lords of, what's Lords of Salem was good for like three quarters of it. And they kind of really went off the rails at the end. I'm not really a fan of his Halloween movies. Um, really? And then <laughs> 31... No, just yeah. <laughs> fuck that movie. Yeah, what about El Super Bisto, bro? El Super Bisto, yeah, that's that, that's there. I guess uh, Eli, Roth, Eli Roth. I don't even dislike his movies. Um, I just don't think they're like the, they're just not hitting that high level for me. I'm trying. To th- I'm trying to think if I'm missing something from Eli Roth's catalog that would like elevate him higher. But well, I know the Hostel is, movies, um, Hostel Cabin uh, Fever. Cabin Fever. Shitty Green Inferno. Knock, Green knock. Inferno. Knock, knock knock. House with the she, clock. She sucked my cock. <laughs> From knock knock. Uh, yeah, like Eli Roth, I like his movies in general. I just think Rob Zombie's high is higher than Eli Roth. 
Um, so if I was pressed, I, I didn't want to say neither because it's not like I don't like movies from either one of them. Mm. I did, so I didn't want to be a total jerk and say that. But see, I, I'll go with Rob Zombie. The way that I feel about it is Rob Zombie definitely wins for me. And I love Eli Roth's films. I, I even like Knock Knock a lot. I think Knock Knock's great. And I like Green Inferno, too. Um, Death Wish was okay. Uh, and I really liked House with the Clocks in its Walls. Um, but Cabin Fever is awesome. Super fun. Like One of the f- more fun horror movies ever. Uh, and Hostel, I think, is brilliant. But I think that Hostel is his really only true great horror film, like, you know, top notch. Um, While I think that Rob Zombie, um, House of a Thousand Corpses is great. Devil's Rejects is a masterpiece to me. Um, And I think both Halloweens are really great, too. And I think and I love the the uh, like the the, the first Halloween that he did is like in my top three favorite Halloweens. So. Um, I really love that. And then I love Lords of Salem too. 31 was a massive letdown. I, I think yeah. that movie's garbage and it's, I, I'm almost, I almost couldn't believe that he made that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely the zombie yeah. fan. I, I, you know, Cabin Fever and Hostel, man, I can dig, but the rest of Eli Ross body work, I can't really speak on the new film. He just did. I haven't seen it yet, but pretty much everything has kind of let me down. Um, you know, for the most part, I think 31 is the, the, the definite low point for Rob Zombie. I didn't hate mm-hmm. 31, but it's not great at all. It's definitely the bottom feeder in his uh, filmography for sure. But, you know, as much as we've talked about Halloween too, like I, I remember I tell a story all the time, I walked out of the theater and I seen Halloween too. And I was like, what the fuck happened, man? I was, <laughs> I was so mad and confused. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause I love the remake. I thought the remake was great. I liked the backstory. And you know, that's one of the biggest reasons why people hate that movie. They don't, you don't need to tell a story, but I thought it was warranted. I thought it was a great part of the story, story of his vision for the story. And, you know, and then part two came out and, you know, we, somehow we've ended up watching this movie so many times at different times. And, you know, and it's grown on me. I get why people don't like it. It's frustrating. You know, that the first 25 minutes is a fucking dream sequence. Yeah, I still hate that. You know, it just that, there's certain things that annoy me. I get it. The you know the metaphor with you know the white horse and all the I, white unicorn, bro. Yeah, I, I get why people and and people even shit on the fact that Mike Myers in that film is is overly violent and you know he grunts, he makes noise. Like people are just picking everything apart about it. But I kind of see some of those things as being good points of the film. So, but Rob Zombie, in my opinion, even though Super Beast is fun, man. You know, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I just zombie all day for myself, but. Okay, uh, question number three. Who would you rather have a sleepover with? <laughs> Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn, she's the grandmother killer from uh, Mountaintop Motel Massacre, or zombie Melinda Clark from Return of Living Dead 3? That's easy. <laughs> it's just like, it's one of those fucking things. Like, how do you pick, man? Are you having sex with a grandma or a zombie? A hot zombie, though. Uh, oh. <laughs> Well, <laughs> fuck. That's an interesting goddamn question. There's only uh, one right answer here. I mean, you're also you're also you know barking on the edge of. I mean, if you're having sex with zombies, is it is it necrophilia? I don't know. That's so, what I was gonna say. Like, a, at least having sex with that matter? grandma's not gonna kill me. But Evelyn, um, the grandma, the killer from that, she's gross, man. Like, she's just she's so fucking freaky looking, man. Ugh. Ugh. She creeps me out. She creeps me out. 
<laughs> I, I don't think I win with either answer here. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> um, fuck. I'll go with the disgusting granny, I guess. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, Melinda Clark in Listen, Return of the Living I Dead would, 3 is so is hot, like a, man. <laughs> I would rather, like, this isn't a punishment to me. <laughs> like, I will totally take a dead Melinda Clark. <laughs> I mean, it looks, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from that angle, I can understand why. They're both going to want to try to kill you. <laughs> exactly. But one exactly zombie, my point. <laughs> I think I could deal with. And is also, it going to be like a bar zombie, or is it going to be like... A normal zombie. Well, it's probably Melinda Clark zombie. So it would probably, if you remember, she wasn't trying to eat her boyfriend. No, she was trying to keep the relationship alive. Exactly. That's why you go Melinda yeah. Clark. See, I thought this out. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, number four is Sacramento, the armpit <laughs> of California. Yeah. Um. I have team Alpha fail. <laughs> yeah, Team Alpha fail. Uh, geographically, we're close. Uh, I mean, if you haven't been to like Fresno and Merced and like really like the middle middle of California, where you're straight out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. I guess you could say it. I would say it's the armpit of the known cities because we're close to the Bay, and then of course where uh, my co-host Venom is down in Southern California, LA. I mean that's where everything is. Yeah. So compared to those two regions, I would say yes, but at the same time. You could do a lot worse in Sacramento. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say slightly yes. <laughs> I was referring to like the major cities, right? Like, I mean, you know, I've been to Los Angeles and, you know, San Jose, San, San Diego, Francisco San Francisco. San Francisco. See, the thing is, I've been, I've been to Oakland. I've been to all these major cities. Well, nobody answers me. So but Oakland. Okay. Oh, I'll answer. I just didn't want to interrupt. Oakland, uh, for me, out of all the major cities I've been to, which is most of them is such a ghetto man like that is... but isn't san francisco ghetto no san francisco is yeah. pretty nice san francisco has besides downtown like everywhere uh, else is like shitty. doesn't san francisco have a high population of gays yes here's the thing about san francisco it's just very much wage inequality and disparity you have like some of the richest people shoulder to shoulder with like mass poverty because unless you're like you know borderline millionaire you can't afford to live like in the heart of San Francisco, so for sure it's mad expensive there. It really is yeah. expensive as shit. So there. you yeah. you you have all the fruits of the no art intended. culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good one. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you, that was your best joke ever. <laughs> you, you you have all this rich culture and these things that people want to be a part of and people want to experience but no one can afford to actually <clears throat> be there so everyone's living on like the outskirts of the of nowhere but they want to be in there so you have like rich people going to shop and eat but as soon as they exit the, the shops it's like homeless people all over the place so Dude, i heard it's it, i heard it's dirty like 
It depends where you Home are, man. bad, dirty. It, I mean, it's like anywhere else. It's like yeah. if you stick to the touristy areas, of course, they're going to be like yeah. whitewashed and cleaned up because they want people coming to spend their yeah, money. Yeah, if in you're the down city. on if you're down on Fisherman's Wharf around that area, and shit, uh-huh. it's, it's pretty cleaned up and stuff. If you go, you know, I guess north, or you go up the hill to like Amoeba Records and shit, it's not so bad up there. But it's lots of fucking crazy people, man. We're drive, we're taking the bus up there, and this this crazy nom vet or whatever old fucker is just completely lost his mind screaming on the bus and shit and he's obviously known to the bus driver because he's kind of laughing it off and shit and you know i kind of look around and there's like everybody's at the back of the bus and he's at the front just causing shit <laughs> you know it's like, it was like the most fucked up thing in the life's like how come every time we get on you know transit system in a in a major city something like this happens like it does to us every single time it was pretty funny but I, you know that area is it's, it's kind of normal i mean to me it didn't feel like it was overly gross but yeah fishman's worked down in that area Super expensive. I was in a jazz yep. club there one night and like just food and a few drinks, shit, and all of a sudden we're like a couple hundred bucks deep. And I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. I'm like, take yeah, my ass up to Amoeba. It's, yeah. It's definitely an enigma of the city. Yeah. So, but I, on the other hand, Oakland, you know, I find Oakland, I can't find a real nice spot in Oakland, to be honest. What's yeah. Uh, for Oakland, you want to hit like. I mean, I don't know where you've been in Oakland. Like, where the A's stadium is, that's, like, definitely the ghetto area. Like, when I go to A's games, I – luckily that there's a freeway entrance, like, right outside the stadium. So you basically get to the stadium and get the hell home. Yeah, the, um, the stadium park is like that. Yeah, the, yeah the but there, there are oh, there man. are nicer places that are coming up, like where Fox Theater is, where I saw, like, the John Carpenter uh, concert at, like, mm. that – that they're actually, you know, revamping it and it's coming up. It probably gentrification's helping somewhat with it, but it's it's not so bad. But you know, it, it's it's one of those things where if you're a local, or you know, I'm not technically a local because I'm about an hour and a half away from the Bay Area. But if you frequent these places, you know where to avoid. You know, yeah, if for you, sure. you know to avoid trouble and stuff, and uh, you're you know where the safe places are. It's the same with any big city, though. That, that's just how it's going to be. Hundred percent, man. You know, it's like you know, living in say Vancouver, right? The the ninety percent of the city is really beautiful. It's really, it, I mean, it's there's certain areas that are you know kind of dirty underground and stuff, but there's one area, this Pigeon Park area, which is like known. It's like one of the most disgusting places in Canada. It's like where they kind of they kind of shuffled all the drug addicts and heroin and homeless into one area, and it's just like it's like a fucking war zone. Mm, it's, crazy, yeah. it's oh, fucking yeah. crazy looking. Yeah, but your town's like a war zone, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yes, and if I mean, they're at, if they're at war with moose, it, maybe. it's different. It's different, though. <laughs> no, the, he was telling me he used to fucking people used to get their heads cut off and shit like that. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, man. Like, I mean, I did. You know, for a bunch of years there, man, I was living in the most violent city in Canada, and, and most of the, but the violence isn't random here, though. It's mostly gang related, and I'm not talking like Bloods and Crips gangs. I'm talking like biker gangs and guys that are trafficking some major major shit like we got a major hell's angels problem and when the hell's angels have a problem with you you're found just a a torso hanging by a meat hook and shit it's crazy man it's fucking crazy so our you know but we literally had task force drug task force come in from all over the place and try to clean up this area because it was getting so bad people were just missing all the time and shit it was crazy (laughs) but for random shit not not so much but the city itself is, you know, it's small. It's like a hundred thousand people, right? So, but last question: American horror or foreign horror? You can, you know, 
that in, that, that includes Canada. I <laughs> There's guess, one right answer. That includes I mean, Canada because I, I guess it's foreign to you. <laughs> I can't say both. <laughs> no. No, that defeats the question, you retard. That I'm not giving. I'm not giving you <laughs> a third what's answer. What's best? I mean, that's there could the only answer. be one best. That's the answer. I'm retarded. So, well, um, <laughs> uh, retarded is Andrew, but I'll let you slide. I mean, I'll shit. I'll go with American Horror, but well, only yeah, you will because you know I like both. I love both. I love both, but it is a what I, you prefer, not what's the best. Like what? Like what, I mean, do you find yourself watching a lot of foreign, or you find yourself watching a lot of? Uh, I guess local. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I mean, I watch both, right? I, uh-huh. I, I don't find myself watching more of either. It's my, pretty much the show dictates what I watch these days. But mm-hmm. when you talk about best or what I prefer, it's absolutely American horror. So that yeah. might come on. It's American well, horror. I mean, I think with foreign horror, a lot of the benefit that we have is we get to kind of handpick the best of the yeah. best of foreign horror that we, you know, that's either available to us or we get. Yeah. The, the bad ones don't it. come through. Exactly. I mean, so if, if, if say we knew someone that was watching like just a high volume of foreign horror, I bet they would say that there's just as much shitty foreign horror movies. Cause if you look at like, you know, this is a little dated now, but back at the, at the J horror explosion, there was just as many shitty ones as, as good ones, volume yeah. one. So, but I, I think I definitely watch more American horror by far and the foreign ones that come through that, uh, that I hear about or get buzzed about, I will watch cause I love those too. But, um, if I had to pick one, I would say American. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Can't argue either way. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. <laughs> Five questions. And that is five questions. All righty, yeah, JP, you got some news for us this week? We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Yeah, very, very small news this week. Um, it seemed like the past couple weeks there was a lot more things coming out. Um, but this week, this past week, there really wasn't much except for one big thing. Uh, and we'll start off with that. So, uh, a little while ago we reported that the Child's Play remake, the one that Universal's doing, or the one that sorry, MGM. MGM's doing, is... You know, we've seen the trailer. The trailer's out now, yeah. but they, somebody had found a thing that they were looking for a voice for yeah. Chucky. Mm-hmm. And we're like, holy crap, Like this movie's like about to come out. How do they not have a voice actor? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just waiting I don't for think the so. right one. <laughs> um, or maybe I, they just didn't think it was... Maybe they're so little... Who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah. they just knew that... Maybe they knew that they didn't need it yet. Um, but we were kind of talking a little bit of shit. And then I think that this has probably been the most positive thing about the child's play remake for, for, for fan perspective, but they did find their voice actor and it's none other than Luke Skywalker himself, Mr. Mark Hamill, who also has a extensive career in voice work 
Mm-hmm. And he most famously, in terms of voice work, probably, I would the say, Joker. the Joker from the 90s Batman animated series, which a lot of people consider is the best incarnation of the Joker. Um, interesting. It's, mm-hmm. n- it's not Brad Dorff. Right, no. but, but it's, it's not a bad choice. Time. It's probably the best choice. It's there. I think that they hit this one out of the park in terms of somebody that we could actually see doing that voice, right? Like I think most people would be like, "Well, damn, you picked somebody good." Yeah, mm. but it's like, it, what's the voice going to be? Is it going to be different than what we're used to or what i guess we just have to wait and see find out what it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be the joker voice <laughs> well i'd assume it he hasn't be. done his lines yet so yeah I, I don't know is it gonna be his interpretation of brad Dourif, or is it gonna be his just own voice you know what i mean like are they trying to make this chucky like how the old one was or are they just going in a completely different direction but i mean this this chucky is supposed to be like a, a robot going haywire right yeah yeah so it shouldn't be because i mean the reason why brad dorf i mean there was a reason why brad dorf voiced the other chucky so in this case it's like shouldn't the in i mean it's gonna have to be an interpreted almost like robot gone bad voice not necessarily because think about it right like you still have voice they're gonna auto-tune it man (laughs) like like they have voice (laughs) command like they're (laughs) they they when you know, think of like of any anything really. Like nothing sounds like a robot really in technology now, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it mm-hmm. probably is. You know, some they got somebody's voice to do the Chucky voice. You know, for the dolls that they're selling, and the technology in it essentially, you know, allows it to. Yeah, who knows? He might not even have that much lines, anyways. Yeah, he he might have like six lines of dialogue or yeah, something. It, it might be Slide just a totally yeah, totally different Chucky. It, it like, is, I'm just like I'm just like you're on Facebook and you see this one bad thing after another. Like people are fucking bashing this motherfucking movie before they even watch it. And yeah, get you. Like, I mean, I wasn't bashing. It. I think it's kind of like, re- dude. I think you, it was you retarded. Were not a fan of this idea at all. I I'm still not a fan of the idea, but I'm still gonna watch the movie before I say that it's like shitty. Like you don't know if it's going to be shitty or not until you watch it, and like well, Mark, like he, Mark Hamill's like the best person to do it. Like, why is everybody so like, oh, that's retarded? Like, that's a stupid I, person. For, to do I really saw more positivity. I pretty much ninety nine percent positivity on that. Yeah, I, I didn't see the people talking shit that you did. I mean, I I think Mark Hamill himself is a good choice for it. I question the original idea of why they wanted a list actor to do it in the first place, but it's, it's Mark a, Hamill, it's, it's a marketing ploy. It is right. a marketing ploy. I understand that. It but is like, too, but he, a, it, as a viewer, I don't want like all of a sudden you hear the doll talk and then also it takes you out of it. Cause you're like, Holy shit. That's such and such. And then See, that's that, all you're going to think of when you hear them talk. I have a problem. It's the with same that. reason why, like I hate Pixar movies because it just sounds like a bunch of fucking See, celebrities. See, I just never noticed that, though. But it is like, always for, celebrity for, in Pixar movies, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, yeah. to me, it it takes... Well, not that I watch a bunch of those movies anyway, but when it's Why not, like... Why dude? Pixar's awesome. I, I just don't care about... Guess who's going to be seeing Toy Story 4 before I see fucking Child's Boy, me. <laughs> 
but I, you know, I just don't want it to be a situation where it's like you're watching this new child's play and then Mark Hamill's recognizable voice comes on. It's just like instantly the theater people are, oh, oh my God, it's it's Mark Hamill. You know, I, I don't know. They they might yeah, distort he doesn't have it like a little super bit. I don't know. Voice. I'm not yeah, like I, I wouldn't notice it. Like I never knew that was Mark Hamill when I watched The Joker until I was an adult and like found out. Like I didn't. I didn't they just like, keep oh, it under wraps. Like Luke Skywalker. I just I watched thought. something recently that he was doing a voice for, and I didn't realize it was him. So I don't think this is going to be a huge deal to me. I'm not like a, I'm not, I a, I'm not a massive I, Star Wars dork. So <laughs> I don't understand why it was important to even announce anything about the voice to begin with. Because what the the trailers that we had seen, it was like they marketing. purposely they purposely weren't having Chucky's voice in the trailers because I think at that point... Yeah, they because they haven't casted it. Well, and I think, they, I think they didn't want people to know it wasn't Brad Dorf because you can change the look. I don't think anybody... Everyone can. assumes it was gonna, it was gonna, Chucky was going to sound the same. I think Listen, a lot of people assume that. Listen, here's the problem with... with uh, <laughs> okay, so I... Was tell I was telling my friends I was hanging out watching the fights with my friends who like horror movies but they're not like you know they're not huge fans or anything, uh, and I was like oh they just announced who is the new voice for Chucky and they're like the old guy's not playing him, and I was like no, and they're like why they're like why not I'm like well he is just not in this series like nobody yeah. realizes that this is like a reboot really yeah exactly nobody all- really realizes yeah. that this is a new like a, like like that there's two franchises going yeah. on at the same time and, and it was hard to explain i was like well that see one company has the rights to the original child's play and another one has the rights to the sequel so <laughs> it was like really hard to explain they're like huh but um i think that like i'm excited i actually think this is gonna be good dude and maybe it's because i had such a bad taste left in my mouth from called of chucky after I had such a good taste left in my mouth from... But the uh, real question is, could they call the sequel Child's Point 2? They probably can't do a sequel, actually. Yeah. Because I don't think they have the rights to do a sequel. But they might. I don't know, man. It's yeah, I don't get... Yeah. Because they couldn't call it Child's Point 2, because doesn't Universal own Child's Point 2? I don't... Well, no, because I, Ch- Universal doesn't own the name Child's Play anymore. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> what a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And but I think it's you know I'm excited. It's not horrible, yeah. There's there's a lot of movies. I mean, 2019 has been semi slow until Us just came out. You know, I think that was the first great great movie of the year. Um, but I think that the, the rest of the year is looking pretty pretty fun and solid there's some you know shutter's been kind of slow with their exclusives besides i know blumhouse just put a movie on netflix yeah blumhouse just put out a brand new movie on netflix today um there's still it to look forward to you know the new pet cemetery is coming out la rona curse of la la rona um there was something else that i seen that was coming out in like june or something is is the new uh oh, is Annabelle the- yeah. Is Soska's uh, Rabid, is that going to get a wide theatrical release, do you I know? doubt it. I don't but... think so. I think it's a WWE movie, so. Oh, is it? I think yeah. the only WWE film that I could think that got a wide release was See No Evil, to be honest. Uh. That didn't hit the theaters, though, did it? Yes, it did. I saw it in the theaters. Really? What? Really? Yeah. Crazy. Maybe yeah. the second one didn't. Not the but... second one, but the first one. No, no, one. I thought you were talking about the second one. I thought that yeah, Rabbit was going to get a wide release. Hmm. 
It might. Who knows? Um, it depends how much Vince and the boys want to put money behind it, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I think this was the third in a three-picture deal, right? They had a three-picture deal with WWE. Yeah. They did the um, Ceno Evil 2, and then they did that action one or whatever. Oh, yeah, with the big show. Yeah, and <laughs> now they're doing this rabbit one. Who's in it? Like John Cena or something? CM Punk. Oh, is he really? Wait, yeah. really? Yep, I thought he wife. didn't fuck with WWE anymore. CM Punk's oh. in the rabbit movie? Yeah, and his wife. Oh, what the fuck? What? I didn't is even he know that. Out? I don't know. Maybe they'll call him Phil Brooks. Uh, Phil Brooks. I, I don't know about this shit, man. You watch him WrestleMania next week. Shit, is it next week? Yeah. Uh, I guess now we have to do a show. <laughs> and it's eight hours this year. No joke. I'm not joking. What? It's eight hours. We might be able to catch some of it if we uh, – we're only doing, you know, That's Pet Cemetery next eight week. Eight so. hours. What? Eight hours. <laughs> what the fuck? What are they trying to be, a 22 Shots episode or something? Did, did they forget, <laughs> like, these millennials don't have the attention span for eight hours? Yeah, that's why. I don't think any millennials are watching wrestling, dude. Yeah, it's only people like Dave C. Yeah. It's like 40-year-old no. fat guys now that watch wrestling. Yeah. I guess. So. Or the, are the young, young, young kids. Yeah, yep. like soup. Which would be more. Cena's not even like around. He's was like, he's pretty much done. Who? Mr. Movie Star Cena. Oh, good. He's trash. <laughs> not really. He was yeah, dude, good. I've always hated him. He's so lame. He's fake as shit, but he was not too bad as a wrestler, to be honest. Dude, he was like, I, like that is the era that I couldn't stand. I was just like, dude, this guy is so lame, and that's when I tuned out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but. I'm excited. I mean, I, I, I've i kind of got an interest a little bit more since Rousey's been there. But yeah. She cut a raw promo online. So. She's fucking terrible on the mic, though, man. She was dropping terrible personalities. And everything was crazy. Damn. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck if these motherfuckers come in and fucking. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's didn't like, surprise Vince let her do that. Damn, I want to watch that. Promo. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's on it's on her Twitter. I'll find it and send it to you guys. Hmm. Yeah, right. she broke um, the fake. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other little bit of news that I have, guys, is so um, I believe um, the craft is being rebooted from Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Oh. Okay. Oh, well, another another reboot remake, man. It just never ends. Our news just consists of talking about remakes and reboots. So is it going to be witchcraft through social media or something? <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're going to update the story, I guess, for modern times because that's what they always say. Nation did that shit, but yeah, it wasn't witches. Could have done the ring digital code style. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it got announced a while back that they were doing this. Haven't um, they tried to do it like a couple times already well, and it just never happened? Th- there was a script yeah. because yeah. Um, apparently these new writers who did Honeymoon, uh, which was a couple... Magnet. Yeah. Um, the, I think they're, re- di- they're rewriting the script that they had from back then. Huh. And it's going to be a Blumhouse film, so I'm sure it'll do good. I have a question. Um, if you guys, my boss was telling me about this movie. I've never heard. And I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Uh, man, I should have pulled it up before I opened my mouth. 
Yeah, before you cut me off, you should have probably knew what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. Right. Shit. Oh, it's called Time Crimes for 2007. Yeah. Uh, I have heard of it. Yeah, I never heard of it. I was wondering if you guys have seen it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that... <laughs> That that uh, I I don't know I love the craft like the original craft it was in my ni- top ten and ninety six I think it was like Dave's number two or something along with Paradise Lost. Yep, that was my number. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know I mean I think that it's a kind of a timeless tale that you could redo um in modern time you know it's just basically about four outsider girls who are you know come together and. I bet you they'll have like some lesbians and shit. So is this? It's a remake or just a reboot? It says reboot. Who knows if it'll be? I know originally it was going to be a sequel, but I don't know. We'll see. So still the recasting then? It's not taking place. Can you really? Can you really reboot something that was only one movie? I mean, wasn't a remake if there was just one? Because reboot is almost like you're rebooting like a franchise to say like. We're gonna start making yeah, no, I, the franchise I again. But that's why I thought I, when you hear the word reboot, I'm like, you could have cast the same people to set it in modern times, and who knows? Well, the problem right. is, is the studios interchange these words with each other without separating definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, if you're gonna recast, re, you know, retell a story, I mean, it's a remake, right? Uh huh. So yeah, it's it's interesting that yeah that. It got announced again because there was that issue with uh, Rachel True not getting invited to conventions with the rest of the cast. But eventually she started getting invited. You guys, were you aware of that? Where she was like, why is the rest of the cast? Yeah, I know just recently they were all together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like the first time ever or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because she was a cunt. Well, it seemed like they worked it out because she was – yeah, they did. You never know, dude. Sometimes it could be as simple as the the con reached out to the agent and the agent didn't fucking say anything. You know what I mean? Well, you that's a shitty did. agent then. Yeah, but some <laughs> there's plenty well, of those. And it could also be like what they think that the individual actress or actor brings, you know, individually as opposed to like all of them as the cast. Because, yeah. I mean, Nev Campbell... Has been um, in a ton of stuff. Robin yep. Tooney has even been in a ton of stuff, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Farizabal has been yeah. probably the most stuff besides Nev. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know. Yeah, I I, I don't think that it's necessary. I wouldn't pull the race card right away, you know, with that. But, yeah. Because I'm sure out. fucking everybody else. Like, there, I, you're telling me there's no black actors at this con? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> They don't have Ken Foray or fucking He's about it. Todd or something. They're about it. Keith David. Probably. I'd imagine someone's one of them are there. Yeah. Anyway, um, so moving on here to the last little bit. Jennifer Kent's new film, which everybody was kind of waiting on. Uh, she's the one who did The Babadook back in like 2014 or 15. It's a while ago. Um, her new film is supposedly going to be released uh theatrically uh, kind of minor i guess uh via ifc and it's called the nightingale um set in 1825 um tasmania so this is a period piece 
Um, 21-year-old Irish female convict who witnesses the brutal murder of her husband and baby by her soldier master and his cronies. Unable to find justice, she takes an aboriginal male tracker with her through the hellish wilderness to seek revenge on the men. Um, probably going to be pretty cool. I mean, I thought that The Babadook was a pretty good film, so I'm interested to see what she does next. Hmm. Uh, Sounds like it could be alright. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested for sure. Yeah, I, I I mean, I think it's just so exciting right now with like all this new horror. It is is like Jordan Peele like lit a fire under my ass with us and uh, Gaspar Noe with Climax. Like, I was just like, man, dude, like it, it's such a great time to be a horror fan right now, you know. And I've thought that for years, but I was just Climax like, is so fucking good. Jesus Christ, it, it's, I love that movie. I wasn't blown away the like the moment after it ended, but the more that I thought about it and was like thinking back through the movie, like all the cool shots and and music yeah. and just how it made me feel, I was like, "Yo, that fucking movie is awesome." Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a, a contender for best of the year for for yeah. me. Me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just so exciting, man. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, Who's the guy's new film? The guy who did um, oh, The Witch. Robert, Robert oh, the oh and that. Yeah, Ari Aster with um, yeah. the... Uh, Can't remember what the name of it is. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's just so exciting right now. And then you got stuff like Critters, the new binge. <laughs> did you watch it no but they showed oh, the trailer for it on monster vision thing and i was like oh my god that looks so bad <laughs> i heard it was horrible yeah it's not fucking great did you watch it well, i think they marketed it wrong they made it seem like a new tv show it was supposed to be a web series you mm-hmm. know what i mean like for youtube or something so it's like if you would have marketed it as that really? yeah it, the, it, aren't they like 10 minute episodes oh web series yeah yeah, they vary yeah. anywhere between like 8 and 12 minutes a piece mm. yeah so well I haven't seen Chris lot. post anything about it so must be pretty bad probably is but there's a new sci-fi movie coming out for that yep, did they yeah did they oh. announce a new leprechaun yet man they should uh, don't think so I don't think so cause I, I watched leprechaun's revenge again uh, for um, St. Patrick's Day because they did a marathon on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I watched one, three, and the the um, the new one. Revenge, yeah, it, it was awesome because they played those three, and I'm like, oh, you played the best ones, nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but man, that upset post past Postmaster P, man, for sure. Postmaster yeah. P, man. <laughs> so that that's the news. That's though. old school. Twenty two shots. Like episode seven or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. Okay. Oh, last thing. Um, Wellgo USA announced a box set for yeah. Phantasm's 40th anniversary, uh, a sphere. So they're doing a sphere now too. So if you missed the um, out of print box set that they did, and I sh- I'm sure the Arrow one's out of print by now, right? Hmm. Well, it's out of print. You can still get it though on the website, but it was limited, uh, right? They're not. Gonna, yeah. Once so they're gone, they're there, gone. There's a Wellgo USA one coming out, but the new 
audio track on Phantasm and a new 4K transfer on Phantasm 2. Nice. That would be cool if uh, they released a 4K of Phantasm. Yeah. I've been buying some 4K, man. Oh, I'm, I'm probably going to be upgrading very soon. Because I have like five 4K discs in my new update and another one on pre-order. Why are you such a hater, Moods? I'm <laughs> not. You I clearly just, are. I, I every, just, time you, every time we say 4K, you go, oh, 4K. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 4K. Just, it's just the re Like, things are, you know, things that came out last year just getting re-released, like, over and over again, and now into 4K, and fuck. Well, the reason I'm having a lot of fun with it right now is, like... Oh, classics. I, I think that, yeah, it's like they're you're getting, like, some of my favorite films on 4K right now, like Halloween and... Uh, Alien is coming out, and I just got Pet Cemetery um, on 4K, and I'm like, man, like I don't even own Pet Cemetery on Blu-ray. It's on 4K, and Christine it's like amazing. And, and Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, god damn it, I just triple dipped on all this, <laughs> or sometimes even exactly. more. Um, but at the same time, it's like new experience with the Does film. Does look different. I'm not going to buy every single 4K that comes out, but it's pretty nice to kind of catch something as it starts versus It's pretty nice Blu-ray, to build a collection which, before right. you can actually watch them in your, in, at your own house. In, at my house, yeah, <laughs> which is pretty nice. Like I, Once I get this you know, new TV or whatever, I'm, I don't know if I want to wait till I move or what I'm going to do, but it's going to be nice to have all these fucking my favorite movies to watch. Like I got Evil Dead 1 and 2, to watch, which I already watched Evil Dead 1 and it was great. Shark scored, Mike. Oh, um, nice. Wait, so way to score? go. It's one nothing. No one gives a fuck. Thanks. Uh-huh. Mike is a Sharks fan. I'm I just a Sharks fan. Due d- diligence here. And he's a host. Nobody cares about the fucking guest host. <laughs> JP um, cares, and I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the the 4K is so fun right now. And dude, the the fucking cover art's there. Like that alien slip cover is awesome, dude. Yeah. And so, and it's like, only fifteen best... bucks. It's like, why would you not buy it? Yeah, I know, right? I was like, dude, this is an awesome release. Like, I, I got to pick this up. Yeah, the four K, the four K is up here, pretty much all from twenty five to thirty five. So, yeah. my biggest disappointment was Overlord was like twenty seven or something. Yeah, it's still that. Yeah, I that killed up, me because I, I, I want that movie, but. Yeah, that I, one's like thirty okay. here too. Like it's stupid now to buy things on Blu-ray when you know they have four K releases. So that, it's like... that's that's what I'm going for. If there's a if there's a four K that comes out of something, especially if I don't own it, yeah, I'm gonna buy that over the Blu-ray because it's only especially right now because it's actually only a few more dollars than the Blu-ray, and sometimes it's like not even. And it comes with the Blu-ray anyway, so it's yeah. like, yeah, and it, it's like I, I think that with the four K. Um, you have uh, you have like I don't know. It's just fucking cool. they 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 just look cool to me. I don't know. I I think they're just fun so far. I'm having fun with them. Um, but yeah, I got to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so weird collecting a format when you can't even watch it. It's like so strange, so strange to me. But uh, that's it for the news. I got my Pet Cemetery release in the mail. I was like, man, this thing's all fucked up. What the hell? I got to send this shit back. The cover's all ripped up on the bottom. But then I realized uh, it, it was just the like way that. it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I've been buying stuff like crazy lately. 
like I, I hit up that Warner Archive sale. Um, I placed another order on Hamilton Books, dude. Yeah. Um, they had some kinos on there that I got for cheap, like ten bucks each, and um, they had a, a couple vinegar syndromes. It was a little cheaper. I think I only got one. Um, but yeah, dude, like I, I've been just really buying a lot of stuff lately, 4K and all kind of shit. But <clears throat> it's been a while since I've actually splurged and. I've been having fun. I haven't been buying shit, really. Which is weird for me, but... Yeah, I haven't seen you post anything. I usually don't post what I buy anyways. But, I don't know, it's just been it's been slow for me this year. 19 films and release-wise, I don't know. Lots of good stuff coming out, but... just I've had no desire. But, anyways, that's it for the news, guys. Fucking thing sucks! Uh, let's move this along and get into some Bob Box Office Brawl. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! What do we got this week, Jeremy? This week, we have to do the results of Us, which we did Fuck. Couple, 10 days ago. And we're going to be doing Pet Cemetery, the remake, which will be brought to you on this show next week with a feature review. Hopefully... With this Stephen King adaptation, they cut out the blurriness. But anyway, uh, us uh, moods had fifty five point five million. I had fifty two point five million, and the smelly Mexican had fifty two point four million, and the film made seventy one million one hundred seventeen thousand six hundred and twenty five dollars. I told you, motherfuckers, was going to do good. Ah, god damn it, man! JP, I, I'm sucking. I'm on a yeah. That, no. that fucking. I was on a streak at the beginning. Now I'm on a bad streak. Yep. Yeah, that movie hammered it I'm down, man. Skid right, man. Well, what yeah, do you made do? a ton. We made a ton of money. I'm, I'm glad. Million. I'm glad it did so well, it, man. It, That's it good. did the best for a non-franchised horror film ever. R-rated horror film. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. Still so, deserved though. So moods gets another point on me, right? Yeah. Did I update the last points? Yes, I did. Okay. So he ties it up three three with me now. And then Jeremy pulls ahead four two on me. Cocky motherfucker! Oh, as he's clapping himself. I know. Right? <laughs> I got it, bro. Just keep going. And then um, J- J- uh, Moods actually gains a point on Jeremy and ties it up 3-3. Back so in the game. Close. That start to the year back was Back in the shitty. game, yeah. You you were out of the game, and now you're back in already. Nice. Still got a lot of game left, though. It's only the court. It's not even eh, – it's the quarter mark right now. We still got three-fourths three, uh, of the season left. And we have Pet Cemetery coming out. Yeah, buddy. Pet Cemetery, getting good reviews. I think that's going to help the movie quite a bit. Uh, opening up in 3,400 theaters. 3,400. Aside from the atrocious marketing for horror fans. Yep. Oh, so I think that bad. It's going to do pretty good as well. So bad. Yeah. But there is people out there that don't even 
know that this is a remake. I've had someone I know. mention that there to was, me. There was like, all these people in my theater that was like, they spelled it wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, oh my yeah, god. Dude, Have man. you seen the fucking epic sequel, Pet Cemetery 2? Like, oh, come on. Fuck that movie. Cemetery 2 is awesome. Yeah, Pet Cemetery, man. Ugh, I couldn't even avoid it, too. You know, there was the poster thing, and then, of course, I had to see the trailer. See, Moose noticed that the fucking poster spoiled it, too, you motherfucker, JP. Yeah. Because I'm looking too. at it going, what the fuck? Wait, you knew the poster did before you saw the trailer? Well, I'm looking at it going, figuring something out there is pretty obvious. Yeah, exactly. No. Right? It's pretty fucking easy. And then, and then I saw the wow. trailer, and I was like, oh, my God, this trailer, man. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like this trailer's I mean it's fine for if you if this is the first time your first experience with Pet Cemetery and shit, but you know, if you've seen the original it's like, you know, it's telling Why you Why not it, keep that close to your vest, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's just telling you a different story here, so um it's like, oh my god. But the third act's supposed to be pretty different, so Okay, well, well, I mean, well that's something to look forward to at least. Yeah. But yeah. Again, I was shocked that people were like, "Oh, are you going to see that Pet Cemetery movie?" I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm a pretty big fan of the first one. I enjoy the first one, or the original film. They're like, this is a remake? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, it's based on Stephen King's novel. Oh. Well, technically, if you want to get super technical about it, it's an adaptation. Adaptate, exactly. Whatever. Remake, adaptation. Yes. Adapt- what a fucking new- snob. A new adaptation of Stephen King's story. A new interpretation. Yeah, this is a conversation that gets people going. You so can't. what are you thinking? So it's playing in what thirty four hundred cinemas? Yeah, thirty four hundred, and it's opening up against Shazam. It's opening up against Shazam. Shazam, which is well, Shazam's already been out though, right? No, no, I think it opens the same weekend. Oh, oh really? Same. Yeah, and you know, at first I was going pretty high with this Pet Cemetery, considering it's a Stephen King adaptation. Most a lot of people are going to check that out based on that. Um. You know, horror's been doing relatively well in general. Uh, but then I was like, it's going up against Shazam. And you know you know, it's probably going to do decent. I mean, I don't think it's going to blow it out the frame. But uh, I'm going to come in at 42 for Pet Cemetery. 42? Yeah. I think this is a hard one to, to judge. <sighs> Jeremy. Next, me? Yep. Uh, 32 million. Point five. Wow. A little bit lower. Um, I'm going to go 31. 31. You think it's going to do lower than that? What, 31? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was, I was sitting at around like... 25 before you guys even went so why why so low like i mean you got there's variables there that are giving it a little bit of a boost i don't know i just feel like like i don't see any hype for it i mean stephen king adaptations have been doing pretty well right now well they are but at the same time like i don't know like people in my like anytime the trailer shows in my theater like nobody like nobody's like saying anything well maybe because maybe because nobody's Watching the trailer because they don't want to see the fucking trailer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're running out of the theater. Like Watson. Yeah. <laughs> I had a uh, the trailer was cringeworthy. That was cringeworthy. 
Mm-hmm. I had to walk out on us. Like, out of the movie and didn't come back? Yeah, two two people. Why? <laughs> what? Really? Yep. Because they're idiots. It was it was right when I was just gonna say when did they walk out? It was it was right when um Crazy. you found out that the it was like when the what they went into the white family's house and that's the best part of the movie. Oh, the shining part, man. <laughs> yeah. So they uh <laughs> yeah they they walked out like right there and then dude everybody fucking laughed at everything in that movie it was ridiculous. I know. Did you guys have a lot of laughs? I told the story. Actually, well, I told the, again, me and Dylan had another one of the worst cinematic experiences of all time. (laughs) We had about six girls sitting next to us and they, they destroyed the movie. Like Dylan was so mad by the end of the film. It's like, they not only laughed at every, they were laughing literally every time someone talked, they were laughing during parts with no dialogue, you know, on their phones, giggling, yelling. There was a lot of funny moments in the film. I'll get, you know, I chuckled. Chuckle moments, chuckle moments. Not like, like, (laughs) Like it fucking... was like every it's like they were waiting dude you know what the worst part is you know when the uh the 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 tethered woman first speaks and she's like uh, mm-hmm. like dude everybody started laughing i was like no fucking way i was like that's yeah. a scary moment you fucks exactly yeah it's that whole thing of people don't want to be scared so what they do is they just laugh it off my whole theater was fucking packed too. it was in the big Mine room too. Too. yeah and i saw it in dolby so that shit was like 19 bucks a fucking ticket and it was packed damn dude 19 bucks yeah i almost want to sign up for a list because like i wanted to say i would have seen climax again honestly yeah get the arrow bro i know i i i mean why i assume it's gonna get a region one here i know but arrow at least you know it's gonna put out a cool addition i don't understand how you could walk out right at that part in the film because you know as any movie goer, I, any I think movie they watch- were once you find out that like there's you know I'm with trying to be like delicate about spoilers. I think they were just like, oh, this is, like too weird for me or something. Like they couldn't comprehend it. Well, I think that's actually in the trailer too, isn't it? Don't they? No, should. I don't. I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think I ever seen the trailer for it. So yeah, I don't know. But ah, that's weird. Jordan Peele's such a genius, man. I always this find it. Awesome. I always find it so incredible. That people will pay as much money as they do to go to the cinema to watch a film and then walk out midpoint. You know, I, I've only I'm, done it once. I'm paying, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that movie is pretty shit. I've never done it. I can't bring myself. And it's not that I'm cheap or anything. I just, I'm one of those people, I don't even turn movies off at home because sometimes they get better. 99% of the time, they usually don't. You've made up your mind and it's probably not getting better halfway through. But, you know, there is times where the film actually, changes itself and turns out pretty fucking good i live for those moments that small percentile you know but the point is paying you know 10 to 15 dollars to go see a movie and walking out halfway what the fuck who does that shit who does that shit yeah i had i had two people walk out of climax too first of all they got in there late like it wasn't super late because the first section of the movie is just like these interviews it was like right after the interviews so they really didn't miss anything Mm -hmm. and uh they sit there for about you know a little bit (laughs) and then it's just like they just got up and rolled out they're like this definitely isn't for me (laughs) i've 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 watched people walk out of movies quite often um 
you know, the person here and there and stuff, but I'll never forget it, man. I was watching the, the Grindhouse double feature of um, Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof. Death Proof. And, um, you know, the theater didn't have that many people to start with. Probably, like, maybe 50 people were in there. I swear by the end of it, there was only 25 people. Mm-hmm. Like, so many people had walked, got up and left. It was crazy. I saw that movie in the theaters. It was, was awesome. I, I know. I was like, this is fucking amazing, man. This is so good. So much fun. I prefer the extended cuts of, the, of both of them. But but I that was the most people I'd ever seen walk out of a cinema. But can't figure Nobody it. walked out of Slender Man besides me. <laughs> really? Nobody was in Slender Man besides me. Yeah, it was, me. It was you Pretty and all much. the other seats. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Oh, Have man. you ever walked out of the movie, movie like, made money, like a lot of money. I know. I never walked out of the theater. Like, I, I never think. Have. But you understand where I'm coming from? Like, can like you? I can't wrap my head around it. Why people would pay for film to walk out of there? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. Well, I mean, you've invested your money in it, so see it through. Well, I've heard you of know. people actually well, maybe some people and getting their, their money time back more than their money. I guess, but I've heard of people complaining about movies being so bad that cinemas have actually refunded them their money. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane because it, I think it, in the small print, it says there's no refunds on that shit, man, unless the shit breaks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Out of theater will be like, oh, you didn't like it? Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fuck, could you imagine? Cinemas would be out of business in a second. I'm like, well, can I get a, half my money back if I think the movie's just okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty average. It's pretty average. I want my seven bucks back. <laughs> Oh, that's great. What do you think, Mike? How much money do you think it's going to make? Uh, shoot. I had a number in my head before anyone said anything, and that number was 45. So, so higher than close everybody. To moods, but yeah, so yeah. you're up with me. The only, uh, yeah, I mean. I think Shazam is going to hurt it a little bit, but. Shazam. Good reviews too. Or like a second week of Us, because there might be holdovers at hadn't seen us yet, maybe. Third That's week. A, third week oh, is it week. third? Damn, third week. That's right. Okay. They uh, almost beat Dumbo this weekend. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm about to wow. go see Dumbo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I heard it's awful. Really? I heard it was good. Yeah. I swear, you, I swear so. you guys are reading different sources because every time JP's always like, all I read was good shit. Jeremy's like, all I read was bad shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> what sources are you guys on? I heard it. I heard it was better than people thought it was going to be. Like, they, like the person I talked to said that they didn't have like hope for it at all, but it surprised them. I don't know. I think one of my number one hated things to do is watching kids' films in at the cinema. That's why you go at nighttime. I can't, I can't handle it. I can't stand it anytime. I just don't like to. I, I'd rather just sit at home and watch, you know, something family related than go to the cinema and watch that shit. Like, I've watched. I've watched very even with having a kid. Like, I very seldomly go you know, to the film, you know, and watch those Pixar, whatever type movies in the cinema. So. You, t- you didn't take the kid to see fucking Lego movie two, man. Uh, I don't think we even got it here to be honest. Mm. I'm not even a hundred percent sure. I'm not even, well, it's hard on the, I mean, the only time we could really go is on the weekends and he, he's been playing hockey so much, right? It's pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. So scheduling is a, an issue too, but I mean, I only see a kids movie at like ten thirty at night, so I know there's going to be no kids in there. Yeah, I just I don't I have do, to deal with that shit. I just don't. I don't get any satisfaction of seeing kids movies on the big screen. It's like the same experience to me watching it at home. When I, I go like to the to cinema, I like home, watching yeah. horror movies and action films and shit that like is cool on the big screen, right? Mm-hmm. Kids movies mm-hmm. just doesn't do it for me. 
I'll yeah. throw kids' movies on at home with my kids so I can pretend like I'm watching them and <laughs> be doing something else. Yeah, <laughs> I get, movies I get are right, right, man. Why are you being a hater? I don't know. They just bore me. You watch I, Captain Underpants? That shit's awesome. My kids do on Netflix. <laughs> I love Captain Underpants. That shit was hilarious. That's usually like their go-to-bed like stuff that they want us to throw on Netflix for them. It's all farting, farting shit jokes. It's hilarious. It's it's JP's favorite thing. I watched shit like The Babe with my kid. I showed him that the other day. He enjoyed it. What is the Johnny? Babe, the, P- the Pig movie? No, with John Goodman, you dumbass. Yeah, oh, John, the, the Babe, Babe Ruth movie. <laughs> the Babe Ruth movie. John Goodman is Babe Ruth. I'd rather watch Sandlot Babe the yet? Pig movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Jeez, this fucking guy, this baseball hate. It's like, it's incredible. Have you shown him Sandlot yet? Oh, yeah. He's seen Sandlot a few times. Sandlot's great. I remember seeing that yeah, in the Dollar like Theater as a kid. Sandlot. Yeah, lots of kids. I when I played baseball as a kid, like we just would always watch the Sandlot after the our games. Great Gambino, <sighs> the Sultan of SWAT. Yeah, that movie's <laughs> amazing. So so much fun. Next up is gonna be Major League. No, I'm joking. He's like, <laughs> just turned a good nine. one. <laughs> Showing a nine year old Major League. Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Mr. Baseball is a good one. Yeah. Bad News Bears, bro. Yeah, you've seen it. Um, well, actually, both versions. Of it, yeah. I don't think I'm trying to think. What Field about of Dreams? I don't think Japan? I've ever shown him Field of Dreams. How about Mighty Ducks? Oh, fuck oh, he, hell yeah! God, he loves those movies. He's watched them so many. Like I have the old DVDs because I missed out on that Blu-ray. I think they're vaulted now or some bullshit. Yeah. But, but yeah, he watches those things like on repeat, man. Because he's yeah, obsessed I, with I hockey. love Mighty Ducks, bro. Yeah, Mighty three. Ducks, is awesome. Yeah, Mighty Ducks is great shit. Little Giants too, man. Little Giants Little, is a great kids sports movie. Yeah, I Little like those Giant, movies too. Little, Little Giants was so much better than I ever thought it would could be, you know. <laughs> Little Giants. <laughs> Listen, anything yeah. with Rick, Rick Moranis, he gets yep. so old. What was that other one with the kid? Was it Little Big League, where the kid breaks his oh, arm yeah. and he becomes like he starts? No, that's rookie, that's rookie. Oh, of the year. Yeah, oh, that's rookie, that rookie of the year. That's it. Kid breaks. What's the one? What's the, what's Henry the Rowan Gardner. One? Yeah, what's the yeah. soccer one where it has the guy sitting on the on the field with his legs open and he, or the fat guy and he's like bugs or or no? You talking about the? Uh, the one with um, Rodney Dangerfield, that's the Lady soccer Bugs. movie. That's yeah. Bugs, yeah, that's Ladybugs. Yeah, yeah Lady that movie. Bugs. That movie is actually kind of funny. With yeah, the dude, like the dude like, that committed suicide. That one actor. Oh shit! Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, what, from, what's the What's the one where the kid was the kid from his it? Baseball wasn't, team? Wasn't he in that one? That's uh, fuck. What was that what, one? What's the one where the kid manages the baseball team? It's like the twins that he buys or something, right? Yeah, League of Her Own. League yeah. Of- no. no, that's the women one. That's Tom, a Hanks. Little big that's Tom Hanks. No, no, the Gina movie Davis. I was talking about was The Big Green from Walt Disney. I've never seen that. I don't know that one. Is the one JP's talking about a Little Big League or something like that? Fuck. Because there's, there's also Angels in the Alpha. I think it is like, Little Big League, the one where he buys the twins. He, yeah, he buys the team, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and like, Rookie of the Year is the one. And it's all sad and shit. Yeah, Rookie of the Year is the one, yeah, exactly, the one where he breaks his arm and then. Yeah, let's do Air Bud, bro. Air Bud, the, Air the Bud. franchise show. Air, there's a franchise of Air Bud? Yeah, I've dude, only seen the like, first it's, two. It's one of the biggest what? Uh, straight-to-DVD <laughs> franchises of all time. There's like 15 movies. No. Are you serious? I, I swear to God. I had no idea. I had no idea. Here, I'll pull them up and I'll list them all. Dude, that is Teen- too funny. 
Teen Wolf right, is the list of Wolf the Airbud series. Okay, we have what? fourteen films: Airbud, Airbud Golden Retriever, Airbud World Pup, Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch, Airbud Strikes Back, Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Spooky they Buddies, Treasure Buddies, and Super Buddies. And they, then we have they Santa just stopped Buzz. making fucking sports movies and <laughs> did yeah. something else there. There's no Airbud in the hood. Oh shit. <laughs> That's, Disney's buddies they went is one to of space the top had directed DVD franchises they, of all time. It's just behind Disney's fairies at three hundred million. Change, they'd have to change the breed to like a big old pit bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's no longer whatever it is, golden retriever. But the first know. two Airbuds are good though. Oh, they're sad as fuck, dude. I didn't know there were. That's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there so were so many. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do all right, Airbud 20, show. twenty-two shots of uh, Airbud and Company. Holy shit, man! That's <laughs> That, that's mind blowing to me, but I mean, I guess if they're making money, why not keep making them, right? Yeah, sure. because it's like yeah. they're all all you need is dogs with fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right. Box office brawl. Yeah, and a whole lot more. <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. Its reports, incredible as they seem, are not the results of mass hysteria. First eyewitness accounts of this grisly development came from people who were understandably frightened and almost incoherent. Officials and newsmen at first discounted those eyewitness descriptions as being beyond belief. However, the reports persisted. Medical examinations of some of the victims bore out the fact that they had been partially devoured. Oh, yeah. Moving along with the show here, getting into the featured reviews here on one episode 157. Picked by the homeboy D Boogie, Derek, which we said off the top of the show, another Patreon franchise. This is what we live for. We apparently live to do franchises. This has been a long time in the making. Uh, I think, I don't know if we ever really planned to do this or we just kept putting it off, but it was inevitable this was going to happen. Inevitable. Of course, this is the George A. Romero dead franchise. Um, We are just going to be covering the original six films. Uh, I think we have decided that we're going to probably save the sequel, like the actual official sequels and remakes uh, for a different show that we'll do later on down the road. Who knows? It'll be closer, mm-hmm. whenever. But we'll eventually get to that, and we'll figure out which films are official. <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to be a little bit of a painful show, um, but that. But any will any of them be painful? Is the question. I think so. I honestly, yeah. have, I think so for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that that'll be a fun show. So I did have a couple couple people had asked a question are you guys covering those and that's the answer no well, and yeah, yeah, well the reason painful one of the reasons we're not is because to me this is george romero's dead series mm-hmm. doing not the dead series because yes. the dead series might include the remakes and stuff like that but george romero's dead series is just george romero films precisely precisely and on that note starting with the first one from the very first top 10 show <laughs> that we did. 
of the same year, 1968, you know, the one where Jeremy didn't have enough for a top 10 list. <laughs> that was JF1 era, bro. JF1 era. Uh, the glorious year, 1968, comes Night when of the Living Dead. When did we get JF3 era? That well, JF2. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Living Dead. The classic. Written by John A. Russo, um, who actually went on to write Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he also directed Midnight, which is interesting. Didn't he direct a Santa Claus from '82? I think right yeah, from 1982, which is yeah. he's which got is a, it was like an underrated little title from uh, yeah from when we did that. He also had like movie. kind of a weird career. Like he didn't really direct a lot of feature length film. Like he directed um, the Booby Hatch, which I know is like a big exploitation film and stuff, which I've never seen. Um, but yeah, he didn't really do a lot of like full-on feature films in the horror genre. He did Midnight. Apparently, there was a sequel, Midnight Two. I think that might have been released by SRS Sabrosa or something like that. Ooh, and then feel he, the quality. He also directed this movie called Santa Claus. Yep, from nineteen ninety-six, which <laughs> which is actually one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen in my life. No joke. Is it worse than Time Machine? Uh, it's it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's that really? quali- it's that quality. It's bad, bad, bad. But it's just so funny. I always think Johnny Russo's career is just so bizarre that he wrote some great films and directed some real shit ones, but Yeah. So um Yeah, Night of Living Dead. Might as well just read out a quick little synopsis if, as if everybody uh, probably knows exactly what it's about, but a ragtag group of Pennsylvanians, including JP barricade themselves in an old farmhouse to remain safe from a bloodthirsty flesh-eating breed of monsters who are ravaging the east coast of the United States. <laughs> that, seemed, that seems a little bit too... I don't know. It seemed like it was a little bit more contained in the Night of the Living Dead than the whole east coast. Mm, I don't think so. Because it was like on TV and everything and they were like, we're getting reports in from all over the country of the dead coming back to life and Feasting on the living. Did, did they actually say all over the country or just all yeah, over? Yeah, I, I think. Do they, they say I country? Think they do say all over the country. I think yeah. so. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, ha, I figured something out that you didn't know, you dickhead. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Well, we do know that there's there's no explanation. Mm-hmm. What we do know is that Barbara's a useless fucking character who has no purpose to be in the movie in the Dude, first place. Dude, I knew that was going to be your first thing that you <laughs> said, too. I was even going to fucking say, I was going to say that, man. Ah, uh, that's so funny. That, that's true, That's probably why Romero ended up, you know, having stronger female leads. She doesn't do anything. Road. Like, she's like the main face besides Dwayne is in this fucking movie. And she doesn't do anything. She sits there. And babbles like a retard, and then every once in a while she has a scary expression on her face in a close-up, and she doesn't do anything else. It's like she's the main protagonist besides She's Dwayne. not the protagonist, though. Yeah, but she's, she's not. Just because we're introduced to her first in, in, instead yeah. of Ben does not mean she is the protagonist. Okay, sure, yeah. but I still just think she's a pointless character. Well, she's there to to show the fear. She's there to. Um, she's like a setup. Represent she's like a setup the people who can't deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, she. I mean, she's there. Yeah, to represent that. You know, what, you what is what is Bobby's you, girlfriend there for? At least she fucking does something. 
You know what I mean? She it's does just, something at least, though. Well, I I don't think that everybody needs to do something in a movie. I mean, essentially, everyone's there for the for one reason to survive. Whether you're acting, you stronger. have different types of people. Yeah, I mean, it, you got Ben, who's a little bit stronger. You know, he's scared, but you know, he's not letting it show too much. And then you got Barbara on the flip side, who is, you know, pretty much in shock. I mean, yeah. that's that's probably she's, part of her problem. Shock. Yeah, she's in, she's shock. in but, shock. She's in comatose. She's everything but. But you uh, have to re- suited for the situation. Yeah, you have to you have to look at it like this too. Barbara might not be as useless as she appears in the film if her brother didn't die in front of her eyes. Yeah, so often you see right? people. You see people lose a loved one and they're just like completely fine in two scenes later. Like this is actually where someone loses a loved one and they're fucked up the entire movie. Because she mentions it a couple times. She's like, I lost my brother. And like she's in shock from that. And of course, she's in shock from what's going on around her, too. It's just too much to deal with. That's how people her character is a little bit true to to reality for sure. Yeah, she even is like losing it where she's like. Johnny asked me for candy, and I was like, I didn't have any candy, of Johnny. Course. You know what I mean? Of and course. she's like, I actually that's, lose it. That's the yep. part where Ben looks bored with her story, and he's like, going <laughs> to fix the house. Because like at first, he's listening to her, yeah. and she keeps going on and on. He's like, fuck this. I need to go board up the house while yeah. you ramble on. Well, it's kind of funny, too, because for like the longest time, she wasn't saying anything. And then you try mm-hmm. to engage her to say something, and then she does, and then he gets super bored with her. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I ain't got nothing to work with here. I'm going to go be useful. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. He was only in two films, and this guy was like in two of the most important black-based characters in the history of films, or the most the most influential two films to incorporate a main black character. What was the other film? Ganja and Heiss. Ganja and Hess. Ganja and Hess. Yeah. I was close. Hash? <laughs> yeah, this was, this was definitely pretty unheard of for, you know, 1968 to cast a you know a black man as a lead in your role or in your film it just didn't fucking happen but you know romero's been on record saying many times that it had nothing to do with his color he wasn't trying to make any statements that way it was yeah it was a low budget it was a low budget production and he had a lot of bad actors show up and he was the best one so you know i like that's romero that's romero looking past any of that bullshit and just casting you know it the just, best person for the job that that's like literally not racist at all you know it's like the it the, turned the, out to be one of the best decisions ever because of the ending too right yeah. because it, it uh, created a lot of controversy creates you know mm-hmm. a lot of social commentary it creates a lot of questions too like did he did he mean to have this but i mean if you have this script and if you had to cast a white guy and the same shit happens at the end of the film you know it wouldn't be as notable yeah know? I think mm-hmm. so. I think there's a lot to say there too. So it worked out for the better. I mean, besides him not copywriting this thing properly, that was definitely yeah. the downfall to this. But, but movie. that that actually worked out better too. I in, mean, in, in, there's a definite the argument run. for that. There's definitely an argument. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. Where if he did copyright this movie properly, it might not have gotten the exposure it did. Being on the, because uh, um, it's like in, the, in best, the public domain for the sure. Best yeah. public domain movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's the mm-hmm. best one. That's why everybody always shows it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why every, it's in every box set. And stuff, I was just going to say, you can't even buy You can't buy a horror box set without having Night of Living Dead in there. It's yeah. incredible. Every, yeah. every box set is built. <laughs> Night of Living Dead first. Okay, and what else? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's nice for the exposure for the films that came after. It would have been nice if he did have the copyright to it because he would have been a massive – he would have been super rich. 
Yeah, even it, if he could, even if he could have reclaimed it like years later, it would yeah. have been nice. Yeah, which you know it's interesting because if he had made a shit ton of money, you know who knows? I think Romero's career would have been a lot different too. You know, because yeah. he always had. We problems. might not have got this. We might not have got a lot of the films that we got from him. True that. We might have got better films, but we might have got worse films. We also might have. We also might have gotten his. You know his first vision for Day of the Dead. You know. Uh, yeah, you know there was that sure. movie had a lot higher budget they cut it and stuff who knows if he had the money might have just done them who knows i mean it's all it's all there's a lot of questions there but uh the history of night of the living dead is pretty interesting though mm-hmm. for sure for what it did for i mean this this is the staple movie right mm-hmm. this this is in my opinion it's you know the start of like modern horror you know this changed. it's 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 a start too of uh, going from voodoo zombies to like living dead zombies. Really, yeah, these are the zombies. Like this yeah. is what we know of zombies now, and that that's why it was our number one most influential horror yeah. film of all time. Yeah, I don't think it's, there's a movie out there that's influenced more movies than Night yeah. of the Living Dead in more ways. Not just zombies, but just in social com for you know directors even to write films with social commentary in there and stuff. Like there's a lot of things that this definitely influenced. But I mean, well, let's face it, well, man, zombies it is bigger than ever. Very. You know what I, I and I love this about George Romero too in general, especially after going through all these dead films. I've always been a big fan of his filmography. I'm even a bigger fan now. Um, and I love he really is one of those filmmakers who's like a hometown guy. Like he pulled yeah. all his friends into the filmmaking business. He was like the first guy to do that. Now it's so common. You see it with like, you know, uh Rob Zombie and and uh everybody like like adam green like everybody does it now right like they pull all their like people who were worked on their first movie yeah. with them yeah you know and romero was like the first like first filmmaker that feels like oh let's let's uh get all my film school friends together and go out into the woods and shoot a movie you know we've seen it with sam raimi later and and plenty of people after that but it seems like george was like one of the first people to actually do that you know, John Carpenter did it later too, mm-hmm. but it, it, and it's just really cool, man, because it, and this movie is obviously very personal to me being from the area. Like there is a lot of references to towns in, in the Pittsburgh area, uh, during all of these films, um, which is, it's just cool. Cause like, that's something that we have, I guess, you know, and, uh, this, this cemetery is not too far from me. Um, and obviously at the Monroeville Mall. I've never been there. I've been to the mall a few times, a um, bunch of times. But, yeah, I've never been to the, the cemetery. But hmm. uh, apparently one of my coworkers' family owned the house at one point. Um, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. You know what another interesting thing is? You know, when you're watching a movie and then you see someone watching that Living Dead on TV, like if this movie wasn't in the public domain, you would have never got any of those clips yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and all those movies. I think that's always cool, man, because I mean, we yeah. all have seen the they're coming for you, Barbara line so many times yeah. in other films mm-hmm. just being sampled and shit like that graveyard scene alone. I mean, we've seen so many clips of it, you know? And, yeah. And you know what? I, I've seen this movie so many times now. Um, but one thing that I never noticed before ever until I watched the colorized version. What? Actually. Really? Um, was one, two things actually in the, in the, you know, early scenes. Mm-hmm. One, Johnny does actually ask if they have any more candy, which I never knew that. I never knew. It's like so small of a line that I never 
noticed that that was that. I thought that was something that we, was off screen when they were driving up there or something. Yeah. You know, she references that. Hmm. And two, um, it gets. Uh, Why did the color she, version make you notice that? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just. I just noticed it. Apparently, color makes you color pay attention version. to dialogue more. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> the second thing was, you ever notice how like it seems like it gets dark really fast in the movie well it kind of makes sense when they tell you what because they mention what time it is kind of yeah and they mention that it's daylight savings time so it's gonna be like daylight late into the day and then get night really fast so they mentioned that they lost an hour of sleep johnny mentions that Uh, uh, like he's like it's bad enough i lost an hour of sleep last night uh due to the time change or something and I was like, holy shit, like this, that's pretty cool. So it was like right around now, you know, like mm. a month ago, or something that, that this takes place. Um, <clears throat> but I never noticed that before. I never knew, noticed the, the time change uh, that them, them mentioned that. And I just thought that was cool. That is interesting. That actually is pretty interesting. The, um... Yeah, because it, get, it gets dark like, psh, like that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when she gets to the house it's dark all of a sudden mm-hmm. but dude honestly have you guys ever watched the colorized version no i've never brought myself to I do. i've never watched it start to finish i've seen like scenes like on the internet I think- dude it's not bad like it kind of adds a different like experience with it how, like, how do how do the zombies look in color in that one not like um like honestly better than i thought well there's like, not really that much effects on the zombies anyways i think they're more well, just well, that's what I'm, white faces well, what color right? was their that, face that's what i'm saying because like, like sometimes white. sometimes older movies like that the black and white actually helps with like the more primitive effects you know yeah for sure yeah yeah it, yeah, it definitely hides the you know the the effects with um, how did the, how did the lone naked girl in this whole franchise look <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Like Night of the Living Dead has a scene with a naked chick and there's no nudity in, in the rest of the franchise at all. Kind Is of, there not? I don't, no. I don't there's not I don't think there's any titties, no ass in any other movie. Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead has nudity. Where? Oh, is Where? it a zombie? No, it, it's in no, there's the, like a stripper chick, but yeah, yeah, in, the, in the cage. Yep. Yeah. Do they actually show her bare tits though? Yeah, yep. I think so. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I thought maybe she was wearing a top and then, yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was cool. Like, I know that there was one other edition that I wanted to get to and see. Hmm. Um, there's an edition that has scenes that they went and shot like 20 years later, like a yeah. prequel segment. Yeah. And the weirdest thing ever is the first time I seen this movie, I seen that version. Oh, no way. Yeah, I'm almost positive because for the longest time I kept seeing this movie and I was like, I always felt like there was more at the beginning. And I think it's because of that. I think <laughs> I seen that scene, that, that version first. Because I, I didn't see this film in like in all the way through until I was like in my teens. I know that there's another cut too. I, I just recently, of course, got another copy of Night of Living Dead, but I picked up the Criterion and, and there's like a work print. Uh, version it's on just the too. intro. It's just the title card's different, and like some of the nighttime shots are different. That's it. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I, that's I didn't it. Check it out, but yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I I love the 
the first of all everything about this movie but i I love the siege narrative that it tells you know these people in this farmhouse and it is scary man like the like the zombies as they like pile up outside are are scary and the news broadcast is really scary it adds a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, attention to the scene and um the fighting between cooper and ben is really good like it is really good and and I think that you do see like this. It's almost like they're both so arrogant that they can't even compromise. And it, and it shows us a fabric of our society. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if they work together, their survival chance is much higher, Mm -hmm. but they instantly hate each other. This is also the sixties too, right? I mean, you know, I mean, Cooper most likely was racist and wasn't yeah, willing to. He most he wasn't, likely did. He wasn't, wasn't willing to work. What to do no, he wasn't going to work dude. with that guy. I mean, he's like, "Oh, this bad yeah. guy's in charge. Fuck that. I'm in charge down here. Downstairs is the best place to be." Which, I mean, in hindsight, Cooper was an idiot, man. Like, I mean, you have well, to look at it from the different perspective. I mean, like, was he though? Because that's where, where Ben goes ben and go? survives. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, see, and that's that's why I also found it pretty intriguing because. I felt Cooper was an asshole, but that doesn't mean he was necessarily wrong about everything, even though he was like a big jerk the way he went about everything. But he was still almost – I mean, I guess you could say he was proven right in the end because that's where Ben eventually had to go to uh, once he had no choice to try to survive was barricade himself in the basement. See, I think and, the the most right person was Bobby or whatever his name was. Because uh, he said we can stay up here, and then if we need to, we can always go to the basement. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. Yeah, well, that's, what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You get pushed back into the basement. That's what I mean, right? Like, Cooper yeah, but once saying, you go in the basement, you got nowhere to go. That's the thing. If you're yeah, gonna, but, but if you're gonna start with being in the basement and then they break it, you got nowhere. You got you can't do anything about it. Yeah, right. That's why I was like, Cooper's kind of a, he's looking at this wrong. Like, being on that middle floor, being on that main floor is the best option. I also think the right idea was to leave. I mean, the right idea was to leave before it became overwhelming. But that's also why I think slow moving zombies to me is better psychologically because it's. I was just going to bring that up, man. Yeah, it's the idea of like you can you can handle yourself against a few, but it's nonstop and they're never going to stop coming. And once it goes from a few to a dozen to like fifty to a hundred eventually you're going to be overwhelmed and it's that creeping death feeling that no matter what you do, it's, it's, you're not really solving the problem because it's never ending. Yeah. And it's like, I like that, like psychologically, whenever you end up in a situation where you're like surrounded by them, like psychologically, psychologically it messes with me because I'm like, I could have avoided this. Like, I, how did I get in this situation? You know what I mean? Like these, like I fucked up, you know what I mean? Like, cause you know that you can handle like certain situations with them cause they're slow. So when you get fucked, you're like really blame yourself. And it, it's like scary. Yeah. It, it just it's... takes one mistake of not paying attention or, you know, being lackadaisical. And then all of a sudden you just, yeah, you yourself. do, you do stupid. Sh- I mean, yeah, even though the zombies are moving slow, it still forces you to do things probably at a quicker rate like 
you know, filling vehicles and, you know, catching them on fire and shit. <laughs> dude, they fucked up big time. Yeah, dude. That right? explosion was insane. Right? Like, dude, that whole scene is they just They totally dropped the ball on yeah. that, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't and, they hop out of the car once it was on fire? Like, and I, I think the point's driven home, too, that, like, whether it's the 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 main floor or the basement you're really not truly ever safe in that how like ultimately it's going to be a death trap anyway because eventually there's going to be enough zombies that they're going to get in and yeah you could barricade yourself in the basement but even doing that you're counting on someone coming to rescue you because what are you gonna do stay in there you know after a few days you're gonna starve to death or whatever yeah, and, so and you really don't know anything about mm-hmm. the zombies and like would they just do, are they going to die from starvation or that, you know, you don't know that at the time, right? Yeah. Like, or are they just going to stay there forever and never leave the house? And then you're going to eventually not have any food and you're going to be too weak to escape. Or is, you know, the government actually going to get this thing under control within a day or two? You know yeah. what I mean? Is, which, which, you have yeah. no idea. Which I think is so tragic about, or so tragic at the fact that when they actually devise a plan to leave even the truck and it explodes, it's just that feeling of like, oh shit, like we're, we're really fucked now because they had the foresight at that one at that point to be like, ultimately we need to get the hell out of this house because we we can keep a certain amount of them out, but eventually they're going to break in no matter how much we barricade. There's just going to be more and more. We got to like move because you can. You can move faster than them, but if you're in an enclosed space, they're just going to converge and keep converging. So once that truck blows up and you kind of see the look on their faces, they're like, fucked. oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant, man. I mean, it was such a good idea that, you know, you can, especially what when he went on to do like Dawn and Day just from this but there was you see now that you're like there was so much to this even Mm -hmm. um because dawn and day really get the the love for the social commentary and stuff but there was so much to even this one and i just i it's it's it really is one of the greatest horror films ever made. yeah and i really think the score in this one's underrated like because dawn and day Obviously, everyone loves the score of those, which they should. But like, even when this movie first starts up, and you know the car is driving to the cemetery in the opening, I think that's really kind of spooky sounding. And just when the uh, after the truck blows up, and they show like the zombies eating people or like eating the the victims from the truck, and you just hear that kind of like is like to me that shit's scary. Like if you were just listening to that driving at night, it's pretty freaky. Uh, sounding music and uh or yeah. sc- you know score going on mm-hmm. so i i think the score of this one specifically kind of gets overlooked because of how much people love the score of the other two mm-hmm. you know every time i watch night of the living dead i always you know i always think of because it, it's not mentioned a whole lot but you know there is another element to this house which is the upstairs we do see a little bit of the upstairs and it's never really considered a place to go. Everything was, you know, stay on the stay on the, uh, the yeah. core floor, stay on the core floor, or barricade downstairs. But why is the upstairs never considered? Because theoretically, there's an escape point. Like, if yeah, yeah, you can jump off the roof. That's the thing, yeah. right? So if the zombies do break into the house and fill the house, 
somehow block off the stairs, you know, but you're upstairs. You have a way out. Unlike the basement, it's kind of a plot hole because it's never really mentioned, but it's there. And we know it's there because, you know, Ben goes upstairs and sees the bodies. Barbara and stuff. goes up there too. Yeah. Like we've explored the upstairs and it's I've always never thought mentioned. that too. I've always felt, and they go up there to throw the Maltovs out the windows yes. and stuff. So, I would. I always felt like, man, I want to hang out upstairs. But, like, just, but it honestly, feels safer if, if you were in that house and you've explored it, and, and Cooper's like, "No, oh, we got to go downstairs," I'd be like, "Upstairs is a better option, right?" There's your argument. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to go downstairs at all. Like, no, in the basement never. That, that freaks me out, dude. I'd <laughs> dude, rather. I'd be. I'd rather be, already, man. I would rather be upstairs. And, you know, if they engulf the house, I, I I can jump, dude. I can probably live. I mean, it's not that high. Right? You have well, a, you would think too because one story you, you, you have a chance. To, at a least kid. it gives you an honest Sneak chance. Out of my house. Of, it gives you an honest chance to get out of there and stuff. But I just thought it was really interesting. It's never really it's not brought up in the film. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I agree. So uh, going back to the very beginning of the film, uh, the very first zombie that we get to see is played by an actor named Bill Heinzman. Um, you know, the graveyard zombie, which, you know, in my opinion, I, I always thought that he was tight cast for the rest of his career. Well, <laughs> a, a little bit too, but no, he, he's kind of fast moving though. Like if you watch this movie, like he's ripping around, like he's r- running down that vehicle and shit. Like and his, he uses yeah. a rock to break the window. Yeah. And he's, yep. and he's also intelligent. That's the thing, right? That's good. Good point. He's a little bit intelligent because mm-hmm. zombies generally aren't picking up weapons to, you know, break windows yeah, and shit like that. Not the only one either, because the little girl uses the garden tool. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of those things where from here to dawn, things had changed. You know, they were pretty mindless. There was no intelligence. Then we go back to the intelligent thing. But um, but yeah, Bill Heinzman, who was the original uh, zombie, actually went on to direct, write and direct a film called Flesh Eater in 1988 and basically yep. plays the same character. He plays a zombie. It's the same type of thing. It's kind of, it's like a loose remake of Night of the Living Dead. A little bit different story, but essentially the exact same thing. I love Flesh Eater. It's a, it's a bad zombie film, but it's so much goddamn fun. But mm-hmm. yeah. And should we mention how awful a driver Barbara is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Dude, crashing she's that, tree? that tree. Dude. Like she has her escape plan right there. Get, yeah. the, get in the car. Like she makes it to the car <laughs> and she's going takes off the e-brake and just fucking side swipes a tree. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. So bad. Too but bad you know, she... it it was it wasn't that common. It wasn't that uncommon back then for women to never have driven dr- before, you know, period. <laughs> I don't know, really? In the 60s? <laughs> was it? I, I mean, like my my grandmother never drove or anything, you know. Actually, it's... either did mine. My grandma never didn't drive either. Just strange. There's, you know, fuck did you get around? Oh, yeah, their grandpa would drive her. Husband, you know, father. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I, no. She, regardless, though, that was terrible. <laughs> she did not. She. And, uh, you can. It. It was funny because, like, you almost like. You almost feel like. The, the filmmakers was like, okay, like we have this car, like we can do a little bit of damage to it, but yeah. we can't do that much damage to it. Okay, yeah, up. we we can all, we can <laughs> only do so much damage. We can only do so much damage that I can take it to my uncle's repair shop and he can yeah. <laughs> bust the dent out for me. Yeah, because it looks like they like 
easily wreck the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it like slides. It, it looks like it just car. slides next to the tree. <laughs> Not <laughs> quite, like actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember being a kid though, like when he starts telling the story about his uh, grandparents, like uh, when they were kids and he jumped out and would be like, you know, scared her. I, I remember like doing that as a kid in cemeteries with my cousins, like just running around like our family would be there to like visit like dead loved ones and stuff. And we'd be running around like nuts. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of nostalgic for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, um, I, I do like the progression of, you know, the, you know, the TV reports and stuff and the radio reports yeah. and the film at first they, you know, they, they classify the assailants as, you know, the un, unknown killers and, and unknown assassins and shit. And as it, as it progresses, um, you know, they, they kind of name them ghouls and shit. The word mm-hmm. zombies never mentioned in the film once. Yeah. I just right. like, I just like the fact that it's like, come back at three o'clock in the morning for the next update. Yeah. yeah. So as the movie progresses, like unknown assassins to ghouls to this and that. And then, you know, even like, it's actually one thing in this film, they, they incorporate, like they're scared of fire. They just kind of figure out that they're scared of fire. Yeah. Um, you know, which is not really explored again. I mean, at the, at the point of all the later films, the zombies don't give a shit. It's fire. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but this one, they're like, you know, physically afraid of it. So, again, a little bit of, you know, more intelligent zombies. They know that's bad for them. Yeah. For their health they're almost shit. like Neanderthal, like cavemen or something. Yeah. So, so almost like a almost like a Frankenstein. Like, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, Romero, Romero, Romero's for Night of the Living Dead specifically, you know, he's probably pulling from the stuff he watched. So mm-hmm. Frankenstein afraid of fire. So he probably I mean, I'm not saying. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but maybe that's something he pulled as an attribute of the zombies that are afraid of fire because Frankenstein was kind of a zombie, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, afraid of fire. Maybe they're afraid of fire, too, because of that. Yeah, I agree. And um, you don't really see them eat too many people. I mean, you do yeah, a little bit, but like... Yeah. Honestly, man, well, we mean, don't really get any... Too, there's not much gore going on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't really get any zombie munching action, which I think was that's kind of what not only just the mindless zombies and shit, but you know that type of action was definitely an eye opener for sixty eight. But it doesn't really happen until seventy five minutes into the movie. How long is the movie? One hundred minutes around, or ninety six, ninety seven minutes, something like that. Yeah. So in the last yeah. twenty minutes, we finally get some. But it's you know even what we do get is kind of shocking. A lot of the the violence and stuff is off screen in the film, especially when. Ben has to, you know, shoot the little girl and, you know, do what he has to do in the basement and shit. And, you know, that's not on screen. A lot of that stuff isn't on screen. So, yeah, I, I, the, um, I just love the spooky atmosphere this film has too, dude. It mm-hmm. just has like this, you know, and, and maybe it's cause so many times as a child, I seen it in other movies, like playing on this TV being spooky and, you mm-hmm. know, the, just it, it's just like the perfect movie to throw on late at night. It really is. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like the aspect of uh, not safe in your own home. I mean, I'm, it's not their home, but still the fact that you feel like, you know, once you get home at night and lock the door that you're safe. But in this movie, it kind of blows that up. Like, no, people can come and you, <laughs> those four walls and the door are not going to keep you safe from certain things. And mm-hmm. I think that's a terrifying thought to be not yeah. safe in your own home. They, they also lightly touch on 
the only explanation that any of these films have ever attempted which was something to do with space, right? Or like an asteroid or a meteor Yeah, or like something. an asteroid crashed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. None of the films ever explore why, except for this one. Mm-hmm. I think, right? None of the other ones do. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, nothing is. And isn't it just good enough? Like, aren't you just satisfied with that? Like, like okay, I, I, I prefer. Yeah, I prefer it like that actually yeah because in dawn it's that we don't know it's more of like the beginning of the apocalypse again and then day is you know straight up in a post-apocalyptic world yeah it's almost the end you know land is like deep into the post-apocalyptic world yeah there's like you know the surviving city and then yeah i think actually everything after land land well no diary is diary is kind of set at the beginning of the the stages yeah Right, yep. because yeah so it kind of goes back yeah. and forth and then survival is definitely the only the post, sequel post-apocalyptic yeah. world <laughs> it's literally the only sequel you mean the sleep wool <laughs> because yeah fuck <laughs> well we'll so, get on that later but so uh, yeah but I, I think that this one you know they don't say for sure like oh it's definitely a meteor but it's like enough of an explanation where i'm like okay i'll buy that and then also in dawn of the dead you have the potential that it's more biblical even just from because this guy's uh you know aunt talked about stuff like this or you know whatever it, it's, it's yeah when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth yeah mm-hmm. which i that is one of the it, it is one honestly one of the greatest on the dvd it's one of the greatest pieces the of name dialogue. Of mike's podcast but, i know but I, that's I literally shit after that but that's literally that's all you need though Oh, you never, so good. you never need explanation. I mean, that's good enough. It gets you thinking too. You're like, holy shit, dude, really? Like, it, mm-hmm. it fills up. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it, well, the fact that there's no true origin yeah. makes it better because then there's no true solution. Almost, you know, it's like we, mm. we can't, we can't fix it. We have to deal with it. I mean, yeah, that, you know, that's a great point. That is a good point. So, so, I mean, do you guys have much more on Night of the Living Dead? It's fucking incredible. I mean, I, I'm assuming all your listeners have seen it before, but uh, I watch it again, watch it again, and yeah. you know, pay attention to the details. Like I said, pay attention to the score. If it's not something you've really thought about before, because I really do think the score of this is strong. All right, so on this show, Mike, we do rate things. I did notice after we did uh, the Us review, you guys don't rate on that show, do you? No, we don't really rate. Mike has a beef against ratings. I don't really have a beef. It's just a, like a, it's, it's not a preference. But like, I don't abstain from it when I'm. He's on. a fe- he's a fence sitter, so he doesn't like saying something definitive. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, rating, rating is just a fun thing. It, you know, they can always change. I mean, we've we've had a million incidences on the show where you know we've reviewed a film say years ago on the show and then rewatched it and the rating went way up or way down or something you know it's just it happens all the time it's to just me. one of those things where it's like a time capsule thing man at this time i was at a seven out of ten and and at this moment in time i was at a nine it's like dude if you give night living dead a seven out of ten i'll punch you in the face i'm using yeah, I'm, these as examples man <laughs> i'm just I'm saying not, i'm not well yeah, actually I'm it happened last week rating, but it actually happened last week you know like i used to be at a nine and a half on the maniac remake and i i it dropped half a point but and i went up half a point but that's the had. thing you know sometimes they change you know and that's due to rewatching things sometimes you notice things that you didn't before for the better and sometimes you notice things for the worse you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, it is what it is. Yep, it's just a fun thing to do. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that they they hold ratings as like uh, 
they, they hold it high up. You're like, oh man, like, you know, people that take the Rotten Tomatoes shit serious, like, this one's like 96 rot or, or fresh. It's gotta be fucking amazing, you know? <laughs> See, I, I look at that shit with, oh, God, with, yeah. with very, with much hilarity. You know, it, to me, it's like, it is what it is. IMDb is the funniest shit of all time. I absolutely love when people say, well, this, I'm not watching. I've, I've seen comments even on our page before where people <laughs> Dave, have said, I'm not watching that movie because it has a 4.3 on IMDb. I've watched movies. That have had three and a half to four ratings on IMDb that I loved. I recently reviewed a movie that had an 8.2 that was complete fucking trash. So you don't know, man. You don't know until you watch the shit yourself and judge it for yourself. Rating is just a fun thing to do. You, you know, my favorite is when I see on Facebook, somebody will be like, IMDb only gave this a seven, <laughs> yeah. but Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 80 or something. And I'm like... Dude, you do realize like IMDb is yeah. like anybody can just go on there and rate it and it's an average. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not like IMDb is this person sitting behind a desk like, what should I give this one? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize that. It's an accumulation. I mean, it's funny because you, if you look at a rating and it has like 150 reviews and it's got like a, a pretty high rating, you know, sometimes you kind of go through and you're like, okay, well, that's different. But it, if a movie has like four ratings and it's all like, you know, and it's at an eight point two or something you're like okay well a lot of times that's probably people that were from the film doing these phony reviews on there and shit so or people like cool duder likes everything i get a kick out of that i've seen shit like that man i do miss the message boards oh i love the message boards man never did on imdb yeah yeah like i I was cruising never did it if if there was films that were like because like people would discuss like concepts and like film theory and all this different shit on there and i would just be like oh that's an interesting thing i never thought of uh it, it sucks they took those away i was a big fan of the message boards yeah <laughs> but anyway let's get into ratings here i being the most valuable player in this review i will rate first <laughs> why are you the most <laughs> why are you the mvp man the self-proclaimed MVP. I just I wanted to be. <laughs> ah, this fucking guy. Okay. Um, All right, go so, for it, Sholo. Uh, I'm not worried about ratings because this film is already in our Hall of Fame. Episode 51, top 10 of 1968. Oh yeah, it you is know, too. Episode totally... where Jeremy didn't have enough. I forgot films to go into his top 10 list. Yeah. Yeah, there was already that. said that joke once. <laughs> But it never gets old, though. It never gets old. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Um, so uh, I had given this film a 10 out of 10. It's no surprise that I am still at a 10 out of 10. I love this movie. It's it actually made my top 52. All right, Jeremy, you go. 9 out of 10. This fucking guy. I, I can't know, get right? past the Barbara, the Barbara thing, man. Oh, God. You came down from a 10 to a 9. Did you even watch this for the 68 show? Yeah. We, you we, actually we, only watched four movies? We couldn't, we couldn't, we didn't change your mind how, you know, it's kind of no. realistic, you know, considering the situation she was in. Why are you pushing my rating, bro? Because it's retarded. But you just said that you were still stuck on the barber thing, even though we talked about it. I know. I was just asking you for sway you. I guess it didn't. Uh, 10 out of 10. I'm also at a 10 out of 10 still. Like, um, I will throw in on that 10 out of 10 and go with the same rating. I mean, 
everything involved with this movie, its its influence, uh, its score, what what it kind of set the path for afterwards, uh, the atmosphere, the terror, the the messaging in it that you don't even really need, but it's there anyway. Uh, one of the beauties of Romero's movies is you you just you can watch them on the surface level and still love them without any of the messaging getting through. So this one set the stage for what's to come. So 10 out of 10. And still to this day, I'm about to take Jeremy out of the hall of fame and add Mike's rating on that. And it's got the, it's got one of the best endings of all time. Yeah. It really Mm -hmm. does straight up, straight up. Yeah. Not as good as devil's rejects though. No. All right. (laughs) Silence. All right. No, I said I agree. I know. Devil's Rejects. Moods didn't, though. <laughs> no, Devil's Rejects. I love that ending. It's great. We know that. We talked. To, I mean, yeah. No, we haven't. I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned how great the ending to that movie is before on the show. Yeah, we definitely. We will be talking about that ending when 3 from Hell comes out, though. I know. I'm excited for that. You say we won't be talking about we how We will be. It? Oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to admit, man, I'm pretty damn curious to see what he's going or how he's going to play off that. Oh, I hope it's not fucking bad. God, it's, it's very worrisome. It's very worrisome. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Moving along. 10 years later into the 70s, specifically 1978 with the sequel Dawn of the Dead. It didn't come out till 79 in the US, by the way. That's right. 78 was the Italian release date, I believe. Yep. Because it was, yeah, it was produced and released over there as Zombie. Yep. Oh, boy, the confusion begins even more. Well, you know, it's funny. I had this question the other day again from somebody. And I was like, yeah, Dawn of the Dead was released in Italy as just Zombie. And, of course, the Italians, what they do is they like to, you know, feed off popular films and make their own unofficial sequels. That's why Fulci's film is titled Zombie 2. It's a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. People get so damn confused with that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't want to get into the whole thing because that is kind of confusing. But, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead, Romero. Synopsis, following an ever-growing epidemic of zombies that have risen from the dead, two Philadelphia SWAT team members, a traffic reporter, and his television executive girlfriend seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, we all know Moods is ruining already. (laughs) So, oh um, man. Dawn of the Dead, man. Okay, so, little backstory. I had seen this film once when I was, probably like 2010, first time ever. Um... And then really? I had seen it again one time wow. for, I think, like 31 Days of Horror, like year one or two. So like 2012 or 13. Yeah. Only two times I've ever seen this movie. Um, I've always said that I was never a huge fan of it. I thought it was great and, yeah. and one of the best zombie films ever, but I didn't have the love for it that other people do. Um, watching it this time that's completely changed like i this is an amazing movie i i love this movie i still have two minor problems with it um but i i was really i watched it four fucking times dude and i was actually looking i actually wasn't bored like i was happy to watch it i actually started like the second watch right away because i was just like 
it just flowed better this time. I, I don't know. It was like, well, to be I, different, I man. More into the characters this time and stuff. Like the beginning scene was way I, I like took it in and felt the heaviness of it more than I had mm-hmm. the first time I seen it. And um, that's not me this time, motherfuckers. I mean the 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 cuts are, you know, pretty different, you know. So I mean, watching it that many times, people some people are like, "Man, you watch the movie like four times?" Well, I guess three different cuts. You know, yeah. I mean, there's still something to offer in all the cuts, right? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, in the Argento cut, it's he, the Argento cut is interesting because he basically cuts out all the uh, anything to do with comedy. Yeah, any tonally. Did, did he cut out stuff. the pie stuff? I can't remember. Yeah, it's like cut the out of there. I'm pretty sure. It's he, he cut off the propeller. Yeah. Death. Okay. So that. Okay, yeah. Yes. He so cut out that. Yeah. Everybody always told me that the. Um, that I might enjoy the European cut more uh, because of the lack of comedy and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, so watching it, I would, I thought that that's what was going to happen, but I feel like the European cut actually hurts the film a little bit too. It fixes some things, but then it makes other things a problem. Um, like it actually removes some character development that I think is important to the film. Um, such as um, the scene uh, where it shows like them sort of losing uh, the the uh, what's the what's the one character's name the not Flyboy uh, Roger Roger um, yeah. it shows Roger kind of going it ma- it makes the him getting bit more tolerable because it just seems to happen yeah because how he gets bit in the theatrical cuts a bit retarded to be honest. What yeah. do you, like? What do you mean? Like his well, going back like that and all. Oh that well, yeah, yeah. Ro- I mean, Roger at that point was he was on he was in a hero mode. You know, he had just mm-hmm. accomplished something. He was all fucking pumped up, and he, it is stupid to go back well, to it, your bag it, because it, because they could just got another one. Yeah, right. That's the stupid thing is that they were going well, back it, to their. It place. was also not just that too. It was like that he left his door open and almost got his leg bit at first, and mm-hmm. then after that happened, you would think he would be a little bit more careful. For sure. But I yeah. think that the film, the intention of Romero was to show that this guy is kind of losing it. Like he's just he's hundred oh, percent one exactly. track mind, and yeah. he's just like sort of reveling in it at this point and feels but they like do though man you know after they move and, those trucks, and it like... does a little bit but i i still think that it was not handled perfectly but in the european cut it's actually handled worse because you don't get any of that yeah. you don't get mm-hmm. the idea right. that he's sort of losing it yeah, um right. and then there's some other character development things i noticed that weren't in there um and in my opinion the best cut is the extended cut because um it has pretty much everything that the theatrical cut does, but I think it has even more character development. Yeah, it does have the, everything in the theatrical, I believe, just with extended scenes, and uh, that's pretty much it. And yeah, all, and actually, it, the soundtrack's a little bit different, too. They don't use... I think it's pretty much all um, library music that they use in the in that cut of the film, where in the, in the theatrical version, you do get a little bit of house library music, but then you get the Goblin soundtrack, too. Um, and, and, and actually, and that's a different European cut. There's way more goblin. It's all goblin. They didn't use any. Yeah. They didn't yeah. use any library music. So it definitely changes the sound. And I love that about the that sound or that cut of the film. Even though mm-hmm. it's definitely not my, it's my least favorite cut. Of, I love the music is way better because in the original Dawn of the Dead, that's always been my biggest complaint. Some of the library music that's used in it is, um, it's so library. You know, it's like really noticeable. 
and yeah. and that's the thing with the extended cut is that it's all library music so it does change it changes scenes for me you know completely so yeah it, it's definitely a tonally tonal thing well the opening scene man when you get the go- when you get the goblin music and stuff and and that's the thing about dawn of the dead that i love and at this point in george a romero's career he had developed this editing style because he would edit his own films too which i love that about a director that has this vision because you know a lot of you know films are edited by other people right and that editing is essentially what makes a movie right yeah. you, if you change around the editing in a film it's a completely different movie but you know romero directed these films and also edited them too so he knew exactly what he was doing but that's one thing about dawn of the dead i just can never get over is how realistic his editing is it feels like it's a documentary at first without being a documentary that's amazing mm-hmm. that's amazing to capture that and nobody has done it since in this type of aspect I think that one of the things that I love so much about this one is at the beginning of the film, it just feels like everything's popping off and it, yeah. it and it gives me anxiety. I'm just like, nobody really knows what they're doing. Like nobody really has a, a solid plan. Like everybody's like, this group's going over here. This group's going over here. They're mm-hmm. trying to maintain a little bit of order or something order but at the same time like everybody's sort of abandoning post and you know some people are leaving the television station and other people are leaving the SWAT team thing it's the perfect setting to open up the helicopter it it feels like an accurate depiction of what would happen like the morning after this shit hit because all the news all the news agencies you know they want to Get out their reports, and then you have yeah. Like, but the it guys seemed like debating. this was a little bit after because it seemed like those guys on the news station had a little bit more information than. I think it was like you know the first couple days. I yeah, mean. it could be a few days. To me, it, to me, have... it feels like the next day, right? I mean, yeah, the, or the, even the, the next like, day. Like it, it could be. It could be. I always thought it was the very next day because I mean, people are still trying to figure out things and stuff, and you know, I mean, that's the way media works, though, man. Like a breaking story like they're going to be on there right away that's why you got those guys discussing and they're they're having the debates over what to do about these zombies and shit and they want that out there and it seems so early because we we do get we do get um the information that you know they basically go off air you know you know a couple days later so this that's why it's so early in it maybe like a day into it before everything went real fucking Mm -hmm. apocalyptic so yeah and and you have like the news but then you also have the guys having like the philosophical debate yeah because they're like well what the hell are these exactly um and then i i think it's also great because you have the people behind the cameras that are like well how the hell long are we going to stand here and film this before we need to get our asses out of here exactly and like try to find some safety you know it captures it so. so well and i love the beginning of the film one of the first people you see in the film is actually romero himself you know working mm-hmm. working the uh working the desk working the switches and shit like that and it just put a cigarette in his hand is always oh yeah, yeah. W- yeah. the way it's edited though it's so fast paced and everyone's just there's so much commotion it, it's, shit. it's just it's amazing fr- it's, it's frantic it's yeah. frantic yeah, it's and it's super it's frantic chaos. everybody's walking around there's all this background noise and stuff uh-huh. and you're just like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing they're yeah. just like they don't and, know yet. And the beauty the beauty of it as a viewer uh, of watching is because you have what limited knowledge you have from Night of the Living Dead. So you know yeah. that the zombies are out there. But then, you know, y- you're watching the opening of Dawn like, okay, maybe there's going to be some semblance of, you know, some control over it or something's going on. And they do, they do the exact opposite and say, really, we don't know what the fuck's going on. But mm-hmm. We're going to try – to put out the info we know, but even it comes off so disoriented yeah. that it 
is scary and because you you relate that to real life if some like epidemic hit and you that was what was coming across the news you would be like scared of watching on your tv like what the hell is going on and how do i how do i prevent myself from being in danger he doesn't overblow yeah. it either though because i mean in a situation like that where you know something's wrong completely wrong there's probably no going back from this kind of thing and and the way he depicts all the characters and they kind of do the right thing you know i mean they're still panicking but their motive is to get the fuck out of there. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, you get the sense that it's still so early on in it because you have the one guy. Yeah. Um, kind of arguing because the one guy's like, no dude, these are zombies. They're dead. You, you, you gotta take them out, shoot them. And then there's a guy are kind of arguing with him. Like, well, we don't really know. And what do you tell? And it's like, damn. Yeah. He's, he's talking about saving them. Right. Exactly. So that gives you the sense of like, it's it's still early on in this. They don't exactly know what's going on, but e- either way, nobody truly knows exactly what they're talking about yet. They're just based going based off of the limited info and intel that they've been told, and I think that's what really helps set the atmosphere yeah. of the movie right there. Yeah, and you have to have that contrast too, right? You know, somebody mm-hmm. saying, you know, let's let's fucking kill him right away. I mean, that's. You know, that that's one half of the spectrum. People are going to react like that. Like, these fucking things are dead. They're killing people. Let's kill them. And then you have the sense of reason on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. It's like, hey, dude, and- dude, we not we know we might not know. Uh, we don't really know anything about them. We could actually probably save these people. Like, that's a great contrast. And I love the way it's edited into it. It never shows, you know, full conversation. It's kind of in the background. It's here and there. But you're getting all of it. It's yep. coming and through I so think, crystal clear. I think that's what sets up the next kind of setting so well the uh when they go to like the projects basically and the SWAT teams there yeah yeah and 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 you see how you know the SWAT team is there well they're there to take out also like the gang I guess but yeah there's also all these zombies like tell your kid to shut the fuck up zombies being hoarded and uh there's people that don't want to kill them and it, it's it's directly relating to the kind of the debate that was going on at the beginning of the movie where a lot of people don't know exactly what's going on they might just think they're sick it actually comes or, back to a know. lot of well it comes back to a lot of religion too like you know a lot of black folk they got some religion right and they're like man we can probably save these people that's why they were kind of hoarding them up and maybe they get a word or something like that that's hey we've got a cure for this shit well we've got a fucking room full of these uh infected people so save them that mm-hmm. one dude is so like aggressively racist. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, he's guy. dropping hard R's on the N word, yeah. man. Like it's, it, it, I I never understood why that was written in there like that. I mean, I understand that they're at this project and stuff, but it's not really needed to have that type of racist character. Considering, well, I, I I think it, I think that the theme of the movie, you know, and you see it with the 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 rednecks like party and hunting the yeah. zombies. It's to show that like we're divided. You know what I mean? we're not in unity like there's you know some I mean, people are going to look at it like it. that if you look at it like that i mean i mean the the overbearing social commentary in the film is it's not necessarily about that it's definitely depicted in the film but i mean it's obviously about the 70s and and the obvious consumerism right i mean that's the that the whole mall thing and stuff so i mean this is a minor I, part for sure we're always kind of divided in that sense i mean no matter how you look at it it's just it's just the way it is you know the language it is pretty rough to hear though you yeah. know dropping hard yeah. R's like that it's pretty brutal man it's it's, it's depicted over well. the top yeah it is over the top and shit you know and it's it's i'm 
happy it's not like from a main main character kind of thing it's just kind of brutal man but i do love that whole scene though i love the whole scene in the projects like there's so much blood and gore and like when they when that dude's head explodes and they shoot that guy in the head like there's some fucking good effects man like really fast-paced type shit and yeah awesome scenes man really good stuff yeah and then when when the one zombie comes out of the apartment, she, I can't remember his name. Was she's like Marvin, Marvin, and then he just takes a bite up her neck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I think there was a scene in the extended cut that is cut short in the helicopter where Ken Foray and the girl were talking or something like that. Well, there's a confrontation with like a gang up there, right? That's only in the extended cut, and isn't it the I swear it's uh, isn't it like Joe Pilato and the gang or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's they they are trying to like hold him up or oh, something. Oh, on the on the docks, yeah, yeah. yeah I but, think like but I was talking th- about also there was a there was something. Yeah, that's not in the theatrical. There was cut. some other like character backstory stuff that was in the. Oh, I think it was um, Ken Forey's brother or something like that. He starts talking about his uh, brother. Mm. Um and his yeah, brother, I think brother she, or his brother, but well, that's what she said, <laughs> like and or something. I forget what it is, but it, it added something when I was watching it. I remember that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that scene with the um, it's like slimmed down like to the end point in the 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 um, theatrical cut. Yeah, so you don't see you don't see the like standoff type thing. Yeah, in the theatrical cut, man, I actually like that scene when they all load him the in the helicopter and the dude's on the dock and he's like, yo, man, he's like, yo, you got a cigarette? You got a smoke? You got a smoke? And everyone's like, no, nah, man, we don't smoke. We don't got no smoke <laughs> and shit. Out of smoke. And everybody uh, fucking lights up in the next scene. And it's just, it's yeah. like this kind of subtle moment <laughs> yeah. of comedy, but it's, again, you know, it's like consumers, well, it everybody has all this shit. Man. again, <laughs> that everybody's out for themselves it shows that we're divided again, yeah. which I, I, I like. And um, one, one thing that I noticed about these films is like that character says, um, you know, we're going to get on a boat. They're getting on a plane or a, a helicopter. And they're like, you know, we're going to find an island. And he's like, what island? He's like, any island. Yeah. Um, but then what do we see? Like four films later is George Romero made a, film on an island why do you think they're connected no no i'm just saying that he explores themes that he came up with years earlier like he does that a lot in these in this entire series where even like with the um the the bub stuff on into land of the dead on it further furthers that and um, there was a couple other that things connection that... makes perfect sense though because land is like directly well I mean in the the filmography timeline it's after so it does it does make yeah, sense yeah well that... it has to be because you see Tom Stefani's of course of course so right so to... yeah it makes sense that you know they would keep that intelligent thing going in land of the yeah. dead or else why would you even put the Tom Stefani zombie in yeah there, right so I mean there's small aspects of it I mean without those I mean there's really no connection so. Yeah, yeah, but I, I I think that it's just interesting that um, he he plants these seeds in in some of his earlier films and explores For sure. them narratively lit, like later on, like even with um, Day of the Dead, a lot of the stuff that ended up in Land of the Dead was originally written for Day of the Dead. 
like the That's the right. theme of yeah. the theme of um like a hierarchy and like classism mm-hmm. um was was like the second half of Land of the Dead or second well, half of Day. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the whole, but it's still in Day of the Dead though. It, it's well, it's not necessarily classism that's in Day of the Dead. It's not classism mm-hmm. in Day of the Dead. It's you know, I mean, Day of the Dead was it's like power. Control. Yeah, it's, it's like military and exactly it's it has a lot mm-hmm. to do with like the cold war and i mean look at the time it was done in yeah, like 85 yeah. i mean that's pretty much why he did the film was just to show that you know mm-hmm. this is this is what controls i so. remember um listening into the commentary on dawn of the dead and, and there wasn't a whole lot that i took away from it um one it was funny because they definitely recorded it before the remake came out but when the remake craze was starting because it probably was like right before because they're like they kept saying like how could you remake this movie like how would they be able to remake this oh, movie really? they kept like, <laughs> mentioning that That's and crazy. and uh, they kept saying remake you know and um, they said that you know that basically George like knew a guy who owned that mall or something whoa Mike what, what? are you doing is that you not me uh, no I was muted oh um but anyway the um he knew a guy that owned the mall and like that's where he got he's like just like there and he was like that's where he got the idea for it um and you know because dude like this movie was filmed on the super cheap considering what they got away with um anywhere favors anywhere from like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget to 1.5 to five hundred thousand i've heard Mm. um could you imagine making this for like under a million dollars? You know what I mean? Like it's just insane. Yeah, but that's 1975 8 million dollars still. 70 just seems insane. Yeah. Plus plus they had, I mean, Christ, dude, I mean they were filming in a mall and the, you know, the graveyard on the shift. off hours. Yeah, like yeah. between, you know, 8 at night and whatever. So they would have to film all, set up all the shit, film it and then clean up cuz they would fucking make a mess in there after and shit like Jesus. What a process that is, man! Crazy. Yeah. One million dollars in nineteen seventy-eight equals. I always, I always wondered how long it took them to clean up the uh, the tire marks inside the Four million the bucks. Because if you if you watch the scenes where the cars rip around in there, it's leaving tire marks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been a fucking pain to clean up, man. Shitty. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this movie's so big. It, it is a long one, and it's a lot of the film you're spending just with these characters in the mall. It. It almost like you almost wish that you got to do that, right? Like just be in a mall. Exactly, man. Like they, exactly. they, they the, the, possibilities. the way their room transitions from like just a bunch of boxes to like super nice. They got a dartboard and all this different stuff in there. They're having dinner and shit. Um, it's just kind of cool, you know. And, and, and it's like they're reverting back to what they they're trying to capture their lives like they used to be as much as possible yeah i like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. but using it oh, in, yeah. a, in a very satire way it's like you know but, their, yeah their lives it's, using, it's around, using stuff it, it revolved yeah. around buying shit and consuming shit so they were all attracted to the mall <laughs> mm-hmm. i love that idea it's great it's awesome yeah it's it's using stuff to kind of mask what's going on outside your doors yeah, yeah. and they they had it pretty good in there man i mean like it's a little unrealistic that nobody would be alive in there. I feel like a lot of people would have went to the mall. Um, but well, they you touch know. on it. They touch on it because they're like, 
you know, it's it was so far out of the way. I think people, I think they imply that, you know, people were just didn't go that far out of their way to get there. Right. Because yeah. it was kind of in the middle. It was supposed to be a little bit in the no, in middle of nowhere, which is which is odd for a mall because they're generally closer yeah. to more of a population. Yeah. But in this instance, <laughs> it, they be. do allude to the fact that it was a little further out. And they even say it. They're like, yeah, this is like a perfect spot because there's like nobody around. Yeah. Right? So kind of made sense. Yeah, and um, I like I like their, you know, the mall's cool. The uh, I, I love seeing the zombies all <laughs> climb yeah. up the escalator, falling off the edge. And yeah, yeah. The dummies, um, fucking. And, There's uh, dummies. I think they did a good job of like concept wise, like you know, making it as safe as possible. You know, getting rid of all the zombies they can you know chaining up the doors parking the you know but the the trucks in front of them and stuff like that they even one of the cool things was uh um the uh wall that they build which is hide where they are it's extended in the uh, extended version too right don't they they show a little bit more of that or building of the wall and stuff in the extended version in the uh theatrical it's just you know they have the idea and then they it's kind of done yeah, God, but Zombie Gandhi finds him. But so, I mean, it's it is a smart thing to do. I mean, I th- I think honestly, the biggest mistake that that they made inside the mall was starting the war with uh, with the bikers because there is a line of dialogue in the film and like I, th- I think it's Ken. I think it's Ken for you says it. Yeah, it is. He's um, Peter's like they're not here for us. They're here for yeah. their stuff. So by enabling and starting a war with them just kind of created a whole fucking well it was the end of their their shit yeah but wasn't he losing his mind a bit too peter no no no, not until after here's the thing thing. that's what they actually handle flyboy's character extremely well because early on he is incapable of protecting his wife Mm -hmm. um he's incapable of like you have um ken forey and um roger they're like these military dudes they're like picking zombies heads off yeah fucking flyboy has a revolver and misses like six shots on a one-on-one combat with a zombie he almost kills ken Forey. so you can see that he has this need to be uh, a hero almost or like to it's a survival control yeah yeah and you can see that it's like he's uh, it's like almost like a masculinity thing where he doesn't feel sufficient enough so i think that's why he takes the lead there because he's like this is my time to shine type thing subconsciously and that's why he takes on the, the oh, for sure. gang and stuff like that 100 i thought that was i never noticed that before but i paid attention to it this time after like the third watch of like his character specifically because i'm like who what does everybody's character represent like who is each person and that's something that the whole early portions of the film is him making mistakes and not able to yeah, like handle course. his own. Like he has to have, um, like he's about to shoot and, um, Ken Forey's like, don't do that, man. Cause it's going to bring everybody up here or something. They'll follow you right yeah. back up. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, except for fly the helicopter, which is his main job. Even it shows him trying to get a hold of Roger when the zombie is, coming at him and he's useless he's useless the entire film other than his flying and that's why i feel like he need, he felt like he needed to prove himself by the end of the film um and that's why it makes sense for his character to do that um but i hate 
the, the thing scenes that, where they come in and fucking it's so cheesy and stupid, dude. Yeah, you can't stink. Like, dude, why is that? Like the pieing of the zombies and the blood pressure test thing is just, <laughs> you know, man. So the, dumb. The, the, the actually that scene is so funny to me because I don't know why they ever thought that was going to be a good idea to put in. Um, a dude sitting down to a blood pressure machine while there's literally like 30 zombies around him. He's trying to test his blood pressure. Of course, you, you know, the obvious happens. It gets torn <laughs> apart, but then it, it it fucking clips back to it and his arm is in the fucking blood pressure thing and then, and then the, the sensor thing goes off or the alarm thing goes yeah. off by blood pressure. And you're just like, what the fuck? But why was he sitting down in the first place, man? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I assume they're depicting them as like, you know, an out of armed biker yeah. gang that are just out of their fucking minds yeah. and they're clowning around and they fucking pay the price. Well, pretty I much just can't buy it, man. I but cannot pretty, buy that somebody but he goes much. to sit down in it and his boy's like, no, dude, what are you doing, man? You're going to check your blood pressure now. And like later when it's even way worse and there's zombies all around him, he decides to sit down again. I'm just like that, that you can't have a total disregard <laughs> well, almost every scene with the bikers is like ridiculous because then you got this yeah. one biker he's fucking running this big fat guy running out of there with a with a tv and he's like what are you gonna watch on that man he's like i don't know man he's like fuck it <laughs> really a tv man uh, again so they I think, take like jewelry and shit. i mean I that's know. playing into the satire of consumerism too i mean these guys are obviously just looting but you know they're taking so shit and just like oh, i need that shit so so i i guess I'd pose a question. Do you think uh, that uh, Flyboy and and the other guys should have like answered the radio calls and try to work out a deal, or do you think they did the smart thing by not saying shit? Because I think they I, did the smart thing by not saying shit, but I, I think, think it's they, safer. Yeah, because the only think... problem is the like the the big deal to me is not that the biker games came to loot. The big deal to me is that they cut the brakes on the trucks and like basically made it so zombies could get in because the only thing i'm thinking that was going to happen anyway though because the bikers just didn't care like they're only going to be there for a second why do they also i'm saying what if they worked out a what if they worked out a deal they'll say well what do you want well we'll meet you at like the loading dock and give you supplies if you're going to be on your way because it looks like they were only there to fuck around because they didn't want to leave they just didn't want to be known that they were there because i mean that's why I mean otherwise why would they have sealed up that sh- I mean it wasn't just for the zombies it was for everybody not to yeah. know that they were there so I, I guess Flyboy fucked it all up when he's like it's ours and started shooting them for yeah. no fucking See, reason yeah, I, I still I, think I it's a little that, bit but... out of character I understand JP's point of view that Flyboy wanted to be you know a little bit more of a hero I mean he was more comfortable with the, the situation that he was in and you know shooting guns and stuff and you know over the few days or whatever they had been there and stuff. I understand that he's trying to play the hero and shit but at the end not of the, only that, he just makes bad decisions well, throughout at, the entire movie. At the end of the he's just he, well, not the thing, smart. Yeah, yeah, I know. He bugs me. He, it, that does bug me because essentially this group of four people made decisions together, mm-hmm. right? They essentially did made decisions together. They would go and do things. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna sit here. They, they didn't just go and do random things like that. And it, to me, it always felt a little bit out of his character. You you know, just to go and randomly do that. I mean, you're, you're, you're not only like risking Flyboy your own life at that time. Decisions, though. He was just that guy that was like there for, you know, other it people. Was, it was definitely them. Peter and Roger that made all, because they were, yeah. they were the muscle. They were the They military. were capable. They were capable. It made sense, right? So, I mean, as long as two people are, you know, kind of holding it down for, but I mean, 
you know, Flyboy at that moment, he really, he doesn't just risk his own life, he risks everyone else's life and his wife and his fucking unborn child and shit. You know, like, it's, well, a, it's, a, it's a bad decision to make considering Peter is pretty fucking level-headed still at this time. But, I mean, essentially after all this shit goes down, that's when he starts to kind of lose his shit too. And, and also seeing what happens to Roger. You know, that, that plays yeah. a big part in it, too, because him and Roger were, you know, you could tell they were super tight. They they had the same mentality. They had the same life. This is what they did. You know, they protected and shit. And, and seeing Roger go down, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a big fucking, it's a big psychological step down for him. And, you know, I get it. And, you know, and leading up to Peter, you know, at the end of the film with having to change a change of heart. I mean, that really shows what type of character he really was. Right. He wasn't going to go down just fucking, you know, just standing there. And you know, I think even Frant Frant I think oh, I was gonna say I even think Francine is a stronger character than Flyboy because she stepped up kinda and imposed her will and Yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um Flyboy is the weak is a weak human mm-hmm. is what I took away from this film. Um but yeah, Francine is, you know, I wanna learn how to fly the helicopter. I wanna be part of these decisions. Like I wanna you know, do this stuff. And you know, what was funny is like, I feel like whenever they're like, you know, I'm pregnant or whatever. And he's like, I'm saying, do you want to abort it? (laughs) There's still time. And I know how I'm like, what the, I was like, how do you know how bro? (laughs) And why do you know how? (laughs) (laughs) Like Ken Ford just knows everything. man. I think that was a brilliant thing that they brought into the, into the mix um, was, you know, having her mention that hey guys like if something happens to flyboy uh if somebody needs to know how to fly this shit and she took it upon herself that's a fucking strong ass character right there mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, 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 and and that's what i'm saying you know it's a step up from barbara kind of thing like she you know she's obviously playing a scared part here but she's nothing like barbara she never backs away from anything really yeah like, she's just playing her well, part and, and, scared. It's and the natural. fact that the fact that she got pissed because she overheard that conversation she's like why the fuck am i not a part of that decision making because he basically just asked steven or flyboy like what's your opinion on it and he didn't he didn't even think to be like well i don't know i would have to discuss it with her he's just like uh i don't know the (laughs) irony is though the irony is with her learning how to fly and stuff was essentially the reason why their 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 hideout got exposed you know because Mm -hmm. the fucking you know they they end up seeing that shit and they see where it lands and stuff i'm like oh we know where the fuck they are now yeah. yeah, but at the end of the, um, I mean, it's you know, I mean, the whole shit could have went down differently. After they were that probably anyway. scoping out that mall to begin with, though. But I think learning how to fly that uh, helicopter was probably worth your time. Yeah, well, yeah, save their lives. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, it's probably oh, the better option. Yeah. Two of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, another thing, and I know that people, and we'll get into this with Day of the Dead, but I know people have problems with the the Day of the Dead and and what they do with the zombies and that, but. Um, it's set up in this film. Um, they talk about, you know, why are they doing this? And it's like, that's, you know, it's a theory that like, well, that's what they used to do. You know what I mean? They're just walking, they're shopping, you know, that it's what they, their past life. But also I think that, um, one other thing that I've noticed while watching it this time is after Flyboy turns, um, first of all, the reveal when he comes in, they see the gun and they see him come in and then he's a zombie like that is so good yeah there yeah um but also i think he finds the way there because he remembers 
where to go. I always always chalked it up because they don't really, you know, explore it that much, I guess, in that sense, if you want to look at it like that, maybe they do. But I always just thought that, you know, it's just it's just a simple fact of it has nothing to do with intelligence. It's more of just instinct, because for the short time that they've been living in this place, this is all he knew was upstairs. Right. No, no, no. That's what that's what I mean. Like, I don't necessarily mean it's intelligent. Like he's like, oh, I'm going to go up here and get them. Oh, it's you're like, giving the idea of he, it. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. like subconscious. Like, of, of you know, course. That's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, when, when the when the elevator opens up there and all this, you know, the or the zombies backs to you and the fucking doors open up there and they realize he's a zombie and it kind of turns. Around, like, <laughs> fuck, they're like, oh, fuck. Great scene. Man. We thought we thought we had lunch. Yeah. And that's cool, man. You know, and I, I love the look of him, too. As he's, oh, as yeah. He's and I love up. Roger when he turns too, man. Yeah. Like, it's actually sad when he's like, after they like clean up the mall and he's like, we got him, man. Then we get him, didn't we? That's what he's makes like, it. Yeah, Roger, we got him. For, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, For he's going to die. Yeah, yeah, it's sad because you know the inevitable is coming yeah. with him. That, that's what's so scary about zombie films is when someone does get bit that you know, the inevitability that they're going to turn. It's It's so sad. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that's terminally ill. Mm-hmm. It's just messed up. And I like the way it was well, done in these older films, too, with getting bit and shit. And it, people didn't turn within, like, two minutes of film time. You know, it was like it was yeah. over time, right? And that's one thing about zombie films. That's It, it, it always varies, right? It varies yeah. from everything you watch. Is like but the it time makes you get sense, bit. though, right? Yeah. Because if you think about it, if it, it, it has to be viral in some way. It's an but infection. that doesn't kill them, isn't it? That's, if you die, you get turned into a zombie. Well, yeah, doesn't I think, the bike just speed I think up the process? It does. But, but, but yeah, so. Well, the people, bike becomes infected and the infection leads to death. Yeah, I think yeah. what they always yeah. impose, you know, with things like this is that, you know, essentially, you know, I think everyone is infected with it, right? So when they die, they come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but yeah, because. But it but, doesn't um, affect you when you're living. It's just you have to, you physically have to die. Right. Yeah. So, so it's but you think about it and it's like, well, think of any type of disease or anything. It affects different people in different speeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense why some people would turn rather quickly and other people, it might take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as overarching themes, as far as, you know, how it's sad that when people turn i think part of the 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 romero style of zombie films which you know is later adopted by many people but it's the fact that um you're really only out there trying to survive as long as you can but the it, it, it's always feels like the inevitable is right around the corner it's like you no matter how safe you feel one moment the inevitable is coming Tell your kid to shut the fuck up. God damn. Fucking Jeremy got to make a big fucking deal out of it. Yeah, Um, come on. Yeah, all right. I'll say exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him Uncle Jeremy Jeremy says Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I did want to touch on, on, you know, the one thing that I always hear people talk about, uh, Dawn of the Dead, in a negative way is, you know, is the look of the zombies. You know, like, you know. I've never really had a problem with it. The, you know, the color of the, of the zombies and the blue, the blue look and stuff, because 
there is certain zombies because you know when they actually have a real fucked up one, they actually put like you know real effects and stuff on them. They, it makes it stick out so much better. You know when you're watching. I have more of a problem with the color of the blood than I do the color of the zombies. Yeah, that, that's typical stuff. Yeah, it does look like paint and stuff, but. I like the I like how everyone is kind of you know got this kind of blue tinge to them like they just died kind of thing blah blah blah. But then when you get there is a few zombies in the film that have like the full makeup. They're all those ones really fucking stick out to me. You know when you're watching some zombie films and every zombie is just like done up to the max. Nothing sticks out. Nothing sticks mm-hmm. out to me. It, to me, this just seems a little bit more realistic because you know if these people have just died in rows, they're not going to be fully rotten and shit. You know, they're not going to be fucking completely falling apart and stuff. You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, uh-huh. if, if they've been underground for, you know, copious amounts of time, you know, it makes more sense that they're going to be all rotten and should, like, return to living yeah, dead style. Yeah, and have, like, shit. bad worm placement and stuff. And bad worm placement, <laughs> exactly. You're going to get that type of looking zombie, like, you know, faulty zombie and shit. But you get the impression that these people have just died. Yeah. Right? So, hence that, that kind of death look. I mean, we've seen freshly dead people before. I mean... You know, they don't look all fucking rotten already and shit. So I've never really had a problem with it at all. So. Yeah, I like it. I like the cold blue look. Yeah, it's cool. And I mean, it's just part of the evolution of effects. You know, I mean, for sure, it's it's where it's where they were at the time. And I mean, it's, of course, when, when you look at when you watch when you get into the later films, of course, comparatively, you're like, well, it got so much better. But at the time, but this is also I mean, a budget constraint, too. I wouldn't say that would survival. <laughs> well, this is also a budget constraint, uh, yeah. too. Like, true, true. I mean, <laughs> Romero wanted a lot of zombies in the film. And I mean, to put in those man hours to actually do up everybody, the the idea was to just do that. Right, which actually, in hindsight, actually makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, going back to what I just said. So, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it, man. The screwdriver kill that Tom, that um, you know, Tom Savini talks about a lot yeah. in the J.C. Penny, um, that actually was shot later. Um, they needed to fix a continuity error. Yeah, because I always wondered why that zo- like they're in there and it's like that zombie never shows it like it's just hiding the entire time uh but it makes sense because it was an afterthought um so uh, f- uh roger grabs a jacket off of a rack and then in another like in a later scene he doesn't have it anymore and if you look at that screwdriver kill um the zombie roger takes this jacket off because the zombie has it clenched in his hand or something so that gets rid of the jacket that was the whole purpose of that kill yep it was a continuity error which i thought i just thought was funny um i love the early stuff in this film too i think i remember that from the documentary i think they talk about that or some shit the helicopter chop off head thing (laughs) such a great kill It, it looks cool man it looks awesome yeah. All right. Um, you guys have anything else on this one? Nope. Uh, the score is amazing. E- either way, I mean, the, the stock music is what it is, but <laughs> I, I think it fits in certain spots. And then, of course, like the goblin stuff. If you're watching that cut, is amazing as well. Obviously, some of the the library music fits, you know, inside the shopping mall because that's what you hear elevator music, right? You know, yeah. that, that type of shit totally fits. But there is a couple other scenes where I'm like, man, it could have really benefited from a little bit more of the Goblin soundtrack. But at least we get that in this and, like, the extended cut. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. And uh, I would say, you know, the ending when they take off in the helicopter just makes you wish like you could see kind of where they're those characters right? story you continues the dead too. and like i don't know how much you guys are familiar with like robert kirkman uh, who created uh walking dead he he basically said he created walking dead because watching romero films uh you know he was a big fan but when they would fly off into the helicopter at the end of the movie he always wanted to know like well what happens after that, so he created like kind of a long term version of like a Romero movie into mm. the walking or at least the original comic. And then, you know, it ended up becoming a TV show. But as far as why he created the comic in the first place is yeah. because he was like, I always wanted to know what happened to these characters after they kind of flew off into the sunset. When I was when I was younger, I always used to uh, I don't know why I used to draw this connection. I mean, I guess there is some similarities that could kind of be connected. But, you know, at the end of the Dawn of the Dead. Um, you know, we get uh, Francine and, of course, Peter, <clears throat> you know, flying away. And then the beginning of Day of the Dead has, of course, uh, was it Sarah? And uh-huh. there's the white chick and the black guy in the helicopter. And when I was younger, yep. I always used to draw this connection that I'm like, okay, well, they didn't use the same actors, but is this connected? Are they supposed to be these people or not? You know, I never really thought too heavy about it, but... It is kind of, I mean, maybe it's coincidental, you know, I don't know. I don't know. The first time I, first time I saw day of the dead as a kid, I thought that too. I was like, is that supposed to be them? (laughs) I remember because I'd seen these movies so many times separately. And then I remember it was a lot of years ago. I watched them back to back one time and I was like, oh shit. I never really thought of that until, you know, it's right in front of you. White chick and black guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is kind of, yeah, they totally have completely different careers and stuff though for sure but this is also way this is we don't know how further in time this is also of course yeah their their professions is kind of the deal breaker a little bit but then again this is like way in like i mean dawn of the dead is happening first couple days this apocalypse this is happening day of the dead takes place obviously way in the future the female knew how to fly the black dude didn't vice versa in this one (laughs) yeah for sure but but you you do see the you know the kind of connection there even though I know yeah. it's not connected. I like to think at the end of Dawn of the Dead, um, what's her face like thought she knew how to fly, but really didn't understand everything and pretty much crashed and they both died. <laughs> oh, she's no, and that it and that it was really Peter's baby all along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't know each other yet, <clears throat> or maybe they um, did. Maybe they did. Um, yeah. All right, so <laughs> let, let's get into ratings with Dawn here. Jeremy. Uh, nine and a half. Wow, high rating the night. Crazy. <clears throat> uh, ten out of ten for me, man. The things like. that I don't care about, <laughs> that I don't care about, the things that I, you know, that I can nitpick on aren't really that a big deal to me. The comic stuff, man, or the comedic stuff to me is, it is what it is, man. It's uh, It's Romero's i hate it it's what he does i mean i mean really the whole movie is a fucking technically you know it's kind of a satire on on consumerism anyways so i mean he doesn't have to put the overbearing comedic stuff in there but to me i mean really dude the fucking pie scene lasts 12 seconds not even it's like two zombies get pie tone of it it ruins the movie it doesn't ruin the movie it just it it makes me mad that because it it was that's the only blemish for this for me, really. See, I think the scene would have worked better if they actually had to use the Goblin score in that and made it a little bit harder. But they actually play like clown music at that time. 
Those pies would not even look like that after months. But we don't really know how long they were in there for. That's the other thing. Maybe they, maybe they were the would, demo. They, they were they, the demo pies. They had they had power. They, I mean, they were refrigerated. Who knows? I mean, you're probably right. They probably weren't going to be that fluffy. Maybe a little crunchy on top. You know. <laughs> I think moldy. I don't even think they were refrigerated. I think they're just sitting out. No, I think they pull them out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah, they pull them off a tray inside a fridge. Anyway, Mike, what is your rating? Um, I'm also ten out of ten. I mean, the few little nitpicks in here aren't really enough to detract from everything else I get out of the movie. It's one of my all time, if not my favorite zombie movie of all times. So yeah, it's a ten out of ten. All right. Um, I do have a little bit of issue with the um. I can accept the pie thing more so than I can accept the blood pressure thing. I really hate that. Um, I would like to combine multiple cuts and make... Jeremy, what the fuck? I can't control it. I seriously can't. Mute your mic! I have to move. The mute your mic. You could control it by muting your mic. Your mic is literally like three, four inches away from you. How can you... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's what makes our um, show so much fun. Yeah. Uh, where was I? <laughs> I'm keeping that in, by the way. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I think that um, Jesus, that yeah, the blood pressure thing, that 100% don't like. Uh, I wish I could make my own cut of this film, similar to like Rob Zombie's Halloween, where I mashed two cuts, two or three cuts together to kind of get like rid of the stuff I don't like and keep the stuff that they got rid of that i do like um but at the end of the day man this is such a good movie and i truly understood the love and appreciation for watching it these times and it's it's it definitely hit me better than it ever has and and i loved it man it was so fun watching it over and over again honestly uh so i'm coming in at 10 as well wow that i was not expecting Hundred percent, man. I, I mean, I, I thought for sure your, you know, the minor comedic blemishes in the film were going to affect it. Crazy. Awesome. Hall of Famer, bro. Hall of Famer, yeah. Yeah, and With you know, a- I, I feel like this is like Romero at his editing best. You know, I, going back to the editing, I feel like you know, in, in Night of the Dead, Night of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, he he hadn't quite developed his editing style yet. And I feel like if you've ever seen the movie season of the witch actually is from 1972, it's not necessarily really a horror film. Um, but you notice that he's developed this editing style that you see in Dawn of the dead from that movie and a little bit in the crazies, but it's just, that's kind of where it starts. I love that elevation of his editing, man. I think it's just really what makes these films special. So, but yeah, has anyone seen that movie? No. <laughs> I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Carly well, I, watched it. Well, that recently. sucks. I guess nobody can comment on the because you can see it, like the the hints of how his editing style is and shit, and it's yeah, definitely starts there. Are we finished here? No, we ain't finished here, lady. Sit down. What else do you want? We've given you the reports for this week. We've given you You've everything. You've given us asked a mouthful of Greek salad. Formulas. Equations, a lot of fancy terms that don't mean a thing. I want to know if you're doing something that's going to help us out of this deep shit we're in. 
or if you're all in there just jerking each other off. All right, so moving into the 80s. So we got 60s, 70s into 1985 with, of course, Day of the Dead. And I think Romero had something really special going here, making these films during different decades. It's too, like, I know we've touched on this before, and it's just too bad he never got a chance to make one in the 90s, because that would have been fucking cool, right? Yeah. These different eras, you know, the different social commentaries, you know, I mean, every era has its own issues going on at the time and you know he was very aware of what he was doing and this is no exception uh day of the dead a small group of military officers and scientists dwell in an underground bunker as the world above is overturned by zombies so at this point yeah we're um full-blown zombie invasion full-blown apocalyptic and i mean there's points where in the in, in the film where they say like they're just not even sure if there's anyone else out there that's how mm-hmm. far gone this is. And that's such a fucking scary idea. I mean, hearing that and not only worrying about that, like, shit, dude, if we're the last people, that's fucking insane. Like, I mean, we really don't have a lot of a chance, but it's also that they're in an underground military bunker, you know, in this isolated area and shit. And it's just, I think the setting of this film is fucking awesome. It's scary as shit to me, man. Every time in this movie where they, when they go to grab the specimens, freaks me out. I don't know what it is, man. Seeing those zombies come around the back end of that uh, tunnel, it's fucking crazy to me, man. It's awesome. And the ending's crazy, too, when they all fucking oh, charge. Shit. You know what I just realized? Beginning of the show, I was going to dedicate this entire show to Joe Pilato. Just passed away a couple days ago. Um, mm-hmm. We're not doing this show specifically mm-hmm. because he passed away, but... I already, think we killed him. It was already planned and shit, but uh, of course, Joe Pilato plays um, you know Rhodes in this film, who's one of the most famous and infamous S-O-B. characters ever caught on cinema. Like the guy is just fucking ruthless, but he plays the part of the social commentary so well because you know, it's about control and shit. Right. But yeah, rest in peace to Joe, man. Uh, honestly, man, I'll never forget not only meeting him, but actually hanging out with him for quite a long time. I was actually at cinema wasteland one year and he was in the bar drinking with steel. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. And Tom Savini was in there too, and and he got real. They, they ended up leaving and stuff. And Joe was sticking around because he was a total alcohol. <laughs> he liked to fucking drink and stuff. So I actually ended up drinking with him the Thursday night before Cinema Wasteland, and he was like telling me stories and shit like that. And so and then the next day, you know, I, I got to re meet him, get my picture with him, autographs and stuff. And uh, he he actually gave me his personal cell phone number, and he's like, "Yo, if you ever want to do an interview with me on your podcast, you know, here it is." And shit. it was fucking crazy, man. <laughs> but he was he was a lot of fun, man. Every time I'd run into him, you know, throughout the weekend and shit, he'd be like, "Moods, man, awesome. Let's go have a beer." Fuck, all he wanted to That's do was awesome, drink. Dude. All all he wanted to do is drink. And my wife was like, "You know, I'm jealous right now, right? Like, you just made <laughs> another boyfriend. It was pretty funny. Good times, but you know, something I'll never forget." And too bad I wasn't there. We could have had a gangbang. <laughs> yeah. Cool times, man. Cool times. But anyways, day of the dead thoughts on day of the dead. You didn't get the synopsis. You retard. I already yeah, read did. it. I totally read it. Yeah. You're the retard. I totally, oh, okay. totally read it. Um, <sighs> okay. So I fucking love day of the dead. No surprise. Yeah. It was like my number fucking what? Like, four something of all or set it was my number seven of all time um yeah i've got donna number one day is what number four or five for me so yeah yeah. my favorite films of all time um day of the day i mean dude this movie starts off 
great. Like, uh, even the dream, like I hate dream sequences. Love the dream sequence in this one, um, where all the fucking hands come out of the wall, dude. That is fucking scary, bro. It looks so awesome too. You know, I always used to think for the longest time that the movie was set on Halloween Day, but it's actually the thirty first is actually crossed off. Yeah, because when you wake mm. up, you cross the day. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's actually it starts on November. It's actually taking place on November first, and really, the whole movie takes place over three. No, days. no, no, no. I you when you wake up, you hit the day. So it would be the thirty first. You're confusing me. My Jewish mind can't take. Like it. when I wake up and cr- when I when I cross my calendar off, it's the I cross it off the morning of the day. Mm-hmm. So it would yeah. be no, I, I get, I get what you're saying. So you're saying it is Halloween Day that's starting, or because yeah. in, a, in a dream sequence, obviously would have been November first. Yeah. But so it is Halloween in the, in real time, or is it the first? Yeah, I again, think. But she's just having it's... a dream about that. I've always been confused about it, to be honest. Yeah, I was uh, never. Technically, this is a Halloween movie. Yeah, I know that's because yeah. I'm like, if it is taking place on Halloween day, this is the fucking ultimate Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love when they, you know, travel to the town and then all the zombies start coming out, and you have that the one zombie before the title sequence with that out the j- missing the jaw, dude. Yeah, that's wow, iconic, dude. Those effects so are outrageously good. awesome, man. Just wait until yeah. the ending, though. So this is good, Tom Savini's best film. Yeah. Hands down. I've always thought that. I think this is his best work as an effects artist ever. Yeah, like, the pinnacle, probably, as far as volume and quality. Yeah. I know Tom doesn't agree with that. I think it's because he had such a rough time making this movie and just effects-wise was real. It was a tough one. It was kind of a stinker for him, like literally. Uh-huh. Like there was just a lot of moments where he just didn't enjoy working on this. I, I know that he has said, I believe that the Prowler and a lot of people do agree with the effects in the Prowler is great. Being his These best ones work. blow it out of the park, though, man. This one's definitely a lot gorier and shit, but man, I mean, they use like real fucking gore yeah. and shit, right? So yeah, but I mean, dude, like, there's so many good yeah there effects, is. like dude's head getting ripped off, dude's intestines falling out, like oh, yeah. the hell, the fucking zombie at the beginning with the jaw is insanely good it's oh, like it's wow so good so real i love yeah. that it's like one of the best looking zombies ever even amazing. like the art when she chops um dude's arm off yeah looks good i mean well it's tom Savini and his pinnacle so you know it's probably gonna be yeah pretty it, good it's it's i in my opinion it, it's definitely the best work that that he's done um so i i love the i love the just whole st- concept of this movie i think that um in terms of where the series was going with the um possible memories of the zombies i think that this one handles it absolutely the best without pushing it too far um and because one thing that's pretty interesting is because you could take what's happening in this film as a variable like an outlier. Like Bub is somehow capable. superior. Yeah, like it, it like something fucked up during the zombie process and he still is retaining more of what he you know, and you could take it that way. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's no definitive answer in this one because he's the only one we see that has any sort of and he obviously is doing it fast. 
and no, and he's been trying. Doctor Frankenstein has been trying this for so long, and hasn't had really any results. Mm-hmm. So, um, you could take it as Bub is an outlier, uh, or you could take it as like this is the next step in the story of the of zombies. Um, but I think that's why in Day of the Dead it works so well because it doesn't overstep its bounds really for me. Um, it 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 is believable to me, and I can get behind this type of story um even that salute come on man i love that man (laughs) yeah i love when he first picks up the phone for the first time like that's an awesome moment too because then you realize like oh holy shit these things are starting to become more developed just like you know apes they're turning into apes pretty much it's really scary i love the part where he gets the gun yeah. And he pulls the trigger and then the music's like, D-d-d-d. like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. This just got serious. Like they can fucking use like, Oh my, like this chip, it's a whole nother ball game. You know, like it's, it's, it, it reminds me of fucking dude in aliens or whatever. Um, jet, uh, what the hell is his name? Bill, pa- Bill Paxton. Paxton. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Hicks. Yeah, it's all over, man. <laughs> they, they can open like, doors. Yeah, like, but I, I'm thinking, like, dude, like that's insane. Like, if like if these fucking things start learning how to use tools and shit, we're really fucked. Well, we see it in the next movie, you know. I used like, to, yeah. I used to think it was actually quite cheesy, man, because you got Logan, you know, Doctor Frankenstein, you know, basically kind of teaches us, you know, Bub to you know, be a little bit more intelligent and stuff with the guns and all that shit. And of course, you know, what goes down with, with Logan and, uh, Rhodes, you know, and of course, Bob kind of gets revenge on him a little bit. I used to think it was quite cheesy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, in hindsight, man, I actually kind of like it a lot. Dude. It, I it's, love it. it's sane I think it a lot. It's hundred percent. I love, yeah. I've always loved it. I think I never once looked at it as cheesy. I, I've always felt the power in it. Um, and me and Mike were talking in, in text chat a f- few weeks ago before we started this show um, when I was just before he was on. And I was like telling him because he mentioned that he thought it was cheesy, like the salute and stuff. And I just never have like it, it's always worked so powerful for me. Um, and I think that, you know, I, dude, I fucking love Rhodes in this movie. Like, he is so good. And even Steel. Everybody. I love them all. Um, and, you know, Rhodes is, is painted like this complete asshole psychopath. But he's kind of right. He, mm. Like, his way of doing things is the probably the best idea. Like, who wants to spend time wrangling up zombies and fucking doing experiments on them? to see if we can fucking teach him tricks. You want to teach him tricks? You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking bull. I want to survive. We need to get the fuck out of here. We're ro- low on ammunition. We're low on men. Like, I'm with Rhodes. Like, I agree with him. 100%. Yeah. Um, but I but also is he teaching him tricks, or is he teaching him something that he already knows that he's just... Well, uh... I think that Frankenstein is a flawed character, too, because he is... He is, it's not about, I don't think he's really looking for a cure. I think he's kind of insane. He's just wants to do his, he, he wants. Well, to, he has, he has that intellectual curiosity where it's just like, what can I do? Or, you know, yeah. what can I well, figure out? He's almost wants to play God. Mm-hmm. Well, like, he does that when he cuts the head off and he has the severed head under the. Yeah. Like he, he has a God complex. 
Um, and I think I that's think his... I think he does want to know what like what you know what makes them tick and shit like that. But at you know at the end of the day, there is. But I don't think it's for the benefit. He doesn't have it as the benefit of humans or the group that he's with. It's more uh, well, as a science. Because yeah, exactly. Because he he's already worked out the stats. He even says it at one point in the film. He's like, you know, according to my calculations, you know, if you guys leave here, it's four hundred thousand to one. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he already knows it's so far fucking gone that he's just he's doing scientific shit basically for his, his own benefit. Yeah, you know? and, and so. the Jamaican dude, he had his character is really awesome too. Uh, him and and the other dude, he reminds me of the guy from Jaws four. <laughs> no, his his speech on records, you know, we keep the records here and yeah. and and all that is mm. so good. Like yeah. I'm just like, bro, you're like hitting the nail on the head with this shit because it's like, what is it for? Like, what's the purpose of it? Why not? Let's live life. Like they they have their own little paradise there. They mm-hmm. they manufacture it, of course. You know, they're in a fucking cold, damp uh, bunker, but you know. He has the, he has the best outlook on the situation. Um, yeah, but it's like that in Dawn too. It's like why ruin something that's good? Yeah, yeah. and and you have um, the the female character. Her motivation and stuff is more oriented because of that's what she was assigned to. She's just doing what she was doing beforehand, just yeah. doing her job. And that's really what she cares about. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I, I just think there's all these different interesting, you know, backstories and, and uh, philosophies for each of the characters and, and how they, um, you know, interact and move through the story. And the one, her boyfriend or whatever, he's just a fucking mess. Like he's, mm. he's just had it. He's like PTSD straight yeah. up. Yeah, you know, I've, fucked up. I, I never felt that their relationship felt natural in this film at all. It feels it, well, it, it doesn't feel like they're a couple at all. Like it no, it does. doesn't. And it's, I, I kind of wait. Were they a couple, or did or what? Did she just have feelings for him? And he was like, I no, don't no, give a fuck. No, they were actually like a couple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think would, that I, I, was, I think that she's a nurturer at heart, mm-hmm. and because he's like damaged, um maybe that like that's why she gravitated towards him you know what i mean i don't know it's interesting i think i've always felt that they didn't feel like a couple but Mm. also you're seeing a guy who's completely probably removed from who he used to be as well yeah of course but i'm just saying like what we see on screen it just there's like no couple chemistry whatsoever just it always seems weird i always question i'm like they're a couple i love the scene where um he uh she pokes him with the needle and he realizes he's like, like the way like that acting is super good by that dude. Like he's just like crying and like just feels betrayed at that moment. And he's just so lost and empty. Like he, mm. you but he also knows it's the right thing to do too. Yeah. But he's, you but can tell he's he wants to just, he's just scared of everything. Like it's just too much to handle. He's stressed out. Like I, it's, it's really powerful with, with, with that stuff and well it's what happens when you put in a stress situation how you handle it and how you because they can't go anywhere i mean they can but from what we saw outside with the zombies on the fence it's like the only way is up so plus you know he probably feels ostracized from the the army people because he's more 
so too. connects with the uh, uh, you know scientists and doctors and well and that stuff. that that's the that's the medium that's the contrast right because the scientists are you know they're the uh, you know there's they're representing the civilians right yeah military is you know the hierarchy the fucking government the law right and he's definitely caught in the middle of that for sure yeah yeah so it does kind of make sense that he'd be a little bit of a wreck that way yeah. i mean and also having to deal with somebody like Rhodes, who's insane but yeah but Rhodes isn't as insane as, as he's, he's just he, a representation of <clears throat> exactly what's wrong with you know government military and just control i mean essentially a mm-hmm. lot of things that essentially a lot of the problems that arise in this film is because of the simple fucking thing called communication. There's no communication between the civilians and mm-hmm. the military in this film that's proper. There's communication, but they Whoa. fucking fight. From, right from the start of this movie to the end, everyone is fighting, fighting, fighting. It's a representation mm-hmm. of the times in the 80s with the Cold War, the militarism, all that type of shit. It's right here, and that's exactly what they were going through. It kind of made sense. that it, I mean, this movie, yeah. this movie has like... I mean, for the most part, most of the characters are totally unlikable because they're just batshit insane, but they're also some of the most entertaining characters of all time, too, yeah. which does fucking help. But that's See, the contrast. I, I, Rhodes' biggest problem is that he is um, too, like, one-track. Like, he's too... It, it, he he can't compromise in any way, right? No. So no. Um, you how, get the sense that he did for a while. Like... You know they've been there for a while, and they kept and, the, and clearly they were doing what they were told to do in terms of like getting um, zombies and wrangling them up and stuff like that. Um, but he, he at a certain have, point, he doesn't have patience. He, he really doesn't yeah. have the patience for it, for sure. Yeah. yeah, he was not meant to be a leader. No, um, I do think that everything that he is saying is true, though. Like what his philosophies in terms of like what they need to do is more right. Um, because if like basically everything goes to hell because of not him, you know what I mean? Like it's not really him that causes everything to go bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is and it isn't like, you know, he, 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 you know, threatens to kill the chick and and different things like that. And, you know, basically takes the guy hostage to (laughs) fuck it. He goes full crazy, but that's because they resisted his ideas. Well, be, like um, I mean, Sarah's boyfriend was a little bit ostracized from, you know, the military and shit like that. And he's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of interesting too that he's the one that essentially ends the whole fucking thing. Well, but, yeah, because here's the thing: the, like he's doing exactly what Rhodes and Steele were worried about. He's, you know, yeah. that it's not safe to have that person. Mm-hmm. And I agree with them. Like, mm-hmm. I find myself agreeing more with the military aspect than any of the scientists in this movie. It just sucks that Rhodes is a psychopath and, and an asshole. Um, well, that's because, the thing. He, he, he goes about everything a little bit wrong. Like, he's too yeah. overpowering. He's too out there. He's, he's, being, he's using force way too much. I mean, I think that you probably could have prevented their demise by not treating, you know, them the way he did. I mean, honestly, if he was, if the communication was there and they just kind of sat down and worked things out, I yeah. probably wouldn't have or turned some, out like that. You or know? some general interest in the other perspective just yeah. to like, you know, well, compromise. I, I mean, well, he kind of does a little bit where he's like, okay, I want to see results. And then they show him and it's like, so you fucking can essentially like, okay, wow. You fucking taught him how to shoot a gun. Like, okay, that, 
does nothing for me. Again, you know Rhodes what I mean? doesn't have the patience, and he doesn't fully understand either. I mean, if no, you look at doesn't. Logan, I mean, I mean, in one aspect, you know, if you can teach them intelligence and control them, I mean, the theory works. But in practice, it doesn't work, though, because he even announced to everybody that, you know, if there's like 400,000 to one up. You can't actually teach all these fucking things. To yeah, obey exactly. yeah. Anyways, that, so therefore, coming back full circle, you know, Rhodes and his crew are perfectly correct in saying we need to fucking survive. Fuck this bullshit, because that was, that's all yeah, you, was, that's all you have at that point. When you're outnumbered that bad, you have to look at to, to me a teach teaching them is not a cure for the problem yeah you know it's it's something but that does not fix the problem at all so i we need a cure it would have been different (laughs) it would have been different if logan aka dr frankenstein was actually working on a cure Right, but he's not really like he's doing all these crazy tests and shit. I actually love the scene where they go into the into the lab there, and the um, one of the military dude's head is like severed on there, (laughs) and it's all hooked up. And like the dude had shot himself in the head, so it was dead. He brought the brain back to life. That's actually kind of a weird thing. I don't think you guys, I don't know if you've ever noticed that before, but that dude literally had killed himself, like or destroyed the brain. No, and, I, I didn't know. And that. Logan. And one I, thing I'll tell you this though. Yeah, Logan brought it back because it was moving on the table. It's crazy. This is the only one where they attempt to sever the infection, if you, with the arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think it, it would have worked? Do you I think mean, it has it worked? worked in other movies? Well, They've we don't. Never we, done we, it before. We don't have. I mean, it doesn't get to that. But I mean, it, he obviously thought it wasn't. You know, I mean, you kind of have to go off on that because he's the one that goes up there and does what he does. Yeah, I mean, but it that's worked. A it worked. Shitty way to go. It worked man. for the time being, <laughs> but I mean, this whole movie takes place over like three days, so maybe it just wasn't long enough before the infection completely, you know, inhibited his whole body. I don't know, but it. it, it I'm is... not even sure. Yeah, I don't know. It... I, I, all I know is if I was in a zombie apocalypse and I got bit, that's the first thing I would do is cut my arm off just just in case it works. <laughs> what do you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, it's been done in other movies and stuff after the fact. Yeah. But, I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely realistic, though. Right? Yeah. If, I mean, you if, you, if you have the idea that, you know, uh, this is spread by infection, if you – if honestly it's done dude, in the walking dead i mean it I mean, has to go through your blood so it has to be able to move in your body but if you cut that off right away, i mean it has to be right away though because you yeah, think about if, if you're getting if you could bit, do it in time if your exactly. blood like if it's in your bloodstream right away like it's traveling at a fucking rapid pace you know so i mean it's it's a good idea anyways yeah so how that you said about it, it does yeah, happen I, in the walking dead yeah i love the uh location of this film too like i, I love the corridors and it just feels claustrophobic to Gloomy. me yeah. it is and it's scary it's like depressing i, I love i fucking love that bunker man it's just so damn cool it's freaky to yeah. me man i mean if you're a claustrophobic person it's it's definitely you're it, definitely gonna feel that in there it's very dark you know the, like i said you know where they have it fenced off and they have the zombie or the you know the specimens on the other side <laughs> those scenes is it, those freaks me out man i don't know what it I is feel like, I, I feel i feel like this setting too it kind of has like the final stop feeling to it. Like if this shit don't work out, it's yeah. over with. Cause yeah. like, it, you it, know, night, 
in night you had the house in dawn you had the mall but those very those very much felt like almost holding places mm-hmm. for like okay what's coming next where yeah, this, this movie, feels like it feels like quite this feels like the finality of it like if whatever we're working on now doesn't work out it's we're toast it's it's done yeah yeah i agree man Any, anything and, else um yeah i just uh I love the um the z- look of the zombies in this one. I when they all come down on that yeah, uh, it's awesome. thing so good. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I love I, 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 I think I think even the guys trip like up up going up to the surface level is kind of horrifying just cuz you know what's coming and he's yeah. he's in a, a such a bad place mentally that he's just like fuck the world or what's left of it and it's over. Like I'm gonna force the issue now. And when when the zombies converge on him, and he's just like, he's kind of holding it until the last very second, and then he hits the button. It's just like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, one thing you know where it steps up its game from Dawn of the Dead is that you know the zombies that you see in this film are all fully made up. They have the yeah. makeup on, and they're all you know individual Unique. stuff. Like you know, every time I watch the film, I always notice the different zombie, which is really cool. And I do it purposely, like, you know, in the scene, they come down and they come off that uh, that conveyor or that elevator or whatever. Like, I I always notice the football player because it always cracks me up. Like, he's still wearing his helmet. <laughs> I don't know why that always makes me laugh. And then there's the dead clown. and But they're all individual. I love that. Yeah, in a way, it's like almost like when you're trying to pick out the individual ones, it's, it's kind of funny. But at the same time, it just gives you a good, yeah. uh, like, context of, like, how fast it's just to cover the world. It's a representation was, of yeah. of what's you know what the world was at one time. These are all individual mm-hmm. people. Like in Dawn of the Dead, I mean, when everyone kind of looks the same, it's just like okay. But then you see where these people are plausibly coming from. You know, yeah. that's kind of a scary kind of a scary thing. But yeah, I mean, one thing about this, I've always said like, this movie has some of the greatest effects in it. One of my favorite ones is the uh, the zombie that's on the uh, in the scientific room, and he kind of sits up and his guts fall out. Oh, I love it. They do it again, too. They show um, her boyfriend do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, In a dream sequence. Oh, I love it. Did you say the the scientific room? You mean the laboratory? Yeah, the laboratory. (laughs) Scientific room. Scientific room. It's still the same thing. (laughs) Um, The, uh, yeah. Dude, I love the effects in this film. Yeah. Um, uh, One thing, George Romero. initially had a, a and everybody knows this that he had a much bigger scoped film planned yeah, with this it was supposed to be um, epic yeah yeah and he i believe he signed a three picture deal with a studio and his first film was creep show and it did good but it didn't do what they expected so they lowered his budget for uh his second film his third film was monkey shines um for the studio but um and yeah, they lowered his budget significantly. You can and see all those yeah. budgets going straight down. <laughs> yeah. um, but essentially, you know, he had to make compromises. And from what I've understood is a lot of stuff that we end up seeing in land is similar to what was going to be in this film. Yeah. And obviously land was initially supposed to be done in the 90s, yeah. as, mm. as we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, ratings. Mike or moods actually. Oh, I go first. 
Yeah. Uh, just outstanding film, man. I think it's actually pretty cool that Greg Nicotero is actually in this film. Plays Johnson. Um, so many great actors, man. That's one thing I love about this film, man. Like everyone's performances really do stick out. John Apples is in this one, of course. He's the star of Martin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's typical Romero having the same people in his films and shit. But I love it, man. One thing that always sticks out to me, besides the effects, setting, just the awesomeness of the film, is the fucking score. Oh, it's so good, man. The music, it's so good. I have the score. And I used to roll around, listen to it all the time in my vehicle, man. Like, I swear to God, I love the score to this movie. It's so good, man. So damn good. It really captures it. Um, just a fantastic film all the time. It's uh, it's scary to me. Seeing those seeing those zombies, man. Um, Joe Pilata's death is amazing. Yeah. Funny story with that, though. I mean, Choke on it. You choke <laughs> on it. I just, I love the story that they tell with the effects on that. I guess they had, they were supposed to shoot it a little bit earlier and they got something happened and shit, but they had these real animal guts sitting around and they, they weren't in an ice box. They weren't refrigerated or whatever. And they end up doing the scene. Well, I guess it stunk so bad that people were just like fucking gagging on set and shit. And I, I couldn't even imagine being those zombies and being Joe Pilato and having that like right there in that fucking awful stench of rotten. Uh, that's best pool. Real, real fucking flesh, just rotting flesh. Oh man, that must have been nasty. But give it up to him, man. Looked awesome. Uh, Day of the Dead, ten out of ten for me. Mike. Um, shoot. I mean, this one's another great one. I. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, you know, Dawn's my personal favorite. This one's still really solid. So I'm going to go with a, a 9.5 on this one. All right. Um, back to me, I believe. Uh, man, Day of the Dead, no surprise. I absolutely love this film. Um, it's my favorite in the series. Uh, one of my favorites ever. Um it just works so well for me. I, I love it, man. It's, it's so good. Um, and I give it a 10 out of 10. I don't 10 think, out of 10 for me, too. Wow, I don't think we've had so many 10s on a show ever. <laughs> ever, ever. No, this is um, insane. Well, I think it's safe to say that's over with. Um, <laughs> or is it? Is it? No, really? <laughs> um, no, you're, you're right. I don't. I don't think we ever have. And... Honestly, like, that's another Hall of Famer, you know, with a 30. Um, yep. So that's awesome. I'm very happy that all three made the Hall of Fame. Uh, is that Does that make George the most Hall of Fame director? I think so. I think so. Because I don't think is there's only one Falchi... Or two Falchis. One Argento. Uh, I think there's two. Isn't isn't Bird in there too? Um, no, Bird isn't in there. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Craven has one. Falchi has two. What about Carpenter? Uh, just one with Halloween. Hmm. I know the thing as well. Polanski has two as well. 
Oh, Romero has four, bro. Oh, Tenebrae's in there, so Argento has two. Romero has four, bro. What's the other one? Because Cre- Creep Show's in there, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not even on that mm. ring, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think that's more. I think that's Exploding Heads and you, yeah. JP. Yeah, that's crazy. Four. Wow. Romero, he's the man. Yeah, he is the man. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Want to kill our friends? Kaufman's the one that's killed our friends. Every time I took out his garbage man, I took out one of our friends, people he wanted off the streets. Turn me into a goon that he's going to piss all over me? I don't think so. All right, so moving along here, moving into the glorious 2000 decade. 2005 with Land of the Dead. Yeah, starring the one and only Dennis Hopper. That's crazy. And Luigi, bro. Yeah, I thought he was dead by then. Which they <laughs> no, Den- Dennis well, Hopper. Dennis di- Hopper in Mario. Both yeah. of them are. I think Dennis Hopper. He died like a few hours, just a couple years after this, or something. You got King Koopa and Luigi reuniting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Leguizamo was Leguizamo. I love, yeah. I love Mario movie. Yeah, that that was your name in the intro, Cholo, Cholo de Moro. <laughs> and then, and then of course, I, he- I saw what you did with the hands of steel thing. I didn't get to mention it. Oh uh, yeah, and then yeah, and then the cholo. But yeah, oddly enough, Asia Argento's in this film. Yeah, it's such weird casting. I don't know, really know how she got involved with this, but it's a grab bag of casting for sure. Yeah, it's. It, I thought I always thought that the casting in this film was very strange. And too bad the main lead's about well, as flat as well, a fucking. Probably because um, George and Argento, you know, they worked together on Two Evil Eyes in the nineties. Yeah, but uh, and... I, I, actually, you know what? I guess Aja had done. She was doing a lot of films around this time before she got blacklisted. From yeah. Hollywood, so it does kind of make sense that she was picking up a little bit more work and stuff. Yeah, call up yeah, but go, go back, go back to what Jeremy said because he made the good point. There's all these like decent actors in this, and then the, the the lead is fucking like, how could you pick this guy for the lead? He's so flat you, and back, boring. Who, John yeah, Leguizamo? You, no, the other. No, guy. The, no, no, I, dude. You know what? I 100 percent agree. I think that's the biggest misstep in this film. Well, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest missteps is that guy and his story. Like this should be Leguizamo's story. I, yeah. I'm much more interested in what he's doing than this fucking basic about, ass Ken doll. And that's why, I, that's why it feels like there's almost a struggle in the story there because it's like, well, who's who's the main story supposed to follow? Leguizamo and they make Leguizamo actually kind of an idiot in this film too. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. make him the smartest person. That's kind of. What about the uh, good old little person from Ghoulies Two, JP? <laughs> yeah. He was in Ghoulies Two, and he was like the the head soldier in Willow. <laughs> yeah, he's in a bunch. I've seen him in so many things. He he's a regular <laughs> full moon actor too. He's been in a bunch of full moon stuff. Yeah, he's been around. Okay, yeah, but synopsis: The Living Dead have taken over the world, and the last humans. The last humans live in a walled city to protect themselves as they come to grips with the situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty much what we have, man. We have this, like, kind of walled city that's ran by Dennis Hopper's character. He has a bunch of people that, you know, kind of work for him. They go out into the world and, and bring him back shit, you know, like how society actually really works. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's pretty much what we have. Like it's almost. It actually makes sense where they set it too, because you know Pittsburgh, the three rivers meet like that, and uh, it's like kind of bordered on all sides. It's Mm kind of, kind of neat. I, I I like that. 
Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Land of the Dead, man. Th- this is interesting. I mean, it was it was a long time since George had done a. It was like what. T- 20 years 20 years pretty exactly much, yeah. this is pretty yeah. much 20 years to well 20, 20 years. years of the year and this yeah. this one was straight up a hollywood film right yeah, yeah no the, it, it's like it's like wow what if george got a, enough money from hollywood to make a a, a zombie epic mm-hmm. yeah and you know and what it, it has glimpses of, it has glimpses of that and shit and i just kind of wish that they had to spend more time and you know there is a lot of practical effects in this film but there is you know mixed in with cg yeah. and shit and it always confused me i'm like he got a budget for this film, and then you're gonna, you know, put some CG and shit in there. It, when I first saw this film, I was like, "Yeah, it's it's a decent film," but man, the CG are you kidding me? Always, yeah. you know, me out man, of it, man, it's just it's a, just a product of that fucking time in mainstream film. Like they just like they had to use utilize the I, new technology for I, whatever I what, reason. I wish I could just defend it. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a budget thing. You know, but you know, going back to the, I mean, all the effects and shit were obviously practical, but. I mean, you had a budget here, man. Take the time, do the practicals. Fuck, it just I, I, it hurts. I, honestly, it. I don't feel like effects are budget reasons. Like, oh yeah, it is, man. The CG uh, is so much cheaper to fucking do than practical. It's a time thing, right? Because you got to no, think. No, 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 no. It's not that it, the CG's cheaper in terms of like latex and blood isn't that expensive. It's just that doing the taking the time to film it. Versus, we'll do it in post. Yeah, that's and, that's the big difference. And this is Romero well, work, working under the Hollywood system now, where like I I would almost say there's decisions being made whether he wants them or not, well, as opposed to you know if he's outside of that system. Yeah, I mean, time is money, right? I mean, effects, practical effects take more time. I mean, if you have guys on set doing these effects, you're paying them, right? You're paying these mm-hmm. guys to do it. So if you eliminate the guys on set making these practical effects and you have a dude on a computer makes it in 10 minutes, yeah, it's it turns into a little bit. I mean, you're saving money that way too, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. So I don't know. It's I frustrating because the- there is some good moments of gore in this film. But actually, there is one kind of cool CG moment in this film where there's this fucking zombie walking up to this person and all you see is like, basically decapitated you know just a torso and this head comes flipping around from the back (laughs) (laughs) something you probably would have a hard time doing practical you know but uh yeah that's something that you conceptualize and you're like man we couldn't pull that off exactly (laughs) so i I give him credit for that i'm like okay well you kind of had to cg that but yeah kind of a cool i I think that um i think this film just was 10 years too late man like i like a lot of aspects of it um i love the the classism commentary mm-hmm. uh, because it makes so much sense i mean it, it it's really become barbaric at this point on the outside but then you have this like luxury inside whoever and has it makes, most money gets to live yeah and and also they get to live cushy yeah. you know what i mean and it, it really is a commentary on well this was smack dead in right the middle now. of a recession in the u.s too right yeah no so it, kind- it was four years before i don't know in 2000, 2010? In two, this? No, this was made in 2005. I think that's... 2008 was the recession. Yeah, is that when it started? It didn't start yes. before? Uh, maybe. Okay. But I don't still, know. you know, there's always been, yeah. you know, the, the classism thing. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> especially with, um, you know, the... the, the one percent of people you know live in the best mm-hmm. and uh everybody else you know struggle it the fact that it's right outside their door it's something they ignore they just yeah. 
pretend exactly. it doesn't exist and eventually and that's what it is it, in real life yeah, yeah and well, eventually exactly. the problem becomes overwhelming and it breaks down the door and they're forced to confront it and it doesn't go well it, yeah. it's a great uh social commentary conceptually i think this movie's great i mean where i have problems is somewhat with like the the evolved zombies and the big daddy and all that stuff. But overall, I big still big find the movie is the enjoyable. first bad character Romero did in his zombie films. <laughs> yeah. I don't really like him very much. I think I'm he's okay kind of annoying. With, I'm okay with them. Like learn, like, like, like seeing, the, you know, the city and going towards it and uh-huh. looking away from the fireworks and all that. But he is fucking annoying. Yeah. Like his like scream that he does. I hate it. I just think it's, a bad choice. It's funny. And the man. fact that he's like insanely smart, like retardedly it, it, smart. Yeah. If it doesn't remember how <laughs> bub, it felt like natural. Like it doesn't feel natural in this one. It just I mean, feels, I think it, they're also supposed to be a little bit more elevated by this time. Cause it's, well, you know, it's, it's in the future. Later. Yeah. Right. So it does make sense that they would be a little bit smarter than bub, but I get what you guys are saying. Fucking Eugene Clark. He's at Calgary Horicon like every year and every year I kind of walk by him given that, you know, that look out of my peripheral vision. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really want to fucking meet the guy. Uh, I don't get it though, man. Like he's at a Horicon because he's a fuck. He played a zombie. You do anything else? Like, that's it. You know, kind of thing. I mean, I guess, well, Bob, I, no, I think he did other work too, but Eugene Clark, I have no idea. That's all I know him from. Mm-hmm. But Oh, Eugene Clark was uh, selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1975 draft. All right. Oh, now, now he loves them. Now he loves them. Yeah. Wow, reading the heart of the Steelers. Wow. Did they ever specify in the movie, like, are the people that live in the 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 high-rise, are they, like, wealthy holdovers that survive? Because what would be your – what exactly would be your form of currency in, like, the zombie apocalypse to even earn your way into there? Like, what would you well, be able to provide? I think it's, like, how provide? many – how many deals that you do for Dennis Hopper's character is what gets you in and out. It's not way. though, because it doesn't matter um, how many deals leg was on no. or did for it. Yeah. Um, no. I think that, I think that it's literally just the people who it was from the world. It was, yeah, it was it's, from previous. It's from so, the world before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the basically the ones who had money status and power yeah. at the time yeah. Yeah. continued to have it afterwards. Yeah. So your status basically carried over. Hundred percent, yeah. You were kind of grandfathered in at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's funny because there's a lot. There's there is some parallels to like Dawn with the mall, where it's like they were almost like the people in that apartment high rise were almost like playing dress up, trying to pretend that the old world still existed. It literally is normal life to them. Like they have a shopping mall and a plaza and stuff. And they have fucking caterers. They they don't, they can't (laughs) even see, they probably don't even have visual visuals of the outside. You know what I mean? Like they literally probably like, you know, put blinds up on every window and stuff like that. They probably literally just are like, ignore it completely it's it's honestly underrated well they in george's can, filmography they, yeah like the commentary in this this film does have some missteps but it actually was kind of brilliant on paper yeah that's that's definitely something i got out of this viewing uh like more so than when i so saw this was the initially. one you were talking about where you on facebook where you said that uh this viewing was more eye-opening or something right yeah, I, or I said like, like I evolved. I you're you're 
I know what post you're talking about. I, I don't remember my exact wording. Maybe just that, like, my ratings or opinions on certain ones have changed. Uh, the one you were tar- referencing? Yeah, I mean, this one more so um, than the other ones. Because, like, the original trilogy I just covered not too long ago on my show. So I was pretty firm and having seen them all recently. But the this trilogy... I hadn't really seen in a in a long time, and I was. I haven't seen Land you know, of the Dead in. Years. I haven't seen it since '04. Jeez, <laughs> since yeah. the theater. So I just thought that the that whole classism, you know, allegory was pretty well done. A lot more fleshed out, and you know, right there on the surface for you to pick up on all throughout the movie. And I was like, wow, I. You know, uh, maybe it's just I look for that kind of stuff more now being older than when it came out, you know, and or maybe because when the movie first came out, I was like, holy shit, a Romero movie after all these years. And yeah, you, I was, the you shock know. of the disappointment that it wasn't night, day, dawn. Exactly. You yeah. know, you couldn't see past that. And I, I said this a couple of years ago. I said I never hated on it this when it podcast. Came um, I said on I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I'd never hated it. I didn't hate it. it. I didn't hate it either. Well, I, I didn't. I, you know, a lot of people were like, "Man, land is fucking terrible," and like shit. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, not really. I mean, besides the I'll, obvious missteps with the CG and shit, which I don't I, think they really had to do. But I, I think it was more a disappointment because you know, with the original trilogy, it really felt like Romero had an established style, and this one felt stylistically outside of that bubble of like what a Romero zombie movie felt like to me. So I was. I wouldn't say I was blinded, but it just felt like a different type of zombie movie than from. And this was just off the initial viewing that I saw in the theater. And then all these years later watching, I was like, okay, that commentary is really still present a lot. You could tell too, like Romero didn't edit this film. So it had, has Mm -hmm. that obvious different feel to it right away. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have that Romero edit. Like I could just tell right away. It's like, it's like when you listen to certain producers, hip hop producers, like you can tell their sound. You can just tell their fucking, you know, the editing stuff yeah, and shit. Yeah. It's a lot different, man. It's it's not as effective. You know, it doesn't have it's that the same kind with of band. Yeah, same with bands. It's like it does. It doesn't mean they all sudden suck, but it's just like yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like their music necessarily anymore. You know. Yeah, I mean, and you got to look at it this way too. I mean, Romero's career was winding down at this point, like. He made the dark half in 93, and then it took him seven years to make his next movie, which was Bruiser, which was the longest gap by far that he had in his filmography. And then um, yeah, cause he another five he, years. He couldn't to make get Land funding and shit in the 90s, though, right? Wasn't there something up in the 90s? Like, he couldn't get funding at all to make movies? That's yeah, why. he did two evil eyes with... Um, uh, with, like Argento. with Argento, yeah, and then he did uh, the dark half, and and that was it, yeah, and, and, and that was early nineties. Yeah, so then, seven years of the nineties, he he didn't have any funding for I, anything. I always remember, yeah, like he was having a hard time getting funding for doing films, and that's why there was that huge, that huge uh-huh. gap there. And then he comes back with Bruiser, which I feel like no one has seen. I actually don't mind that movie. It's definitely a different Romero film, man. Mm-hmm. way fucking different but i actually kind of like it so yeah i think i think george if he had made land of the dead in like 95 versus 2005 i think that more of his style and um he would have been maybe a little bit more passionate um 
you know, during that time period, and it would have been a better product. Mm. I still think Land of the Dead's pretty good. Um, I uh, think where <coughs> it loses me a lot is um, towards the end. I feel like it goes really action oriented, like very much at the end. Like the the end drags a little bit for me. You know, the final act. You got to admit mm-hmm. though, man, the fucking train mobile is kind of cool. That shit that, that, <laughs> yeah. shit that the the lame ass lead. Uh, um, the dead reckoning. Yeah, yeah that's reckoning. what it's called. Yeah, I think it was Riley. He's the one that created that thing and stuff. It remind me of the thing in the remake. Yeah, yeah, the it's, the bus. It's kind of yeah. cool though, man. <laughs> yeah, I like the cheerleader zombie. I do like the cheerleader zombie. Yeah, I mean, th- there's some good things in this film. Obviously, the social commentary is really cool, well done and stuff. But I, I someone mentioned, I'm not sure who brought it up, but the uh, the fireworks idea. That's that's a cool idea, man. It's simple, but it actually works. And actually, I really yeah, like I, like I really like um, the zombies crossing the river. How they because they got you know it's going back to the intelligent thing. They kind of figure it out, and they walk along the bottom of the river and come out that way. You They're know? already dead, so yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's a cool and, idea because it works yeah. because they don't have yeah. to breathe, right? It actually works in the yeah. zombie realm, and it's kind of cool. And that's how they break barrier and, and invade and shit and. I'm like, that's kind of cool, man, that they did that. So. I, I didn't like where, you know, he teaches the zombie to use his hatchet on the door. I thought that I, it's just too much, man. Like, I just I don't know, man. It just didn't come off right. And I, and I'm a fan of the way they handled it in Day of the Dead. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like that. I do. But in this one, it just it just doesn't work that well for me. I, I don't know if it was tactfully done. It feels too much like a the zombies are the military uprising, you know, with Eugene Clark yeah. or Big Daddy kind of leading these zombies, and he's like, uh, uh, and he's like yeah. literally waving them through, like uh, you have to go left. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? This is, I know that was, it, pre- it, it's that was pre- pretty good, Moose. So <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty laughable though, to be honest. It's kind of laughable. I, I do like um, John Leguizamo's decision to turn because mm-hmm. um, I've always thought like, well, if I if I don't, I might be cool with being a zombie. Honestly, like, I don't know. Like, wh- why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, mean? I mean, I assume if your consciousness leaves your leaves yourself anyway, you wouldn't even know difference but i mean who knows yeah what would happen if yeah you, you turn it as well I, I, I do question the whole thing with the water is like how are they even smart enough not to just aimlessly wander into the water in the first place like how would they even know to stop yeah the, i feel like the they had to be i feel like they had to be led by big daddy Ugh. like he, mm-hmm. he seemed to be the hierarchy he was the one that kind of no, well, yeah like saying, in, like- in, in land in land, he definitely sounded like the leader, but I'm just saying in general, like how would zombies oh. just end up randomly walking? Into I, I the feel park? like some probably do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what what else? The uh, I like the dude with the 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 guy that's good at shooting with the burn face. I thought he was a likable character. Yeah, he was likable. I liked him. Yeah, you can never figure out if he's like just slow or half retarded or. I don't know. There's something about his character. He's a little slow, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's like, he's a little Forrest, he, Forrest oh, Gumpy. Yeah, it's fucking Charlie. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely Forrest Gump, man, Charlie. But he can yeah. shoot. But he can shoot. I like him. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I always Dennis I always, Dennis Hopper is fun. I, I would have liked to get a little more from the inside of the high rise just to see like maybe Dude, those people's we, perspective. You know, yeah, you totally yeah. took. I, my, I was just gonna say that I was like, man, I'd like to see more shit with Hopper and inside and stuff. I mean, you get a little bit of glimpses into it, but that's mm-hmm. what kind of makes Dawn so cool is that you get that inside of the mall and it, the whole thing is kind of the whole thing doesn't have to be set in there in Land of the Dead, of course. Yeah. But it'd be cool to see a little bit more on exactly how it was working. Yeah, I mean, and I would have been interested to see if there's like conflicting opinions among them. Like, if there's some of them that actually feel guilty about like the hierarchy. Like, man, I'm glad that we're safe, but it is kind of fucked up I that mean, there's people right outside our door living like that way. To be honest, there's a whole movie right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, and I think that you know the uh, the outside we see a little bit of. You know, we see the kid gets like sick and stuff, and then we see like the underground, um, you know, r- betting organization thing mm-hmm. with the where they bring in uh, Aja's character, um, which I thought was a cool concept. You know, that seems like something that would eventually, you know, happen. Uh, you know, very Mad Max is Mac. Mad Max-ish um, like and uh, I think the you know with um, the uh, hey oh man, here's the, another thing the scum so, of the world's gotta survive somehow right you yeah know, the whole world's I, a damn I, ghetto at that time so mm-hmm. I think that uh, the remember how I said like there's always like these things that George like re you know it, it re uh, explores in his films like way back in Dawn of the Dead I feel like George, that one zombie that grabbed the M16 and just like held it the whole movie. Like, I feel like that he thought of that again. And that's where he started getting like the big daddy idea. Cause oh, that's what sure. happens. He grabs yeah. the gun and you know, he's that, that's what sort of starts everything. And you know, they're doing the same shit in this one that they were doing in Dawn and stuff. And even, um, fl- uh, fly when he has his, um, pistol like he he holds on to it kind of even though it's kind of like just stuck on him but you know what i mean so it, it's interesting that george returns to all these concepts and themes um i i said a long time ago on this show that i think land of the dead is going to start getting some respect in george's filmography and i do think it deserves it man it, it's not day night or dawn but it's pretty cool, and and there was some cool stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on in this movie. Um, I I think it's like a the the stuff I question. There's a little you know a higher level of it, but other than that, I I still think there's a lot to get out of this one. Yeah. Um, I know that George. Uh, you know, had had love for his la- his later three dead films, um, and and you know liked certain things about him. Like obviously, he knew they weren't perfect and stuff I like that. I still don't believe that he thinks that Survival was his best film. No, he's never said that. <laughs> yeah, I read that somewhere. He, he said he said that Day of the Dead is his best zombie film, and Martin is his best film. I think he. I think he might have been referring to the fact that Survival was his best of the later films. Maybe. I think but, that's what um, he was implying. <laughs> yeah, I talked to him again. I have a hard time believing that. When I met him, it's cool. Yeah. Um, there's, okay. There's a. There's a. The, one of the last lines in the movie is like, "Yep, yeah, 
we got to make our way to Canada. Let's go to Canada. Which, it's ironic because, you know, they pretty much filmed that whole movie there. You're already there, motherfuckers. Yep. <laughs> so, obviously there's some shots in, in Pittsburgh too, but... Yeah. But yeah, this is when I think Romero was actually Canadian at this point. He has a dual citizenship. Yeah. I do know that. He lived in Ontario, I think? Yeah, just above you. Yeah, he filmed, yeah. most of this was filmed in Toronto and... Yeah, because I, when I talked to him and his wife, like they love Canada, yeah, um, because that's where where they were coming from um, when they visited the school and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that uh, whose turn is it to rate, Mike? Um, shit. Uh... This is kind of a tough one to rate, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one an eight. Uh, You know, before this viewing, I probably would have rated it lower, but I'm kind of glad that I had a reason to rewatch it after all these years and my appreciation for what was going on. At at the very least, conceptually, I think this movie is strong um, and there's a little more things that i question out of it which is why it's not quite as high as the other ones but i still think it's a fun time and there's a lot of fun stuff in it i you guys were mentioning like some of the gag like the gore gags and i like the one where the dude goes to throw the grenade and he his arm gets chopped off and he has he ends up diving on his own grenade on accident i thought that was a cool little spot um, Dude, you suck man i was like fucking just reading it off my notes right now <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I mean that one's that one's cool. That's like one of those standout moments that like you're yeah, that, that was like my favorite, one of my favorite parts in the movie actually. <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's my rating for this one. Cool. All right. Um, I was I've always liked this one, but I, I think I appreciated the social commentary way more than I ever have before. I don't think I noticed it before, honestly, as much. Um, and. I think that the you know the missteps are the stuff with Big Daddy. It doesn't feel as natural as it did in, in Day, um, and then some of the CGI, obviously, and then the the one character lead who I I didn't like, um, but other I I like like Wazamo's story and and Hopper and the, and that whole thing, um, and I think that the commentary is great, and uh, I'm coming in at seven and a half out of ten. Is it me? No, it's me. Okay. Land of the Dead gets a six and a half out of ten. Oh, I was predicting six. That was close. Um, yeah, you know, th- this one I've always kind of liked. I think there's some issues with it, but overall it's a pretty damn fun film. Uh, I think Aja Argento's character is straight throwaway, just there for eye candy. It's kind of a shame. I mean, I, I mean, if you're going to show some titties at this point, man. Why not show hers? She played a fucking hooker and she never got naked. Come on. <laughs> misstep. Misstep. But yeah, Mike, you know, pointed out the grenade kill. That's probably one of my favorite moments in the film. Um, did you guys happen to watch? Which cut did you watch? Because there is a. Underrated. A, the director's cut? Okay. Yeah. Because it's about four minutes longer and pretty much all it is is just extended gore cuts and there's a. Or score scenes and things like that. There's just a little bit more gore. I have the Scream Factory. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um yeah, actually not a bad film. The social commentary is overbearing. You know, it works for what it is. Um I'm also at a seven out of ten. No one had a seven out of ten. Seven and a half out of ten. Did I say seven? Oh, you, 
He just said seven. Seven and a half out of ten. Oh, you gave it a seven and a half too? Yes. Have we matched up on all of them? So far is Yes. It's three, three tens, tens and a seven. And a seven. And a half? Yeah. Cool. Um I don't know why I didn't say the point five. That was weird. <laughs> I have it fucking sitting right in front of me. This I'm retarded. Second to last. All right, so that is uh yeah, Land of the Dead. Jesus. What? I don't believe this. What? Is there something with the camera? Just fix it. She's still moving. Oh, for Christ's sake, bro. I'm right in the middle of a what? What? Jesus fucking Christ. For God's sakes. I thought they were dead. They're supposed to be. They are. I don't know. She's moving on the freaking gurney, man. Get out of the way. Come on. Get out of the way. He's a backup here. Who? Only two years later. Yeah, this one came out like directly. Actually, I think these last All three, three of these, really yeah, did. Like, yeah, pretty much back, back to back kind of thing. So, uh, it yeah, felt like it took five minutes to make. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping uh, into 2007 with uh, yeah. Diary of the Dead, um, also known as Diarrhea of the Dead. <laughs> oh, the acting, bro. Don't oh get me started. man. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, I'm not really. I don't. I'm pretty unfamiliar with why Romero decided to go this route with the filmmaking technique, but maybe somebody knows, but uh, synopsis, a group of young film students run into real life zombies while filming a horror movie of their own. Yeah. So found footage. Yeah. This is a found footage zombie film and that's exactly what it is. We've got a group of uh, students that are filming a movie of their own. And of course a zombie outbreak happens and the director of the film inside the film decides that he wants to he wants to document everything because he's like, you know, the world needs to see the truth, which, of course, there's a social commentary, uh, you know, exactly how it's going on or what's really, really going on. Because, you know, as the film progresses and stuff, we get scenes of where they're pretty much kind of telling lies on the news, which is not uncommon for things like Fox mm-hmm. and shit. Right. You know, they're telling the world a different story and. He's documenting the real story. I, I do like this general core idea, the social commentary that's going on here, because let's face it, man, we're given false information all the time. People are spreading the word of falseness, and you know it hurts a lot of things in society. But uh, you know, doesn't make the film good. No, it, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't mean the social commentary is bad. But uh, thoughts on Diary of the Dead? <laughs> I want to say I Diary. like it. Really? Oh man, I think this oh. movie is terrible. I really do, man. It, I agree with Jeremy, man. The acting in this movie is the rough. acting is rough. Fucking it, bad, but man. Listen, the acting is rough in the first scene, but it does get better. No, I like, don't think so. I think, I think you get used better. to it. I think you get used to it. Maybe, maybe. Because honestly, man, this movie, it, there's some scenes where holy shit. It's the bad. old guy is the only like semi good actor. Everybody else is. Shit. I think the one kid, the one dude, um, is all right. Like the. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to describe him. Um, the guy that is like, uh, he did the makeup for the mummy. Um, he's all right. Okay. But, okay. um, yeah. yeah, I, I actually, I don't know, man. Like this one, I just, I don't know. Found footage movies just suck me in, and I, I just thought it was interesting that George attempted to do one of these. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything with in terms of anything we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But at his age to attempt this and and uh, do the 
I mean, as a found footage film, like it's shot pretty good. Like there's some there's some good well c- scenes and scares and stuff in here. You know, I've always said found footage is one of the you know, a lot of people look at found footage films and they say, you know, it's the easiest type of movie to make. I disagree. I think found footage films is insanely hard to make properly because you have to be consistent while making these movies. The thing is with found footage is that it's shot and it's supposed to be real life. The acting has to be on point for a found footage movie to work. That is the biggest fucking problem here. The acting is not natural. It's really bad at times. And like, honestly, if you're filming something, people are just being themselves, right? They're just being themselves. The other fault in found footage films is the obvious misstep of changing angles on, Mm. on in scenes. And we, quite frankly, we know when we're watching these films, Jason, I think he was the camera guy. He's holding one camera. Right. There should not there's, be angle changes. There's two. Well, there is at certain point. I think toward, you know, they do. In the hospital is too. But yeah, if you want. They, you're, they, they but get a second They one. do. But there is there is scenes in here that they're changing angles and it doesn't make sense. Really? <sighs> I didn't I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. I can't name it specifically. But again, I noticed it and I'm just like, oh, man. Well, I, I know that the one girl has a, a little camera and, and, and the, obviously they use security footage as well. Um, interesting For attempt sure. yeah. in this one that I've never seen in a found footage film before where they're actually letting you know that they're editing the film. Like they're talking about, oh, we swipe this from the uh, security cameras to put in the film. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think it necessarily works overly well, but it was something different that I hadn't seen in any found footage film ever. Um. I like the well, concept of footage... it being a live feed to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like it's these people. I think that the commentary in this one is actually again, great. Like the it's so, I, George continuously comes up with concepts around zombie films and commentary. Mm-hmm. And this one is really interesting with the propaganda and, and social media. This is early social media. Yeah. This is 2007, bro. And yep. he handles, he touches on the social media aspect that we have today almost. Yeah. Um, and that was like 13 years ago or something. It was censorship but- and 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 uh, falsifying media and government controlling, you know, how the story goes out and and um, to even- simple things like everybody wants to be a star that's online and shit like that. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And yeah, there's even, there's some definite foresight going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and something that I I actually really like about this movie is the actual. I think it's one of the best um, lines of dialogue in all of his films. It's not the best, but I think it's one of. Um, and it's it's like the the where where it's like the epilogue where they uh, the woman talks about the the clip that he had seen before you know everything went down and it was like the the redneck people uh hunt uh doing target practice and then tying the one zombie up by the hair and like shooting her in the face and like splitting the body Mm -hmm. and they say something along the lines of like um like are we worth saving or something like that or i forget exactly what it was but i was like whoa dude like this is another concept where yeah it was all early on and we see it early on in dawn of the dead with the that same like rednecky thing going on there and again he reuses it but in 
in like the same context but expands upon it i actually thought that was like it's a that good concept of who should the, it's that concept of who sh- who who are we really afraid of yeah yeah right? I, and i was like wow that was actually kind of brilliant in a way um and i don't know man like i i think i think you're absolutely right the acting is way down way down um yeah it's it it, it, at times it's like cringeworthy though man yeah really especially like especially like the douchey guy like he's awful see this is pretty much a no-name this is a no-name cast he he casted stage actors for this film okay which actually makes a lot more sense i mean if you're going to do a found footage film you want that kind of realism into it man it's better to cast like this anyways because it just comes off more natural, right? It, you know, like, sometimes it's hard to separate, like, a, you know, a bigger actor in a role like this, you know? What mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's just hard to do that. But if you have unknowns, you have, you, you don't have anything to separate yourself or you can take it for what it is. But in this case, it was, you know, still coming off pretty <laughs> shitty. So it was fucking tough, man. Tough to swallow. God. Yeah. I mean, when the movie opened up, I after the first scene with like the news crew with the ambulances, when the bodies first start reanimating, I was like, Oh, I was like, maybe, maybe this movie wasn't as bad as I thought. And then after that, I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's still pretty bad. But I, I do agree that like the social commentary, once again, it's Romero, it's there. And he was forward thinking with the social media stuff. And I agree with JP about the that last line about if the whether the human race is worth saving or not and it's something to ponder kind of you know at the end of the movie and honestly at the end of the series at the time like i remember seeing that thinking that that was george's last one and thinking that he was ending where he began with the first night of the uh you know zombie outbreak Mm -hmm. um but in a modern attempt at it a uh something that was more relevant to today's standards i thought it was kind of brilliant at the time of me seeing it where i was like this is this is um my ver this is my generation's version of of night first night yeah it's 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 the interpretation of of my generation and i thought that that was kind of interesting and i thought it was the end but obviously it wasn't but i, th- I just think it would have been a decent and I, I i feel like the acting really does fuck this movie because it's not that bad besides that man i tell you man that's found footage it's got to be on point to work you know and also mixing in really bad cg yeah in the found, cg in a, in a found footage film again is just a big no-no <laughs> It's a big no-no. You're, it's supposed to be real. I mean, at this point, you got to even if you got to dumb down the effects. Maybe, maybe she did it in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a scene in this film. I think it was some type of hydrochloric acid dumped on one yeah. of the, and his face melts off. Like, it's it's like 1995 pre decent <laughs> CG. Like, it's bad, really fucking bad. Like, how is that shit just not laughable, man? It's crazy. Ugh. Yeah, you have Quentin Tarantino, Wes Craven, Guillermo del Toro, Simon Pegg, and Stephen King, who all read newscasts in this film. Yep, thought that was pretty. Yeah, cool. Romero, he plays what a the police. Inspector. He's in it at the beginning, right? Uh, yeah, is in the beginning. I think yeah. so. Yeah, he's. I think yeah. he's the pl- or chief of police. So. Yep. So. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the most simplest of his films. It's very quiet. You know what I mean? They don't do a whole lot. You know, they go to this place and that place, and and uh, it's very different. I, I I think that a lot of people um, with found footage films they have a huge problem with the character wanting to film what's happening. Um, yeah, I can accept it in this one because. Uh, this guy wanted to leave his mark. I mean, filmmakers are, you know, very egotistical and they want to succeed and they want to, uh, it's art, you know, they're very art conscious and care about that stuff. So I could kind of see it, you know, he, he thinks that this is his, you know, um, what's going to, what's going to make him known. Um, so I can buy it. Yeah, which is, you know, problematic in itself, right? Is is it about really showing the world exactly what's going on or is it actually about becoming famous? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, they I mean, even touch on that in the film a little bit where, you know, uh, the girl kind of questions that. Yeah. Yeah, what does the purpose become? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think this movie sucks pretty bad if we have nothing more to fucking say about it. Ponder questions. Yeah. All right. um, I guess it's back to me. I don't know. (laughs) Or no, wait. I don't know what the fuck the order was, man. I don't have a damn clue. I think it's back to me. Um, So, yeah, this film, I didn't... I didn't like I like it honestly. I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from it. I've always liked this one. It's only the second time I've seen it. Um yes, the acting is bad. I don't think acting bothers me as much as it do you guys. Um it does take me out of the film a little bit, but the found footage definitely helps me like be into it a little bit more, I guess. Um I thought that, you know, some so there was some cool ideas here, but overall I really just like the commentary. I think that's the the strong point in this film. Uh, I'm coming in at a six and a half out of ten. I don't have I don't have any clues next. Yeah, I'll go next. <laughs> Jeremy's next. Yeah, okay. four out of ten. Okay. Um, if you want to see an Amish person. <laughs> <laughs> kill themselves <laughs> yeah, throwing, hey. throwing dynamite and shit which is hilarious to me Amish and a with, sickle right through its head yeah, a sickle yeah uh, Amish throwing dynamite this is the movie for you yeah it's that, that was pretty fucking funny yeah I think this movie is kind of a disaster besides the the pretty cool social commentary that's going on here I think everything else about the movie is is pretty bad it's a complete misstep for Romero. I see why he did this. I mean, this was a very popular thing at the time. Found footage films were making a lot of money. They were very popular. Why not try this? I mean, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for attempting this. Uh, probably casting a little bit better would have been the ultimate thing. <laughs> so it's just a big misstep having shitty acting in your film, man, in these type of movies. It just doesn't work. The score is horrendous. The one thing I do like in this movie, though, is... <laughs> I know some people listening to this are probably going to laugh at this because 
I do like these type of things. I like aesthetic and look of things. And somehow he managed to capture this, like, kind of... It's almost like a tinge in the look of the film. Mm-hmm. It's like a blue hue or tinge or something. And it has this kind of dreary feeling. I actually really enjoyed the look of the feel, the look of the film overall. So I'll give him up, you know, give him that too. But otherwise, man, I just, it's a, it's a massive, massive misstep. Um, CG and your shit. Come on, man. I'm with Jeremy. I'm at a four out of 10. It's a, I really do. I, I want it. I want to like this film. This is like the third or fourth time I've attempted this. No thanks. <laughs> uh, that leaves me. So yeah, I mean, the, I give credit for the social commentary. Pretty forward thinking, a little bit ahead of its time. I mean, social media was around then, but mm-hmm. I think I think watching it now with just how much more exacerbated things have become with social media and, and how people value their you know quote unquote social media status. Uh, the I think the movie should get some credit for for having something to say about that at the time. But other than that, and I did like the opening scene. I did like the Amish dude as moods brought up. <laughs> uh, he he was there and he did some cool shit and then exited promptly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, man, this this one was a rough watch. It's a hard sell too. Like I I believe like. Every, everything up to now, I could sell it on people, you know, even if it's not their cup of tea. But this one, uh, I don't know. It's it's rough. So I'll I guess I'll split in between the low and the high and go five out of ten. You know, there there kind of is a little bit of classism in this also with their rich ass friend, but you know, it also didn't keep them very safe either. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels more convoluted. I mean, a more you know vagueness to that mm-hmm. aspect of it than previous ones. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's also with the uh, black dudes who are saying, like, we were didn't have shit, but now we in control. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. Yeah. True that. Yep. Yeah. Last time anyone counted, 53 million people were dying every year, 150,000 every day, 107 every minute. It had become an us versus them world. All we were looking for was a place where there was no them. Okay. Uh, well, final final film. All right. So that was yeah from 2007. So two years later, man. So he, he was jumping every two years and making one of these things. Um, 2009 with uh, Survival of the Dead. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Synopsis: uh, On an island off the coast of North America, local residents simultaneously fight a zombie ec- epidemic while hoping for a cure to return their undead relatives back to their human state. All the CG, my friend. Oh, man. It, All the CG. Kind of makes sense. You know, this is probably taking place in the east coast of Canada. There's nothing but Irish people over there. can't understand a fucking thing they say. So. <laughs> it's not that. It's just the CG is ass. Oh, the CG is really bad. <laughs> I don't think the story is very interesting in this one either. No. Well, I've that's, said that's another problem. I think the story in this movie is terrible. You know, usually Romero has pretty decent stuff going on. This one is this whole battle between what is it, the Muldoons and it's like Hatfords and McCoys. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, like the, what, what did you call it? The Ophelia. Hat Hat Cole. 
Dude, Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> it's pretty much yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah the O'Flins and yeah. the uh, the fucking O'Doyles or something. I don't know. O'Doyles. <laughs> like Maldoons or something. Maldoons and O'Flins, yeah. yeah. It's some Irish shit. Yeah. It's just like, why why do I need to care about this old family feud in the middle of the zombie apocalypse? I think Come the on. coolest thing about this movie I'll tell is... you right now. Don't tell me you like this movie, cool, Jay. No, the, I think the, the I think the coolest thing about this movie is just the direct connection and to uh, diary to diary with the with yeah, the motorhome and stuff. The, yeah. yeah. That yeah, oh. I was surprised that he did that. So, um, so I had seen this film once when it first came out, like '09, and I felt I I remembered I because at a certain point I was like I don't remember any of this. Um, but I think I started thinking about that where I was when I watched it. I was like, oh yeah, I was at my friend Abby's house and, uh, I had fallen asleep. Like she right was after my they D, got we were watching the D, you know? Well, yeah, you don't know anything about that though. Didn't say I did. Um, and, uh, I, I, I fell asleep. So I never actually finished this movie, but, um, I always heard it's like the worst. It's so bad. You heard correctly. <laughs> and um, they, they were struggling, man. They even had George Strombolopoulos. Th- even had George Strombolopoulos make a fucking cameo in this film. <laughs> he's on the TV. The fighter? Like, <laughs> George Strombolopoulos? No, he's just a Canadian talk oh. show fighter. Yeah. He's no one up here anyways. Let's put it that way. Uh, so <laughs> I actually, you know, watching it, I was like, this is not as bad as everybody says it is. Oh. Um Dude, what? And I think that it's as bad as some people said. George Romero tricked everybody with this film. He always wanted to make a Western and he found a way to do it as his final film and didn't give a fuck what y'all thought. And I think that's kind of gangster, um, which I did talk to him a little bit about that. Um, he wanted to make a western. West, well, I guess the battle. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's straight western. A little bit. He always wanted to make a western, and he fucking did it. Um, his, you know, and this was this was literally his fun film. Like he made what he wanted to make, and didn't care about much other than that. And I think that's pretty cool. It doesn't equate into a good. He needed more chaps and spurs. He more chaps and spurs then, man. <laughs> so I was gonna say, I'm I'm happy for him that he made his western, but did he make a good one? No. No. And um, <laughs> here's and another thing: I thought the comedy was like super weird. I was like, this does not feel right. <laughs> no, the comedy. No, it's it feels kind of forced at times. Actually, you know, he I always just, he always tries to like throw it. that little bit in his films, but this one was oh, oh man. It was missed all over the place. Weird to me, and when it was like, you know, this like whenever the they throw the grenade or something, and it like blows up the uh, the (laughs) thing, and they're all just standing there, and I'm like, what the hell? I was like, this is Looney Tunes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to know how she made it to the ship without getting shot. How did she not get shot that entire time that she's fucking swimming to the boat? Well, I do know that if you get, you have to get shot above water. Oh really? Yeah, because bullets like instantly stop um, their velocity when it's shot through water. Mythbusters that tested it, um, so it is really hard to get shot through yeah. water. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you're, 
Is I think it's, I think it's under like you know a foot or something like that. If you're further down in the foot, yeah, it's going to stop it down drastically. But if you're right on the surface, you're probably going to. Yeah, she was on the surface. yeah on the surface. Was yeah, there but... a was there a MythBusters on zombies well, riding like... horses? <laughs> not not, you're not out so, of the water. So let me let me ask you guys about the zombie riding the horse thing. Um, so, it, am I led to believe that she's just been on that since she's died? Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's not that. Well, awful. how else would it happen? But then well, again, I I didn't know if she like as a zombie got on a horse and rode it around. So she. <laughs> so, but the thing is, coming back to that, she died on the horse. Yeah, how the hell did that happen? And she's never fallen off. She I mean, might have got bit and then got on the horse. You and can question both ways the horse. here, right? I mean, was did it ever established previously that zombies wouldn't eat animals? Because I know at the you know at the in the movie they're like we're trying to get them to eat something besides humans, but which is I, fucking, I can't remember. Which is fucking no, retarded. yeah, Day, Day of the Dead. Yeah. yeah, they talk about it. Day of the yeah. Dead, I believe. Yeah, but which is but fucking, they, which is retarded. It's stupid in itself, like that they really explore this in here because it doesn't really matter. I no, mean, I mean, really, I what they, are they going to accomplish with this, man? Okay, okay, so the zombies are finally chomping into horses and shit. Okay, like so they yeah. don't eat you. Anymore. Yeah, but, but fuck, they're dude. still going to eat you. But yeah, yeah they're still going to come yeah. after you, man. It's not stopping them from coming after you. It just means <laughs> that they're eating horses now too. That's even that e- that sucks even more because now they're tapping into your food source. Yeah, we don't eat horses. Well, well in this situation, you fucking yeah, do. I, well, I do know up in Canada they eat horse. <laughs> that's right, man. We're frying up horse all the time, man. In no, Vancouver, you actually do. What the fuck are you talking? Well, maybe that, maybe where the shit was actually filmed in the East Coast. I don't know. Fucking like was... what? Like uh, the fighter um, Patrick Cote. He was like on the Ultimate Fighter. He's like, I eat horse all the time in Canada. Is is <laughs> here's meat bad for me? Okay, so <laughs> he was like... totally joking about that. Plus, he's French, so come on, give him a you know. You can't take it. No, serious. he's being serious. Like yeah, he the was French like, right Serbian film. Gee. He was like, I can't. He's like, he's like, tried to order horse meat, and they're like, Yo, we we don't eat horse in the U.S. And he's like, he's like, what? Why is horse meat bad for me? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's French serious. shit, man. We're talking Canadians here. Come on. <laughs> oh. um, but no, I just offended um, every French listener out there again. Uh, I can see. Look, it doesn't matter to us. Um, but these people were trying to control it to save to keep their family around where they would keep them fed uh, versus like the re- they don't care about the rest of the world. It's not a solution to uh, end the zombie apocalypse of in the world. It's yeah. a, a solution for them to be able to deal um, because they want to keep their family around. I thought that that was the most interesting aspect of this it's, film it's selfish. was um, where, the where? idea – What's that? Where in the time frame of the zombie apocalypse does this one take place? Because they're trying to preserve people, you know, like chain them up to uh, let them couple, do their daily couple activities. Weeks after the start, it's it's a couple days That's, after yeah. diary. Like yeah, it's, it's right li- after diary. It's like literally. Yeah, but then like there's another time gap because of the. I think it says like three weeks later or something. Oh, okay. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought yeah. it was like right after, like in the same week kind of thing. Yeah, because these fools are yeah, back there's thinking a, there's, there's like a, a, there could be a cure eventually. Mm. Yeah, there's a, a time gap. Like it says, like three weeks later or something. It's hard to tell yeah. because this is taking place, you know, more on an island and shit like that, where it's not as populated. So you don't get the impression that it's full blown like apocalyptic, you know? 
where if it was in yeah. the city yeah it's yeah so but i thought that was an interesting concept you know like the idea of um like should we kill them uh because like honestly i wouldn't like i know that people you know that's like one of the biggest sins in a zombie film is like you got to kill the people that turn but if like my family like one of like i'm not saying if all my family turned if there was like one person that turned in my family i'd be like i'm just gonna lock them in this room well they do that in dead shack um because <laughs> nobody says anything that was, thanks. that's crazy I, dead shack. That. I was like well yeah i mean that's what dead shack is right so do it in dead shack oh yeah, yeah so um i fuck you i would uh because you never like i would my thought process would be like maybe there'll be a cure one day um and i could get my cousin back of course if you uh, go into that mind frame right of hey man we we might be able to fix this issue for sure for sure but i mean it, you don't know what they've actually seen i mean if they've seen this full apocalypse and all this shit whatever i mean i mean to me i i'm at that stage i'm in full-blown survival mode i'm like i don't really want to risk this shit i've seen too many people go down i think i think they literally say like maybe there'll be a cure I think they say that at one yeah, point. Yeah, it's he does. Yeah, well, he yeah, definitely he, does say that. Well, he yeah. he says they're holding out because I think they're they're at the mind frame that they don't know since they don't know what the origin of it is. They're like, well, you know, it, who yeah, knows? Who's, who knows? Who's they they can come like up four with four days. You might just feel back yeah. normal again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. I, I'm I can kind of see that like we know as an we we sometimes forget that we have the luxury of knowing as an audience mm-hmm. um, but the characters if that just started happening all of a sudden you don't know what zombies are you would be like whoa like I don't know like maybe maybe this will go away maybe they just need some water you know <laughs> you know what I always found funny about this movie is with the the girl in this one and all of a sudden, she has a fucking twin. That shit made me laugh out loud again. I forgot that about came that. Out of nowhere. I forgot about that. And I, <laughs> I first out laughing. I, I forgot. Like, I for, well, I didn't know, but I was like, when I, I don't think I, 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 she was just normal all of a sudden. I was like, wait a minute, wasn't she just fucking dead? I know, yeah. dude. It fucking made me laugh out loud. I was like, she's got a twin. And I'm like screaming by myself. I'm like, what the fuck? That's ridiculous. That was ridiculous. I don't know, man. That's out of fucking left field. Come on. <laughs> Give me a break. No, it was funny, though, because you already see, like, the dead version of her early, and then all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? I know, dude. It's like, like holy shit, there was a cure. He was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Ah, fuck. So. Ratings? I think the, I think the comedy sucked, and um, the CG <laughs> the CG is pretty shitty I in this one. I hate the fuck. I hate these type of jokes where... You know, dude is trying to hit on the fucking hot chick and is like, you pretty much have no chance of getting me because I I eat pussy for a living. You know, it's like, come on, man. I like that. She's just going to town on herself, like in front of everybody. I know, but the the jokes aren't funny, though, man. It's like, come on. Whatever. She was, yeah. Yeah, it was just one of those stupid, like, obvious, like, heard it a hundred times before type <laughs> jokes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no you, I'm like, George, you've done better than this before. Come on. <laughs> jokes ain't did George write? Did George write this one, too? I'm was, assuming at least he co-wrote. Yeah, but yeah it, no, he wrote he, this movie. He wrote all his movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he straight wrote this one. Yeah. No co-writer. 
Uh, Michael Doherty was the editor. Is that like the Michael Doherty from Trick or Treat? You know what? I never checked to see who actually edited this movie. Huh. That's interesting. Well, I mean, there's yeah. I mean, this definitely does not feel like a Romero film for sure, editing wise. Um, Michael Doherty. Uh, well, actually, he edited all three of this uh, of the films. Land. Yeah, I did. I did. Diary see and Survival. Wow, crazy. And is it? It's not. It's not Michael Doherty from. No, no, no. It's not. No. Okay. But I guess I kind of. I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, Diary of the Dead has that feel because it's found footage. It's just, it's really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no consent. It's, yeah, he doesn't really have a style. But anyway, um, ratings, Jeremy? <laughs> Same as Diary, 4 out of 10. Really? I figured you would hate this one way more than Diary. No, they're bullshit. <laughs> Well, shit. I think a four isn't shit. It's bad, but not shit. Okay. They're watchable. Um, moods. No, they're all they're all watchable. Um. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, I don't know, man. I just I feel like this movie's a goddamn drama first before a zombie it is. film. It is. It's a drama western. Yeah, it's a drama western before zombie. And I mean, to me, that's just that's a. I mean, we're six films in here. I understand that he's trying to do something a little bit different, but come on, man. Give us something more than bad lesbian jokes and, and dramatics. <laughs> I you know, and, like the lesbian jokes. And bad CG, too. You know, shitty CG. I just really don't like the core story here. I think it's, I think it's fucking stupid. I, I, I can't stand this family beef and shit. And, you know, I think if it had been developed a little bit differently without... With, out stupid fucking you know all of a sudden there's twins involved i don't know there's so many things about this movie i can't stand i can't stand the whole eating the animal things because it really doesn't matter at this at this stage in the film and honestly dude it's not very exciting man even even the one lead in the film man what the fuck's his name the one military dude i can't oh drives me crazy joshua peace i think his name is dj um (laughs) Oh man, this one is it, it's a fucking strike. There's a reason why I'd only ever watched this movie once and I had never gone back to it. Because I really can't stand it, man. I'm coming in at a three out of ten. I think it's atrocious. It's bad. Really bad. Mike. Mm. Um all this shit. I mean, I didn't really like it, but I'll give it the same as I gave Diary Five. Really? I mean, it's Trust hard, me. but uh, it hurts yeah, my I, soul. I, it hurts my soul to have three ten out of tens and then go to a four and a three. Trust me, I'm dying inside right now. It's killing me. Um, okay, so uh, I don't mind this movie like you guys do. I think it's totally watchable, and I would watch it again. Honestly, like I didn't. I this guy's a dare I say I liked it. Um, it's not good, but I don't really think it's bad. But it's so boring too. I look. I'm a sucker for Hatfield and McCoy. I already mentioned that in Pumpkinhead. I always <sighs> like those stories. Yeah, I see. Uh, I I I like the western theme thing. 
um it was i, I did laugh like on un- like i laughed because it was stupid <laughs> a lot of times but um i don't know man it's it just it, i i guess i was like taken back by how un awful it was like everybody you know the way that it, it was way overhyped with its awfulness for me um like people made it sound like it's unwatchable garbage um i'm i think it's just average i'm coming in at five okay wow jeremy is a lot higher than i expected him to be on that one i know i was <laughs> expecting it to get in the hall of pain with you mike and jeremy but it's not even close it's no off. that's no it's like what do you give five four yes yeah, that's, that's, that's two that's two that's like two and a half off right yeah there. that's wow all right well romero doesn't uh make his way into the, the Rome- hall of pain. romero won't have a single film in the hall of pain ever no I, there, that's definitely his worst film there's nothing worse than this one that's for damn sure <laughs> Um, <laughs> true story. You know what, true man? I, I even in his the worst films, I appreciate Romero so much for the his attempt. Even like you know the stuff that he didn't one hundred percent succeed at. Like we already know three classics, three of the best horror films ever: Die mm-hmm. or uh, Night, uh, Dawn, and Day. Yeah. Like, there's no argument from any of us that those aren't just fucking amazing cinematic horror films. Um, and I think we all got a new respect for Land, or at least reaffirmed our respect. Um, and even the film that you guys didn't, you know, care for that much, Diary, you still appreciated the social commentary in in Diary. And I think that that is definitely something cool to take away from that film. And then, you know, Survival fuck you how old was he at that time i don't know he dropped the ball on that one <laughs> old yeah um but dude i mean the guy's career is awesome right i mean like because there's even other stuff that that we like like um uh martin well i've never seen martin but martin the crazies um i love creep show monkey shines is pretty fun there's night riders there you know, he had a great career, man. Did man. definitely did a lot one of, of the greatest horror filmmakers. <laughs> yep, his his peaks are like as high as anyone else's, really. I mean, really, how many directors out there actually have like three ten out of tens? There's not, not a, many. There's not a lot, not man. Many. Yeah, Toby Hooper probably the only other one. Toby Hooper doesn't have three <laughs> ten out of tens. <laughs> That guy doesn't even have 10 good movies, let alone three 10 out of 10s. I'm just kidding, man. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if there is anybody. Like, I didn't give three or, I don't think I gave a single 10. Oh, no, I think I gave Suspiria 10. Um, Falchi doesn't have any 10s for me. Um, Carpenter has two. Uh, Craven has two for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Bava, maybe. I haven't given any of his films a 10 yet, though. Hmm. George yeah. is definitely in contention for, you know, one of the best ever. Hands a down. A goat. 
And LL Cool J. I'm fi- I'm I'm glad we finally got uh this done because i mean we had done texas chainsaw which was my favorite film of all time uh and then jeremy got to do child's play um and we hadn't done moods in 156 episodes yeah i wasn't even sure this was ever gonna happen man it's kind of but it did it did, it did. And thanks then, to derek i think we're officially done like all the well besides uh besides chainsaw besides nightmare and uh and Friday, I think those are the two big ones that we Psycho. still... Psycho. Yeah, yeah, Psycho's there for sure. Scream. I'm talking big franchises. Scream. Yeah. Scream's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Scream part of the Patreon? Can you pick that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because I have no idea. I was thinking about that while I was taking a shit today, and I was like, I have no idea what's on that fucking list. <laughs> I think Rex's on there. That'd be a fun one. Um, yeah. Paranormal. Actually, give me a reason to watch those uh, Screen Factory Blu-rays that just came out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick up that set. I actually haven't seen the fourth one yet, so. Um, Return of the Living Dead's on there. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised someone doesn't pick that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Part four and five? Oh, yeah. There's some Halloween yeah, for us right there. Those. <laughs> oh, those are bad. Um, What else is on there? Dive. Children of the Corn. We've done no, that. Is, is Psycho actually on there, though? No. It's not, right? Okay. Exorcist, Omen. Uh, Exorcist. Uh, there's, there's, there's like 10 on there, I think. Well, yeah, I think that's what it was, 10. Critters just... is on there. Omen. That would be the okay. Omen. I would I would actually like to do that franchise. I think, yeah, those are some solid ones. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my at this point, my most looked forward to is Elm Street. Elm Street's Hell gonna be a, yeah. Elm Street's going to be a fucking fun-ass one. Well, I know, Mikey, the, I know all, Mikey, that you're such a big fan of it, man. If we ever do it, you want to come back on for that shit, you're welcome. Yeah, that would probably yeah, be. Yeah, let me know. That's one, that's one of those ones where, like, some of the ones, some of the later entries, like specifically part four that a lot of people hate, I don't fucking understand the hate for it. I understand why people say it's not as solid as like... Dave Z created that hate. Back in my day, everybody loved part four. <laughs> you know, I never understood it either, man, because being a full bonafide boner head when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street, man, I would watch part three and four back to back religiously all the time. I, love I lost those my movies. virginity to part four, man. That's that's a that one got a special place in my heart. And somewhere else, too. He, but... he was jerking off to Kincaid's death. <laughs> no, I, I cry to Joe to Joey's death <laughs> to Joey's death. Yeah, I, yeah, man. I'll tell you what, dude. Like I lo- like I obviously Friday is my favorite franchise, but I think elm street has the better conversations so that's why that one is my most anticipated for franchises yeah for sure yeah and i i think like pretty much all of them like even the overall quality when they start to go down there's still so much fun shit you can get out of them so Mm -hmm. i like all of them so i mean (laughs) yeah i mean i like all of them too to a certain extent well not the fucking abomination of a remake but you know yeah, I don't, I'm. I'm not including that one when I say. Oh, okay. 
good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of one through six, and I guess New Nightmare, if you're including that one, yeah. I think there's something good to get out of all of them. I mean, if we're going to do the franchise, I guess we'll include the remake too. It's a big yeah, fucking. It's course. a big fucking show, man. It's. Eight I say movies. we do um, Freddy versus Jason on Elm Street as well instead of Friday. Yeah, it, do, it makes more sense. The, yeah. You could even do the pilot episode of Freddy's Nightmares because that's his best. Oh, trust me, I would talk about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, me and JP have talked about that before. Like how fucking cool that was that they did how, that, through Hooper that backstory. Directed it too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We just. Uh, covered on that Burning for Springwood show I'm doing with Gary Hill a couple episodes ago. What, what and show I was, was like, it? Was I talking about that on? Did I bring that up on the Us review, or was that the fucking Exploding Heads? Or just anyways, I brought that up though about Hooper fucking like, direct. Yeah, I don't know how it got brought up in conversation, but I literally mentioned it though. That's funny. Crazy. All right, I think but, that's about it. Right. Our, all right, man, that is going to do it for episode 157. That is George A. Romero's Dead Franchise 1 through 6. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about the first three films. I think we did a good job, man. I, th- I feel like we covered a lot, you know? I was happy. Yeah, and predictably, there was like less to say about the last two, but I think most people it understand sense, right? <laughs> if they if they if the listeners have seen those two they understand yeah i mean we could just sit here if we went scene by scene and just ragged on it all day, yeah it could go on for a while but that means i would have to watch it with more detail and i don't want to do that <laughs> i know it's hard to pay attention isn't it <laughs> but uh yeah i want to thank you mike for coming on the show uh you are definitely welcome back anytime as long as you shut your fucking kids up um, it wasn't that dude bad. i gotta ask man why are your kids still up it's like 9 30 you heard him right now no oh like five, kid, five minutes ago they usually yeah. go to bed around nine damn i mean see my kid would be a wreck he can't he has to go to bed on, like he's schedule 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 man it's crazy but no, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking. It wasn't that bad, to be honest. It's actually kind of nice. I feel like I'm listening to the beginning of like a Kiss song or something. Kids in the background and shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, just so fucking. It's a, it's a Yeti mic, man. It picks up so like half the time they're like, me on the other side of the. On the other side yeah. of the damn house. I'm like, how the fuck Dude, are they being picked up? I know, man. And that, you know the fucked up thing is, all four of us are on the same microphone. Yeah. So it does happen, yeah. man. Like JP's dog will shake, and it's like fucking pounding through my ears. <laughs> well, you should hear when it rains. Oh, like, the I, rain is the brutal. <laughs> I used to record in the garage, but man. Oh, it, I thought like, that's where once, you were. No, once it it hits summer here, and I like I can't be out there when it's like fucking a hundred degrees. It's like I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, especially no like that. podcasting. No, so out. yeah, I moved everything to a spare bedroom. So the, the, right outside this room is like the hallway so they probably walk by and are talking i'm like shut up but you know they're kids what are you gonna do yeah we we appreciate you coming on dude um i i know that uh this is your first episode but i would definitely love to have you back on and i know that you probably you did pretty good for being with the you know a-list up here Uh, (laughs) you kept your composure i I didn't see too much nerves come through which is surprising (laughs) i mean Um, it helps that i I, you know i've had you and moods on my my shows now i i still got to get jeremy on i i but uh, jeremy i assume has the most chaotic schedule out of anyone so it no it's moods yeah yeah. but see moods is west coast though so that helps 
it that does. helps. Me. It does. Yeah. But yeah, as I'm long like, as Jeremy's not working, his schedule's pretty open. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's just when he's works, he does like sixteen hour days, so can't do anything else. But yeah, for um, sure, Mike. Anytime you want to come back, you're welcome. You're a great replacement for Jeremy because I don't remember <laughs> him on the show tonight. Yeah. Yeah, ah, and I, and I and 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 uh, no, nah, Jeremy did good tonight. He talked a decent amount, and obviously, Mike, me, and you have been uh, kicking it for quite a while now in our MMA stuff and shit like that. So uh, glad that I'm glad you and because like I am cool with a lot of people, but unless these guys get to know them, they don't really want me to just bring random people on. So I'm happy that you guys got to, um, you know, start a friendship and stuff. So that's cool, man. Glad to glad to have you. Uh, long time coming you've been a podcast og for a while yeah man i mean i i like most people in general <laughs> so i'm i'm pretty easy to get along with even when i disagree with people about stuff i don't take shit personal so yeah. it's all good but yeah thanks for having me it was a it was a great time and uh talked about six fucking movies how about that <laughs> all right thank you everybody for listening to the episode what is 157 of the 22 shots of music <laughs> podcast? You said That's 80? Always... No, I said 50. I didn't know what number it was. It comes in without uh, knowing the <laughs> As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods 616. Follow JP over in his channel, youtube.com slash double shot Jake. Follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesrover22. And you can follow follow Mike Merriman over wherever the hell he is and tell him Uncle Jeremy says to tell his kids to shut the fuck up. You can follow us on the Facebook page, facebook.com, search bar, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. You can email us any questions at the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. It's 22 Shots of Moods and the Horror at gmail.com. Please leave us any voicemails at 724-426-6665 and please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast that should do it everybody for episode 157 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast we'll be back next week with the newly released Stephen King adaptation of Pet Cemetery. stay tuned for that those shows are always heated and fun and also, any uh, Patreon stuff we didn't get to um, in from March will be probably on that show, I believe. So, that's it. 14-year-old nudity. Yeah. Mm-hmm.